Hello and welcome to Design Dorks, a show where we spend hours and hours discussing video game design, when in reality, if we scripted this, we could cover this in like 15 minutes. I am one of your co-hosts, the Duke of Dorks, and joining me today... I am Pyrrhic Kong from the channel Designing 4. And today we are continuing our Smash Brothers tier list. Something we've been doing for a while is we're taking all the characters in the Smash Brothers series and ranking them on a tier list, not based off of their competitive viability, but on their designs. How they've been translated into Smash Brothers as a, a fighting game character, how they're referencing and embodying their series, looking at how well they do this, how well they don't, and it has been quite a lot of fun. It has been a journey. We've uh, discovered a lot about characters that we both thought we loved, that we both thought we hated, and overall have had a pretty good time uh, compiling what we think is good, bad, and yeah, I see you tried something there, but I don't know about it in Smash Brothers. Uh, some things to note, uh, since this is a, a tier list based off of design, there's going to be a lot of cases of praising a character for something and then judging a character for doing it the exact same thing. It often depends on the context of where the characters come from. Uh, also, it is largely based on off of our personal preferences. Right, of course. And of course. again, I am uh, going to put a verbal spoiler warning here just because we've had some uh, interesting placements that I feel... I feel it would be fun to see the discussions leading up to them. So if you want to see like the, the full series, start with Smash 4. I know it's been a weird order. It was intentionally that way just for the fun of it. And then rejoin us here. Yep, because today we are covering the final game in the Super Smash Brothers series to date. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I'm just going to start off straight up. Like this is easily the most top heavy roster just out of all of them. I totally agree with that. Uh, the lowest character I have is only in D tier. And there's like. Same here. <laughs> several S's, a lot of A's, a lot of B's, and not much beneath that. Like, Ultimate was really just. They went to town with just how far can we take some of these designs, and it just. It's beautiful to behold. It really shows how much time they spent on each individual character. Like, a couple of them have, like, a couple of quirks, but with, I think, one exception, and I think it's the same exception for both of us, I feel like they really, really start getting at the heart of the character. You can really start seeing the Smash Team's design philosophy really solidify in the fifth game in the series, which, you know, that, that that's nice, guys. Only took you 20 years, but... <laughs> There's so much love put into Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and they do such a great job with it. And I'm thrilled to be discussing these characters. Indeed, indeed. It, it almost feels like... I, I don't want to get into a discussion of if this is the last Smash Bros. game, because obviously it's not going to be. It's too much of a cash cow. But it right. almost feels like Sakurai realized that this is... At least in terms of how big the roster is going to get, this is probably the peak of the series. So you really mm -hmm. wanted to just go guns blazing, all-out fanfare, and... It worked pretty well. Yeah, as insofar as like a swan song game, a last request from Iwata-san, uh, as like the peak of Sakurai's vision for Smash, I think that it does an overall amazing job. Uh, one thing to note, we are recording this before the sixth character of the second Fighters Pass has been announced or released. Uh, the latest release was Kazuya Mishima at the time of this recording. Yes, and we will cover that sixth character eventually, either after they come out or as part of the final comments episode that we do on this series. But for now, we have a lot more characters to talk about. There's 
quite the list. Yep. And today, we are starting with... Sukapon from Joy Mech Fight finally entering <laughs> the game after years of fan request. God, what do you think of Sukapon Joy Mech Fight's implementation in this game? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a pretty great assist trophy. I love, I love the effects on him. I love the sound design's amazing. <laughs> I, I went into this recording thinking, okay... There aren't really any proper retro characters. Where is he going to slot that? I was not expecting right at the beginning. So Sukapon from Joy Mech Fight, I find, is just a fascinating implementation because you have two other fighting game reps. You have uh, Akira from uh, Virtua Fighter and Guile from Street Fighter. And Guile has a great reference where he's just ducking down and holding back, as you would have Guile doing in Street Fighter. It's a very campy character. Akira, meanwhile, is incredibly methodical with his approach, and he blocks most of your attacks. Sukapon, by contrast, does an amazing job representing Joy Mech Fight by being this incredibly mobile character. Like, he is all over the place. He is in your face, he's ducking out of the way, and yet he has a huge amount of hits done whenever he's hit that the other fighting game characters really don't have to deal with because they have instant follow-ups. He doesn't have that. He has to rely on his mobility and the craziness of the Sukapon role. I think, I, I think, like, I would like maybe a little more references, but I think Sukapon's like, a solid A tier. <laughs> You know what? You know what? Just for you, I will edit in a Sukapon head over the top of eight tier. Just. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're doing uh, th- that. Like, Sukapon deserves it. He, he, he's earned his knocks. He's gotten through the pain. <laughs> he got over a giant legal kerfuffle of literally losing the contract to his game until someone pulled it out of their junk drawer. And you know what? He survived, and he's here, and he is so happy. Shoutouts to Sukapon Joy Mech Fight, the bravest of boys. Indeed, indeed. Okay, who's next? <laughs> uh, give me, give me like five more seconds to recover from that. All right. Uh, ne- next up is, you know, I'd argue that this is the most obvious newcomer that has ever joined the Smash Brothers series because. The one character that, like, everybody agreed upon, like, oh, there's a Smash Brothers game on the Switch. The Switch? The Switch. <laughs> Obviously, we're gonna have Inkling. Yep. Like, the massive success of Splatoon. Almost unprecedented levels of success on Splatoon. On the Wii U, no less. Yeah, no, the only character that I think comes remotely close would be Bowser. Uh, this is true, but even then, that was at a time where Smash Brothers didn't really know what it was doing. Exactly. We didn't know if Smash Brothers would have a sequel, basically. Yeah, and, and it has nothing to do with their design, but can we really quick talk about just the amazing reveal trailer that Inklings was? Yes. Just just the, the unassuming, you kind of have that thought in the back of the head of like, oh, this is really good CGI. Is this Smash Brothers? Then the, the slow dimming, the loss of the music, the turnaround, the reflection of the symbol off the eye. It's just, oh, it's so good. Oh, God. Buzz look at Smash. Ha. Oh. Uh, that meme will live on forever in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I-, I still get chills watching that trailer. But as a, as a character in, uh, in Smash Brothers, uh, I... It's, it's kind of weird to start with this character, because I kind of feel like it's... I'm a bit ambivalent to it. I feel like Inkling is good, but kind of exactly what you'd expect. Does that make sense? I want to say the same. Inkling Inkling feels like a Smash 4 design, as opposed to a Smash Ultimate yeah, design. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good one. I, I kind of get Greninja vibes from it. It's just like, yeah, if I'm looking at Inkling, like, you, you, did, you did what I thought you'd set out to do. To, to, to praise them a little bit, I do like... 
just the uh, the ink mechanic that they've brought into the game. It's an interesting dynamic of just like trying to manage your ink while um uh, using all your special moves. I, I like that mechanic. I like that they introduced a shield special to the game. I like their I like the roller. I like how it's um uh, it's not very noticeable, but I like it. I can't remember if it either slows or reduces the jump height of characters that walk in. It's a really nice uh, reference. Agreed. Agreed. But I feel like there was a little bit of missed potential here in uh, not having their design uh, more focused around trying to actually ink up the stage. Yeah, I can see that. It's because that's 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 literally the point of uh, Splatoon to. Uh, well, you don't even really fight in that game. You win by covering as much of the stage with ink as possible. Right. So, for me, there are two major facets to Splatoon. And that is turf control, and thus the mobility that you get during it. Because when you're playing Splatoon, and you're in your own turf, and you're swimming through the ink, it is such a beautiful burst of mobility. Like, what an elegant way to get you right back into the fight, combined with the launching pad. It is so smart, and it feels so good. It differentiates it from other third-person shooters just by how good that mobility feels. And, obviously, Smash went for a design where, instead of inking up the stage, you ink up your opponent and do more damage. And, you know, fair, fair play to that. Fair play to that. Uh, the other thing that Splatoon has going for it is its radical sense of style. How utterly flashy it is in characterization. Uh, not so much in gameplay itself, but in fashion, in identity, in attitude, in just like the general vibe that you get from Splatfests and the Squid Sisters and Off the Hook. There's so much of just a punch of that sort of downtown Shibuya, uh, Japanese counterculture sort of thing that really, really resonates and is displayed a little bit in the Inklings' costumes, but I, I don't feel flash from their moveset. I feel function from their moveset. And that would be fine, but I also feel that their moveset doesn't fully reflect the joy of movement in Splatoon. Now, I love their dash. Their dash is utterly fantastic. Um, I love that they have the shield special in order to manage their resource. That is exactly how I would have a shield special be utilized. I'm not a big proponent for shield specials. I feel like having a safe option out of shield every time that can be universal amongst the cast isn't great. But I feel like having a tr it be a trade-off of instead of holding your shield and being defensive, you're getting back a resource and thus putting yourself at risk. I feel like that's a smart implementation of the shield special. That's a fair trade and it has a reason to exist. But I feel like Inkling is sort of a compromise to get the idea of, okay, how do we make the mechanics of Splatoon work in a fighting game? And that is... To overwhelm your opponent and then swoop in for the kill as sort of essentially an overkill sort of thing, because Splatoon matches can sway wildly. And I don't know, I feel Inkling is almost too safe of a character, both in how safe their moves are and how, honestly, outside of their gimmick, how straightforward their game plan is. This is true, this is true. Uh, I have a bit of a, a, a tinfoil hat theory for you. Okay, all right. Uh, because looking at how the the Inklings animations for the neutral special and the down special, mm -hmm. I feel like they may have tried to have some kind of gimmick 
of like actually having them use that turf control inking the stage because based on how those attacks splash down it looks like they're actually trying to ink up the stage and it, it kind of looks weird when you really focus on it because they just kind of vanish right right I almost wonder if the uh, design they settled on was a compromise because between like having eight inklings on the field, how massive some of these stages could be, they just couldn't get that to work. So they kind of settled on this feel that. next best thing because obviously the inklings had to be here. They couldn't just scrap the characters. Right, right. I don't know. I have no way of proving this, just 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 to be clear. No, and it honestly, it's something that I agree with you on, because then you come on to the issue of, okay, how does a character that isn't an inkling react to this? How does, say, Bowser traverse the ink? Is he just screwed? How does Donkey Kong deal with that? Yeah, so having a universal, the inkling uh, just deals more damage to inked characters, which I, I do like that it actually inks up the characters. It's really funny just to see a a fully green Ridley or something like that. It's just, it's amusing. Oh, totally agreed. It, it's that just a cartoon sort of aesthetic where they squirt an entire pen's worth of ink in their face. It's great. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I do kind of like how they're, like, most of their aerials, some of their tilts have them, like, kind of flipping and kicking around, kind of getting that, that skate kind of vibes for their attitude. It just doesn't quite translate into their, into their play style. I wish that they had more. Like, you know how in a modern Mario Kart game, after you do a jump, uh, your character does an over-the-top pose? Yeah. Like, you just start voguing out of control? I wish Inkling was just voguing out of control all the time when they're doing aerials. They, they also have, like, really... I, I get why their taunts are the way they are, but they're... Because, like, the victory animations, but they're kind of lackluster. Yeah. Yeah, also, something that bugs me, I, I don't like how safe their up special is. I really don't. That was a pain to punish at launch, and just like, I feel like it should have either been faster, or, see, that, that feels like the biggest uh, compromise to me, in that if that was an up special that inked the ground around it if they landed, like how Super Dedede Jump works, it would make sense. But instead, it's just very, very uber safe. It's like Super Super Dedede Jump. And I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. I wish that there was more style and pomp to it, but Inkling is just a very by-the-basics character outside of their gimmick, to me, honestly. Agreed, agreed. Which is a shame, because there's a, there's a lot of cool things in the moveset. Like, I love for their spot dodge, that they morph into the squid as they're doing it. It's a very, very good animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, uh, um, uh, well, I don't love the roller, but I love how it reflects just how bullshit that move can feel in the Splatoon games. Yep. And obviously their costumes are just fantastic. Yeah, ac across the board. Like, there's so much personality just in the look of the character, and I just wish it was translated into their animations, because the animations for transforming in and out of the squid are fantastic. I think that they really get the gameplay fluidity of Splatoon. I just don't think it reflects the personality of Splatoon. It doesn't reflect the Splatfest and the attitude and just walking around the plaza. Agreed, agreed. There's not, uh, there's not enough of that... Uh, what, what's, what's that meme? They, they should embody the rebellious character of a teenage, I, I don't remember. Anyway, they, they, there's just, they're too, they're too bland for the sheer personality that Splatoon has. Agreed, agreed. They should go around with the Phantom Thieves mask going on, want emancipation, kid? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're totally right. Yeah, it's, it's that like punky kind of attitude. Go for it. I wish it was more. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I currently have the, 
the inklings in in B tier. I also like, have they're... I also have them in B because ultimately I think as a design they're still solid, they still function and they still do a lot really really well. There's a lot of really clever considerations taken. It it just feels uh, like I was comparing to Greninja before and I I feel like that's like a solid comparison cuz like you don't do you're not wowing me with this design. I get what you're going for and it's working but like I don't know, where Greninja kind of peaks at where that, that's the highest I'd ever put Greninja. Inkling, yeah. I could have put an 8. I kind of might even put them in S tier, but just they're they're too safe. I I do agree. Like, when I look at uh, Bowser and Dedede and even Peach, I have so much stronger feelings toward those characters positively in their animations and their ideas and identity. They just have flaws holding them back. Yeah, so uh, where... where uh... Whereabouts should we put them? Because like I do agree that I have like stronger opinions towards those characters, but I also think their their flaws are more detrimental. I agree, but at the same time, I still look at Inkling and I go, "There's still more potential here." Like even than those t- two characters in specific, like Inkling is just missing out on a big chunk of their identity and their feeling and the feeling of Splatoon in general. That's that's true. That's true. Ah. Uh... Like, I would say that Peach gets across the idea of femininity better than Inkling gets off the idea of Splatoon. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the, the next comparison would be Duck Hunt. And Duck Hunt does have problems of just, uh, what's the, what's the word? Uh, not quite presentation, but like explaining the relationship between the dog, the duck, and the zapper. The conveyance, yeah. Conveyance, that's the word, yeah. Um, but I do kind of feel like... I don't know, Duck Hunt's character also isn't nearly anno- as annoying as it should be. Mm-hmm. But their playstyle is. <laughs> yeah, they are, but he's also missing the most important taunt in the world. Yes, yes, this is true. I feel like there's, I almost feel like there's separate sub-tiers in, like, the the B-tier. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where, like, Duck Hunt's the top of that, yeah, you're just barely not in C-tier. I, yep. I, 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 I've, I like Inkling between those two, yeah. That, that feels, because, like, they're not... They're not annoying me with what they're missing. It's just, like, the missed potential is egregious, if that makes any sense. I, I, no, I agree there. Yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, between? Yeah. But still, overall, a really, really solid design. Like, we're saying all these negative things, but yeah, they're still good. They're still better than most of the exactly. cast. Like, I, I, I don't want to <laughs> make it seem like we're going off on a low note. I, they have a great variety of their arsenal. The, the, their animations are still fantastic. Like, they're, they're still good. It's just, like, when compared to the rest of Ultimate's roster, it's it's a bit unfair to have the Inklings go first. But they were the first ones revealed, so they get sh- the short end of the stick. Yeah, when compared to Jigglypuff, the Inkling is a little <laughs> lacking. Uh, I, I, it's, oh, that's it's always going to be funny. with that. Now, what has happened? <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, a monster I become. Uh, speaking of monsters... Next up, oh, oh, oh boy. Uh, oh, we hit the big time, yeah, boys. Rid- Ridley hits the big time. Now, I, I, I want to start this off by saying that there is no character that I'm more happy to see in Smash Brothers than Ridley. I'm one of those people that have wanted Ridley in since seeing him in the intro of Super Smash Brothers Melee. I thought he was an unlockable character. I was so excited to play as this giant dragon. 
It just didn't happen. I wanted, waited for it in Brawl. There was the music that was shown on the website. I got hyped again. Didn't happen. I was one of those people that deluded himself into believing that the Shadow and Pyrosphere meant something, which is kind of silly looking back. Didn't happen. To finally, finally get him filled me with so much joy. I'm so happy he's here. But now that he's here, I, I kind of still feel like Ridley hasn't been added to the game. But like... Mm. Positives first, I do like a lot about this character. I really like how he's been characterized in uh, Super Smash Brothers. Like, in toning down his size, they made him just flat-out cruel. From the moment you see him in his, um, in his trailer, he murders two beloved mascots and then casually toys with Mario's hat. That is just... It, it's, it's so nice to see. <laughs> Ironically, given how Metroid has been treated in Smash Brothers, he really gets characterized more than he has been in pretty much the entire Metroid series. No, totally. Like, the only way you could make him more cruel is if he killed Pikachu. Like, specifically as a call-out to Brawl. <laughs> oh, I kind of would have loved that. And then he, like, chews a Thunderstone or something. Yeah, it, it, it has been nice just seeing, seeing this character, like, meet some of his potential that Metroid hasn't been exploring. I, I really love that. Yeah. But it's, it's weird. Ridley is a... Uh, a very aerial-based boss fight in the Metroid series. And for some reason, in Smash Brothers, they made it so hard for him to stay airborne. It is such a disconnect between what I would expect this character to play as and what he is. Which I, I, I get what they were going for. They went for this smaller, kind of new Smash Ultimate-specific redesign. He's much more leaner. He's much more acrobatic. I know a lot of people don't like his like, flipping kicks on his up smash and his back air. I think it makes sense based on his physicality. Mm, I, I agree. I think it's a great compromise between his uh, Super Metroid and Metroid 1 designs, personally. I do wish they had better, like, make the sound design on them slashes with his claws, just to kind of get that, get an overall sense of hyper-violence, like he's really tearing you apart. But they're still fine. They're still fine. Mm -hmm. But just, he feels like he's missing things. With how amazing the rest of the Smash Ultimate roster is. Like, they all have some kind of cool extra mechanic that really fleshes out the character. Ridley doesn't have one. Well, yeah, he does. He has the mechanic where if you he charges up his attack, you punch him in the face and yes, he fizzles it out. Bad. It's great. It's, it has it no is. benefit to him whatsoever. It is, but it's his unique mechanic. He has nothing to compensate no for it. From doing it's like, just a weakness for the sake of it. Yeah, and there was... There was such an obvious thing to go for there. Because Metroid bosses, one of the one of the staples in the franchise is that the more that you hit a Metroid boss, it starts to it starts to change color. The boss fight gets more frantic as it goes on. They speed up, sometimes they use new attacks, and it becomes a it's one of the reasons, like we talked about this a bit with Samus, where it kind of feels like a, a war of attrition. Metroid boss mm -hmm. fights always amp up to that climax of just they're at their most dangerous when they're about to die. And Ridley just doesn't have that. Yeah. It, it kind of, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it, it kind of feels like he should have a, a Lucario gimmick. And I know that's, that shoots up alarm bells, but like, not make it so that he's just a bad character until he's damaged. Like, make it a trade-off of some sorts. Like, maybe when he's low percent, he puts a lot more wind up into his attacks because he's, he's a villain. He's, he's narcissistic. He's confident he's going to win. He doesn't need to try. But the more he gets damaged, the more he starts to panic. He starts to throw out attacks more quickly, more viciously. 
not doing as much damage, but becoming more of a combo <laughs> monster. That could have been an inter- interesting dynamic of a character that kills easier when they don't have access to rage. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Like, uh, actually, I do kind of like that, just the fact of, oh, he's able to rack up the damage later in a stock and then come back fresh and kill you. Yeah, it could have been interesting. Like, that, that puts an interesting level of tension that not a lot of Smash Brothers characters have. Like, I guess the closest are Robin and Banjo. Yeah, yeah, because they come back fully recharged. Yeah, but even then, that's a bit limited. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to commit to where I land on Ridley because again, I'm so happy he's here. Like it's 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 a weird case. Ridley's kind of had a almost like I don't know what to call this like a Captain Falcon history where his presence in Smash Brothers has boosted his popularity significantly. Except it's not his presence; it's how my badly people want him to be in the game. Yeah, and now that he's here, like oh. I've heard so much less about Ridley now that he's actually yeah, I here. Think that's because his playstyle didn't quite meet expectations, which is kind of tragic when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I I will shout out the Smash Brothers series. Uh, they did a fantastic, fantastic job of representing the new breed of feathered dinosaur with hollow bones. <laughs> Because it feels so totally unsatisfying to hit Ridley in this game. He has such a weird mix of weight, yet he still feels oddly flighty. So it it feels like you're smashing a bird with hollow bones when you hit him. And I want to praise them for their scientific accuracy (laughs) there. Well done. Yeah, he he has some of the strangest physics in the game because of that. I I know people get on, uh, on Ridley for being lighter than Samus. I feel like his weight is fine. I think that Samus is just too heavy, to be perfectly honest. Cause I, I would still rather have Ridley about the weight of DDD. I, I kind of get that, but I like the idea of him being more kind of a heavier puff in terms of playstyle. Which is another weird thing. Like, why are his jumps so bad? Why is his up special so bad? See, what, what gets me about Ridley is that the big worry about him was too big, right? Mm-hmm. Just the whole idea of he is covering so much space, his hitboxes are going to be absolutely massive. And it feels like they took that to heart and gave him his sort of personality as the cunning god of death, which is the best boxing ring title. Holy crap. Like, that one title does so much for his character that it's incredible. Like, good job, four words. But in order to compensate for that, they made a lot of his hitboxes very, very deliberate. They're very small. They're very focused. They're almost like the Belmont's Whip or Marth's Tipper in how specific they are. And it feels weird. It feels good on certain moves like Skewer and Skewer's sound design in general. Oh my god. Oh my god. But for the most part, it feels... It feels like they compensated for the idea of Ridley rather than for any specific tools that Ridley would have. Like uh, his weakness on his neutral B where you shoot him in the mouth and he hurts himself. That'd be great, but at the base level, it's already worse than Bowser's fire breath. Like it does a slightly different thing, but like it's probably going to be like a little bit of chip damage to you and some denial. Whereas Bowser is just, oh, you want 41% for free? Okay. Exactly. It's, it's, it's going back to the idea of like having that Lucario gimmick, that would actually have that move have some use. Like purposely take the damage, take more and like get to where you want to be. 
But no, it's just a bad projectile that you only use when characters are off the stage and you try to Edgar. Which, side note, I do love just how long you can keep a character trapped trying to recover. That amuses me so much. I know it's annoying for characters on the receiving end of it, but I love that. It sends it such a good angle. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, a, for a bit more praise, just because I do love what they did for this character, especially sound design-wise. Uh, his dash attack oh, yes. jump. Damn, that's crunchy. It feels so good to oh, land. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, one of the best sound designs for the character is in his idle animation. He does this terrifyingly really wet growl that if you like heard that behind you in the middle of the night, you would wet yourself for how terrifying that is. <laughs> like what I found, I was going through his like his sound um effects in the um in the my music kind of thing. Just when I found that, I couldn't find it, and it just shocked me by just how horrifying it was. Uh, mm -hmm. I do wish that he had some analog to his Super Metroid roar. Yeah, like I know it doesn't fit his sound design in total, but I wish it were there in some capacity. Like maybe in his final smash, which is amazing. But also, it's outdone by a character that gets released soon <laughs> yeah. after. I, I do like these villain final smashes that are just them winning. I feel like that's a great yes. thing. I wish Ganondorf had something like that, for example. Just like he gets the full Triforce or something like that. I do agree with that. It, it's yeah. amazing theming. Uh, just, just because I do love what they did with the characters so much, I want to keep praising. The side special might be my favorite command grab. Yes. Just Space Pirate Rush is incredible. Yeah, it, it, it amazes me how this Smash Brothers created the move and it became a staple of Ridley's kits and it fits him so well. Just, I'm going to take you and grind you into the ground. Like, it feels so good. It, it's cinematically the most iconic thing Ridley's ever done other than steal a baby. Yeah, and though speaking about staple things about Ridley, it's unavoidable talking about how he's one of those characters where his signature admittedly bizarre signature move it's not in his kit there is no tail pogo whatsoever and that's just weird well of course they had to give it to shovel knight yeah but like there is room and instead you have this no i no there, there definitely this really was awkward down air that just looks so wrong with just how he's awkwardly like he really doesn't look right when he's just completely standing like completely straight like that you don't enjoy fully erect Ridley? I, I don't, don't know what to say to I you. I really don't. Uh, I feel like he should have had like a, a down special with the tail poke, kind of like kind of like zero suits almost, where he like pushes himself off the ground. That gave him a better air game. It, it's a weird thing about Ridley. Like he, he's portrayed as this hyper-violent, aggressive character, but he's also, he's smart. He's tactical. I feel like Ridley should be a character that you can like stall with. Like, literally the only reason he lands in Metroid Prime is because Samus destroys his his wings. He's a character that's not above, like, running away from a fight that he can't win or, like, playing unfair. Right. Right, absolutely. I don't know. I He's a weird character that I love what he's doing so much, but there's so much more he could be doing, and what is here isn't right. I, I agree. I think that he's well characterized not amazingly so but like better than any metroid interpretation thus far yeah. like i i don't want him going full manga of oh i ate your parents are they part of this part of my cell or this part of my cell because at this point you're just making himself from dragon ball i mean come on 
but yeah i i do i don't know if i want him to have a voice uh maybe if he had like a voice like metal face from xenoblade i don't know I I wouldn't. I think it's I think it's too memeable, and I think that yeah. Ridley should emphasize the physical. Like, if you're going to give a voice to Ridley, give a voice to Bowser and DK first. This is true. Yes. Like I I don't know. I don't know. I I could keep going on about the positives and negatives. Like his upbeat is really bad. I feel like like there were just there's some fun things you can do. Like upbeating down off the stage is a really disrespectful move that I love. But it, it feels so weird to have, canonically, one of the most aerial-based characters on the roster be so bad at, like, recovery and staying airborne. I don't like that. It, it's weird that he had a better moveset when his moveset was being Dynablade. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Yeah, if you want to talk about boss battles for a bit, like, I'm not... I am 100% not saying that Ridley worked better as a boss. Well, his boss bites were... I, I would never sacrifice Ridley. I would rather have him have a bad design as a playable character just because of how badly I wanted this. Yes, I, I totally agree. I think that physically he sold better as a boss, but character-wise he sold better as, well, a character. Yes, yes. And I feel like if they could have just translated that better, he'd be one of my favorite characters. As such... Agreed. I, I actually checked, and he's actually my most played character... Oh, really? And he beats out even DDD. Oh, damn. That's how happy I was to see him in the game. Like, I, I still play as him. Mm -hmm. But, like, he could have been he could have been much better. He is the character I have in D tier. He is also the character I have in D tier. Okay, I'm glad that we have this understanding. Like, he's so good in so many ways, but he's just... Uh, it's, it's... It's bittersweet. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, where... He's hard for me to place because, again, I love him. Oh, because anyone so in D tier has been easy to place. <laughs> this is true. Like, look at every single character we have now and tell me one that's been easy said, oh, this is easy D tier. Uh, I feel like Toon Link was. Okay, one. That's one. <laughs> and then Corrin was a spiteful D tier, and I'm happy with where he is. Yep. But again, I, I kind of feel similarly to Ganondorf with him. Like, there, there's, a, uh, there's a similar enjoyment of his playstyle for me. Not to the same extent I'd put him below Ganondorf. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. And I, I feel... Well, but he's also got better characterization. But Yeah, ah. but Ganondorf's characterization is better. It's fine. Like, true. both of them are better in Smash <laughs> than in their series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's weird parallels there. And I do kind of feel like I would... I don't know if I'd enjoy... A Ridley, a more faithful Ridley in in the game, because like mm -hmm. he is this weird, hyper aggressive. Some of his attacks feel like that. Wow, that this wouldn't feel out of place in a Mortal Kombat game if there was just gore to go alongside them. And I love that for Ridley specifically; it fits him so well. Oh God, if his like down throw was him, just like he puts his foot on your face and then stabs you three times with his tail. Yeah, or I really wish his pummel was him like biting and tearing. I know Charizard's got the bite, but I want it to feel like Ridley's eating you for his pummel. It, it, it's so weird. Like, I start praising Ridley, but I'm like, oh, but they could have gone so much further with this kind of idea. You know what? I should, just... I should really look at Mortal Kombat X's design of the Xenomorph and see how yes. much of that is transitive. I wish I'd thought about that. And that's such an obvious parallel with Alien and Metroid in general that, God, kicking myself for not thinking about that before now. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, what, do you, do you feel, uh, I, I like the comparison to Ganondorf, I just don't know if it should be below or above. Hmm. 
Because I like Ridley's characterization too much to put him any lower than Dr. Mario. Yeah, I can... But, like, there's, yeah. there's too much of a love there. I I agree. Um, it's a, I, and I think... feel like of these, like, three, like... There's a lot of parallels between DK, Gandorf, and Ridley. I feel like of the three, DK just has... Like, his playstyle is solid to his character. Yes. It's solid to his so character, and he has DK good either. flourishes to it. He's just missing yes. major parts. Gandorf has a solid playstyle at the complete abandonment of his character, except one aspect. Ridley has flashes of incredible character, but I think his base gameplay fails him more often than not. So I think I would put him at the bottom of those three. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. There, there's such a weird disconnect in Smash Brothers when it comes to Metroid. Like, between how the stages are treated, how they're so limited to there's this one aspect of it, between how horribly Samus has been handled, and even Ridley's had some weird moments. Remember in Smash 4, where he became meta Ridley just by absorbing energy from Pyrosphere for some reason? <laughs> yes. I mean, no, because I didn't play on Pyrosphere at all, but yes. I, it's... I, I don't know what's up with Metroid and Smash Brothers, but, like, it's odd. That it's feels like odd. a fucking Pokemon Snap moment. Where it's like you play <laughs> the flute and he becomes Meta Ridley. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it's a sad deal to your placements. Like, if, if it was going by much by just pure love of the characters, he'd be so much higher for me. But it's just... I, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to see him... <laughs> I can't stop myself from laughing. I'm just imagining a little birdie running around the little lava pit, and you throw an apple at it, and it falls in and becomes Ridley. <laughs> uh, the, the next Metroid spinoff's gonna be Metroid Snap, and that's what's gonna happen there. <laughs> oh, it's the Scan it's gonna, it's Visor gonna, game. It's gonna be that on-rails on game that Otherground was supposed to be. Yeah. It's just a Pokemon <laughs> Snap clone. Oh, uh, if you get it just right, Adam authorizes you the scan log. <laughs> uh, I, I do, I do have hope that like Ridley's popularity and finally like being embraced here will like let him be more fleshed out in like future Metroid games and just kind of maybe expand him to the point that he can be a more complete character in whatever future Smash Brothers game comes next. Like this feels like something that could be built off of, but right now it's. it's uh... I'm not fond of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see other interpretations of this character, basically. Yes. 100%. Uh, that said, that was my only D-tier character. Yep. Everything uh, here is seen above. Likewise. Lovely. All right. Next up is uh, Simon Belmont. Now, I have not played much of Castlevania, so I cannot comment heavily on this character. But I do feel like, fr from what I have experienced, I've tried to play a bit of Castlevania, I think it was, is SNES 4? That's Super Castlevania 4, yes. Super Castlevania, yeah. Did play that game, really enjoyed it. I feel like the Belmonts do a very good job of showcasing this very slow, but very, very powerful zoner. Like, Castlevania games are all about killing enemies before they get to you, and having very, very powerful tools to do that. And I feel like... The Belmonts do that very, very well. I like how terrible the recovery is. If you get knocked back in a Castlevania game, you're just screwed. Castlevania games are bullshit in that regard with how just punishing they can be in oh, that totally. way. Oh, totally, and I sometimes love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, like the, I like the 
I really like the the feel of their animations. Like there's there's some one to one carryovers that just like you can put them side by side and it looks really good. Like their walk cycle, their 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 forward tilt is identical, and it's just I love how much love was put into this character. Absolutely, they have the second best windscreen in the game. Simon does specifically where he's just whipping while the results play. Like, you're celebrating <laughs> after you're beating a Castlevania boss. Like, that is 100% gameplay, and in base Smash Ultimate, that was the best windscreen. Agreed, agreed. M- wait, maybe the third. Maybe the third. Uh, there's there's a lot of heavy competition there, but it's definitely up there as some of the best. Yes. Like, I, I feel like insofar as character goes, that is absolutely fabulous. Now, I cannot talk about Simone Belmondo without talking about his compatriot, Ricardo Belmondo. Like, these two are so entwined at the hip that Sakurai was like, well, maybe Simon is an echo of Richter, ah? Ah? There is so much of Simon's DNA here. The methodical nature of his attacks, the uh, sort of hesitation that he has for some of his whip strikes, um, just how the axe throw works, the little bit of lag before it and everything. It's all very, very methodical, whereas uh, Ricardo, all of his animations come from Symphony and his much more dynamic playstyle. And I'm just going to link you... This is a speedrun of Richter mode in Symphony of the Night. Just just feel free to skip around and compare how Richter just moves in general. Because, who boy. Compare- my, my biggest question coming into this was, I know Simon's good, but I don't know how this translates to Richter. And no, yeah, yeah, he is flying across the screen. Yep, no- that. that that looks like Samus with a whip. Yep. No, Richter is utterly insane when you get the handle on it. Now, to be fair, this is his Symphony incarnation. This is not his Rondo of Blood incarnation, where he was very similar to Simon, but he has a backflip, which it's weird that they don't have a backflip. I wish they had a backflip. But this is where his down air comes from. This is where his down tilt comes from. This is where a ton of his moves come from. And he is this hyper, hyper speed glass cannon, so to speak. It's weird to me, because you have the methodical nature of Simon, but due to having the one-to-one interpretation of Ricardo, uh, you still need to have this speed. And it's kind of this middle ground that is necessary, because I think if you solely focused on Simone's attributes, that you would not get a fulfilling moveset. Like, it, he just moves too slow. While I feel like you could get a full moveset out of Ricardo Belmondo, but then it wouldn't be paying homage to Simon correctly. So I feel like this is a middle ground, and it does a good job? But also I feel like it could do a better job, and that would be if it were just Richter. Interesting. Okay, okay. Because, like, you can just compare, like, look at Richter's uppercut in that video and compare it to the dinky little one they have in Smash. Now, the thing about Richter's uppercut was that that was a command input, that was a Shoryu, so it was basically as long as you can execute it, it does well, but I don't know, I feel like they should have a sort of ability to really, really flow, and I feel like they should be a more aggressive zoner than they are. Because the Castlevania boys run the risk of going from zoning to camping. And I feel like 
Castlevania is such a mobile and positional game that you should never really have the opportunity to camp in it. Yeah, if you're staying still in Castlevania, you're kind of just letting enemies respawn at you over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, it's... It, it punishes you for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if uh, they should have a resource mechanic like the hearts in order to give them their mobility options. It, it does feel weird that they don't have hearts. That's such a big element of Castlevania. But I get that people are like, oh, no more systems, please. And like, I, I get that. I get that. And what they do at a base level is good. And I love the interpretations of things, like the fact that they have the dangly chain from Super Castlevania 4 is one of the most fun, pointless additions, that they have the duck walk <laughs> from Link Faces of Evil. That's incredible. <sighs> I don't know. They don't have the sauce, so to speak. There's, there's nothing about them that makes you go, yeah! It's just, it, it's a flowchart. They're a flowchart character. And they work, and they homage their series really, really well, but they don't they don't grip me, so to speak. Uh, I will say that I have seen a few, like, this is only at high level, I don't think this, like, saves the character, but right. I have seen a few, like, Simon characters, like, do some really cool things with his down air. Like, using it to, like, hit a projectile to launch themselves back upward to recover, or, like, mixing it with, like, their, like, their upbeat for combos. Like, it's, I feel like there is potential for cool stuff there but it's there's small small silver linings in a mix of side b neutral b down b forward tilts repeat over and over and over again yep and i i still feel like their slow airspeed uh belittles their ability to do some cool recovery mumbo jumbo it's just a very opportunist your opponent screwed up as opposed to a setup into a knee of justice or something like that. And also their down airs hitbox is weird. Like part of their toesies are still exposed for some reason with no hip or hurt box. It's weird. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. That is bizarre. Uh, it's weird thinking about just having it Richter because I can't see any Castlevania character apart from Simon getting into the game. Oh, like, I, he's, I agree. He's just the face of the series. No, he's absolutely the face of the series. He is 100% the call. Uh, let me see if I can say anything that I otherwise say. I said absolutely. I said 100%. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, there we go. I think I hit all of my trademarks. But Richter is such the more dynamic character. Like... God, I'm trying, it I'm kind trying. of feels like he should be the Pichu to Simon's Pikachu. Yeah, I, I can like, agree for that. I wish they were differentiated more, because this is a case where I think it would really, really help them. Yeah, I remember being confused where when you you mentioned during Daisy's segment last time that she was one of the Echoes that felt more di- like most divergent. Mm-hmm. I, f- I thought you were talking about the Fireman characters. When we got past that conversation, I, we didn't really cover them. I was like, oh, d- does he mean Richter? Are they that different? But yeah, looking at the speed run. Well, I meant Dark Samus. He should be. But... S- oh. But I, I do kind of feel that similar divergence looking at this. I, he should be a speedy boy. And he's, he's, he's just not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means he should be much lighter. You should do a lot less damage. Maybe use different items instead of like... Simon is very much the Conan the Barbarian. I went in. I kicked Dracula's ass. He tried to curse me. It didn't work. I am the big strong. And Richter is the cocky. I've gone in. I saved this girl. I saved my girlfriend. I kicked Dracula's ass. He tried to curse me. It worked. I screwed up my family for generations. Oh, God. (laughs) 
and just I, I know it's just a very one-dimensional Conan personification, but I love the Simon redesign. Oh, it's just the like, best is... art that he's ever had. Mm. Like before, yeah. then when people did promo art of Simon, they would have to use action figures because that was the only good look of Simon that wasn't his weird, skinny, Death Note red hair design. Yeah, right. It's yeah, no, but like this, this is this, this is good. Yeah, I it, like it does so much to codify the design of Simon and just, ugh. It's, it's a good compromise. It is. But it keeps both characters held back. I, I do f- definitely feel like the, the moveset fits Simon more, especially with this Conan design. Yes. Like the, the heavy weight of the axe. That's one of the... The axe feels so that's, good. That's the crunchiest projectile in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Just the, the sound he makes when he's trying to throw it. And then just the sound it makes... Well, it, the, the, every bit of that sound design from the sound it makes going through the air upon impact it's so good yes i uh, but yeah oh uh, you I'm, I'm gonna just leave this up to you where do you have simon and richter placed because i'm i'm kind of questioning them with this newfound knowledge i have them in b because i still think that there's so much love put into them and there's so much good about them like no, this does feel like Castlevania at a base level. Like, this design is totally solid. If it were introduced in Melee or Brawl, it would have been great. It would have been fantastic, even. Okay. I had both of them in A tier, from just what I know about the Castlevania series. Mm-hmm. I can definitely agree with Richter being B tier, but I'm kind of I'm kind of hesitating for Simon, because I do feel like this moveset still fits him. What he takes from Richter makes up for what he otherwise... I don't feel like he could be a character without it. And I don't know how he would be able to be personified without it. And as such, I feel like it, it fits him well. I, I do feel like he does devolve into the campiness a little bit, but I feel like... I feel like, Simon, <sighs> you still could have... Like, you still have sub-weapons that you're not using that you can use in, like, their item crash variations. Like, there's the giant axe version, and Simon could have had that. I know that's a lot of extra work to differentiate an Echo Fighter that was thrown in for no reason, but I feel like if you're going all the way with the Simon-Conan design, you really have to hone in on that inspiration. Okay, I, I don't. I don't feel strongly about this. I just... I could not put either of them over Mario in any sort of good faith. All right, all right. I, 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 I will definitely defer to you. Mario Cloud Jr., I don't think I could put them above those three. Uh, I, I'd be down to put Simon directly beneath Jr. in that case. Because I, I do feel like the Castlevania design, I do feel like, is still pretty good. Like, it, it impresses me just by what's there. So I would want to put Simon on the higher end of things is would you agree with that or I could feel that I had them next to each other because I felt like they're two halves of the same coin but now that we're discussing it and especially what Simon's design does for him as a character I definitely would boost him above uh, Ricardo at this point yeah because looking at Richter's gameplay like they're they they play so differently I'm, I'm I'm feeling a I'm feeling a peach daisy split but where Daisy just doesn't fit the moveset at all. Richter's, it was it was deliberately made to be a composite of both of them. But it yes. just fits one of them better than the other. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, I could definitely put Simon above Sheik. I'm fine with that. Uh, what, where are you feeling? Because I'm, like, again, I don't have enough, I've never played Symphony of the Night, so I don't know where that feel. Richter is 
so much more the flashy one. Like, even in Rondo, where he plays similarly to Simon, he has item crashes, which are big, flashy supers, and all with big flourishes and the cool backflip he's got. Simon is like the old man, and Richter is like the kids with his skateboard and boombox coming in. (laughs) Yeah, I see that, I see that. (sighs) Let's see. Zero Suit, I love the movement of Metroid more than I think Richter does. Um, Ninja okay. Greg. <sighs> it, it is so hard to place these characters now that there's so much context for them. Yes. Yeah, oh, this is hard because now I go, okay, let's compare it to you. What do you have? A fully functional moveset as good as it can be. It, there's just no pizzazz. What are you? A character with pizzazz, but it's been toned down. Yeah, okay, listen to that. Um, Bowser. <laughs> Just <laughs> go down the list. I think I'm gonna start from like the other side because I don't feel like he's I don't feel like he's failing I agree. in any real way. So I'd put him like if B tier's divided in sub levels, I'd want to put him at least above Inkling. Agreed. And yeah, I think I think he represents himself like he doesn't have a glaring flaw like Peach. Um, he isn't suffering like D D D. It's it's north or south of Bowser basically. I think I'd put him north of Bowser because Bowser and DDD are so close in failing where the other succeeds that it, it, it'd feel odd to just hey, it's put Richter in the middle. <laughs> I feel like he's either better than both or worse than both. Yeah, okay. I, I think I'd put him north of them then. Yeah. All right. All right. I, he's not much worse than Simon, but seeing this, like it. I feel like you can get away with any of the Belmonts being echoes just by the sheer fact of how Castlevania plays. Yes. Like, and based on how he was used to build part of the moveset, it prevents it from being an outright failure like Daisy is. Correct. It's just a matter of it fitting him, Simon, so, so much better. I really wish Simon had beefier throws, by the way. Oh, yeah. Just, just to kind of fit more into that cone. And it's like, oh, shoot, he grabbed you. This is gonna hurt. Yep. No, the, that's correct. It, it feels weird to me having this big of a gulf between them when their only major change is uh, the holy water. But after conversing about this and how much Smash has done for the idea of Simon. Yeah, no, you're totally right there. All right. All right. St- still overall great designs. Like it, it feels weird to be focusing on the, the bad things, but you, you, you just kind of have to because if we just went like move for move, it's like, oh, up smash. I like that. Forward smash. I like that. Like... <laughs> It'd get boring. <laughs> yeah, no, everything is good. It's just a matter of how good compared to how good it could be and yeah. how well it fits. Like, these characters are all passing. Yes. Like, they're all graduating from Smash Brothers. Yes. It's just Ridley a has of... to go to summer school, but he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of who's, who's valedictorian or not. Uh, which... Speaking uh, of the valedictorian... Of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I, I know you have so much to say. I just want to say Please. real quick, I think K. Rule is the best ultimate newcomer, and I don't think it's a close competition. Like, what Smash Brothers has done to embody, to enhance, to allow this character to hopefully evolve in the future? God, is he perfect. I, I'm sorry, it's, it's hard for me to speak until I know that you're done. <laughs> oh no, d- go for it, go for it. Okay, I'm, so... That, that's all I wanted to say. So, since we made the DK Crew video, uh, you have fought... King K. Rule. Yes, I have. You have fought him. How, knowing that it's like the big boss fight that embodies him, how do you feel that he was interpreted? Just just curious, as like a newcomer to the DK series. Okay, well, have, being the only boss fight of his that I fought is DKC2. Right. Uh, I really like how uh, 
how crafty he is. You wouldn't expect this from how unhinged his design is, just with one eye bulging out over the others, but he's got a lot of clever tools at his disposal. He throws out so many different things that completely change patterns with every single fight. Like, yeah, sure, he'll use a cannonball, but now the cannonball is spinning around. Now it's spiked. Now there's multiple spiked cannonballs. There's so many tools that this character deploys, but at the same time, they're all easily easy to work around. And I love how King K. Rool just basically creates this, this obstacle course that you can only really get to him by exploiting very clear weaknesses that he can even that he can cover. I love I love the belly armor so much it showcases I think it might be my favorite of the the boss battle specific gimmicks just being this yes it's a super powerful strength of his but if you really focus it down it becomes a weakness. That's a really great thing to embody from boss fights. I I I don't I I don't have much bad to say about the character. He's he's just I love him. <laughs> what bad do you have to say about the character? Just I, I I only have one. Okay. I, okay literally hit me. just one. Hit me. Uh, I I don't like how his down B is a counter, because I feel like that's just too much design overlap with his already existing belly armor. I wish that the reflector aspect of that was just baked into the belly armor itself, and that move was used for something else. Cause K Roll's got a lot of cool stuff he could do, and I, I just feel like it's a bit of a just like there's 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 potential that I wish was embraced because i don't like counters especially on super armor because that's what super armor already is right right okay so with all that said that's literally it so with all that said king k rule is the best character in the super smash brothers series the number one character 100 percent, no doubt in my mind to go on about this, um, K. Rule has been a villain whose last appearance was Mario Super Sluggers in 2009. He was brought in to the Super Smash Bros. series based on the Smash Ballot specifically. Like, there are three characters that we can definitively say got a massive boost and were put in the game because of that. Bayonetta, Ridley, and King K. Rule. And King K. Rule came as an earnest surprise to the team in that regard. K. Rule has been a villain who has been irrelevant for years. Uh, his last appearance as a major villain was, I believe, DK Jungle Climber. And if you're counting a game that Nintendo specifically had a hand in and wasn't just passed off to pay on, uh, even though it was rare developed, that's Donkey Kong 64 in 1999. So about 20 years since his last big, big appearance. In that time, they have characterized King K. Rule in an utterly brilliant fashion. He is more unhinged than he has ever been. He is celebrating his cartoony nature while still having that great level of power, that great level of malice. His design has changed. His eye is bulging even larger. His cape is tattered and worn from years of neglect that he'd never had before. It'd always been pristine before this, but now. It's all beaten and feral, and this is to change with his contrast to Donkey Kong. I have an entire video on how good King K. Rool is as a contrast to Donkey Kong, how his moveset builds up their rivalry, how he is, his back air is functionally DK's forward air, 
how he has a giant headbutt for his up air, which DK also has, but he goes extra. How he has a double foot stomp compared to DK's single foot stomp for his down air. How he has a rap verse in his Gangplank Galleon remix just because DK is famous for his rapping skills now, I guess. There is so much done to characterize King K. Rule, both from the sense of the Donkey Kong franchise of this villain clawing his way back, and as a way of characterizing him against Donkey Kong in a way that he'd never really been explored before. Like that moment where K. Rule and DK are charging at each other in his trailer, and K. Rule is going on all fours. He's never had that before. That's the first time he's gone on, and it's just there so he can beat up Donkey Kong and show him up when he knows that they're on an even playing ground. Insofar as references go, King K. Rule has some of the best in the series. He's got his iconic attacks from 1 and 2, but he also has little things, like when he uh, expends all of his upbeat helicopter pack. He flaps his little baby arms like he does in Donkey Kong Country 3, after he takes a hit. His final smash is the game over sequence from Donkey Kong 64, a hypothetical of K. Rule's incredible, incredible power. And not only that, but it stacks on top of that the slow development of K. Rule through the series. Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country 2 were developed by the same team. They uh, portrayed K. Rule as at first an end boss and show him as like very confident with his power set. Uh, somewhat of a trickster with having some fake outs. I know you were killed by the final kickback having different timing. That's one of my <laughs> favorite ha gotchas in gaming because it's so so visceral, and it works very well, and K. Rool always has a comeback to that. I like to think that the fact that he can pivot his big, bulky counter is sort of an homage to that. Uh, in DKC3 and DK64, he got a lot more cartoonish. That was done by a different team, with DK64 having a sort of all-hands-on-deck approach later in its development. And that's referenced with a lot of his animations, with a lot of his facial expressions. Like, K. Rule in DKC3 is, Oh, I used all my wife's pots and pans to make this giant robot, and you destroyed it! My wife is gonna kill me! And we're like, K. Rule, you got married? Are you cool, bro? And he's got this great cartoonish personality, DK64 giving him this Dr. Claw persona, until that fades away and his plans are going awry, and he goes, Fuck it! I'm a boxer now. Let's go. And the big thing is that Smash continues that. His belly armor being a reflection of his self-destructive nature. Where in DKC2, he doesn't just, like, fight you for a rematch. When you beat him for the final time, he accidentally blows up his entire island. And then DK64 is like an homage to that, where I blew up my island. No, that's your fault. I'm going to blow up your island now. And the belly armor being this whole thing of him overextending himself. And then, and then, and then, and then, Smash Brothers <laughs> goes and adds its own twist to it. Because for years, the Kremlings were neglected, not because they were entirely ignored, but because of the idea of, well, these are Rare's characters. We're going to take the Donkey Kong series in our own direction, because as an homage to Rare's work and what they've done, we're going to leave that there, and we're going to move on Donkey Kong so that we don't mess up the design. So Smash adds to that design. They give him a very Japanese flair with his whole sumo inspiration. 
With a great down tilt that buries the opponent, with his great armored belly slap, with the sumo stomp that he has in his taunts, it's finally that Japanese hold and that Japanese inspiration finding itself into King K. Rool's moveset. So much of his good design has already been praised. The way that he uses armor, the way that he can be foiled and hoisted by his own petard with uh, his belly armor breaking and being able to steal his crown and hit him with his own weakness like you would a boss fight. The way how he has an excellent, excellent recovery, but ultimately you can cheese it pretty easily. How hard he is to approach from the front, but how weak he is from behind, just like he has a video game boss weak spot. The way that he portrays his craftiness with his suck fack and with the cheesiest of KOs off the top with his propeller pack. King K. Rule has been made from a nobody into someone that you can feel every creator has touched. That you can feel that every single person that has contributed to this character has made him what he is in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I have been a Donkey Kong main since Smash 64, and King K. Rule changed that because he is that excellent, because he is that incredible of a representation. And have I wanted him since Smash 64? Yes. Was I a person who saw the cannonball in the Subspace Emissary trailer shot by P.D. Piranha and went, Yo, that's K. Rule! And even when P.D. Piranha showed up, I was still like, K. Rule must be off screen! Yes, but God, King K. Rule isn't just everything I hoped for from the character. He's more. He's more than I wanted. He's more than I asked for. And honestly, he's made himself part of the Smash universe. Like, you get excited when you see a K. Rule match, in the same way that you have a curiosity of when you see, like, a Little Mac match or something. There's something there, there's something intrinsic to him. And when we look at characters, if we look at our, their perfect representation, like Fox, when we look at their perfect level of references like Pac-Man and Game & Watch, when you look at how defining Smash is to them, like Captain Falcon, when you look at the sub-narrative behind them, like Rob, K. Rule fits every single one! So yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew I was going to go into this, this video. Like, the only real discussion of where K. Rule is being placed is if he is above or below Captain Falcon. Because I do agree that he's 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 just perfect. Like, it, it's one thing to just do enough with a character. I feel a lot about that with, like, characters like Pokemon Trainer, for example. Like, yeah, that's you, you've accomplished everything you set up to do. Good job. But K. Rool does... He does so much with how comparably little he has been portrayed. Like, I, I love that um, comparison of just, like, how every developer has touched him. You can actually see that in his design. Like, it really is just a celebration of the entire character's history. I'm just, I'm just trying to decide right now if I want to try to, like, step up to bat for Falcon or just say that, yeah, he is the best. At, at this cause... point, if, if you step up to bat for Falcon, then that's also admitting that there can never be a better design than Captain Falcon. I mean, yes, I, I, that, I, I put him at the top of the tier list for that reason. I know, but I I'm saying, like, even in the future, because Captain Falcon is so defining of Smash Brothers. I feel like that's what that's saying. Ah, uh, well, this is interesting, because I... Hmm. That is a good point, that is a good point. Like, I will fight tooth and nail for K. Rool to be where he deserves it, to be, but... And I, I, I do... 
I am prepared to concede on that fight, but I also just, there, there's kind of a feeling that I just, I feel like I should just put up some kind of a fight for the dude. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm going to keep him there. I just want to just... I mean, you can also the, praise the me. You can praise me. me all you want. My throat hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could say what you uh, learned and like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. I mean, I, I also watched your K-Rule video, so I've, I've, I've heard a lot about this already. And that's why I, I agree with you. Like, he is perfect. The only... The only split that I think Captain Falcon does it slightly better is that Captain Falcon would not be remembered right now if it were not for Smash Brothers. I feel like K. Rule still would. But even then, like, K. Rule just does so much more. I'm trying to think of, like, now he, he embodies his boss battles. He's a celebration of all of his appearances. As much as I do he agree with, with you. comes with amazing music. Oh, yeah, incredible. And not just uh, Gangplank Galleon, the Crocodile Cacophony remix which has a mix of K. Rule Returns in there. They didn't have to do that. That's wonderful. And now Snakey Shanty uh, has, Snakey a game, Shanty? Yeah. has a Gangplay Galleon section in it. Yeah, I. you know what? Yeah. I think, yeah, I'll give it to K. Rule. Because I also feel like not not just as that he, like, he has that similar just Smash Brothers has propped him up. I feel like significantly more than Falcon, K. Rule has a chance of actually, like, revitalizing Donkey Kong with his appearances if he does this well. Because this does so much to make up for so much of the failings of the rest of the Donkey Kong cast. Yes. Like, imagine if there were two just completely bland F-Zero characters and then Captain Falcon make it into the game. <laughs> yes. Like, you, had, you just had this bland, like, Jody Summers is just, like, a basic, like, Chun-Li character. You got Black Shadow some kind of Ryu, but all of a sudden Captain Falcon storms into the game and just this hyper-aggressive anime character. And, like, I, I do have some small gripes with K. Rule. I, I do feel like he doesn't fall into the same pitfall, pitfall, pitfalls of Donkey Kong, but I do feel like there's like, his voice is 80% of what I want it to be, if that makes any sense. I think that it's as good as it can be with the sake of Donkey Kong as he is. Like, yeah, like, like a, a perfect K rule would require better Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Yes. So like as reflections of those two designs, he's fine here, but as he is now, yeah, yeah. I won't even say I, that I will, that I will give you that, I won't say that, that drags character. him down because he's a reflection of the DK and Diddy that are in Smash Brothers right now. If he had a big cartoony voice, it would feel weird. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would. And yet he still has so much personality just from. <laughs> All right. Yeah. K. Rula is the best character design in the game. I, I will. I will agree. Good. Whew. Okay. I didn't even have to go into the pay on games or the cartoon. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. I knew I knew that was going to happen. I knew I knew that wasn't an argument I made, was, was going to win. I just wanted to, to g give some respect from Captain Falcon because he is the number two. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's hold, he's held that position for a long time. Like I have one character that can contest, and even then, I still think that Falcon beats him out. All right. So uh, I'll I'll give you a break for a bit. Yeah, my jaw hurts as we <laughs> as we we move on to Isabel. Uh, this. I feel like Isabel was going to be an Echo Fighter at some point, but they actually just just thought, you know what? No, let's let's try to make this a a bit more of a full fledged character. Mm -hmm. And I do like this um where we have the spacey move sets and like the the two the two rat Pokemon. We now have an Animal Crossing move set, and I feel like of the two, I like Isabel's a little bit more. I agree because where Villager has this odd, I I, I do love the axe swinging, just kind of murderous meme persona that's built around him. Isabel feels more like she's just she's just going about her day, 
trying to trying to clean up the stage, look out for the other fighters. And whenever she kills you, it is almost entirely by accident. Like she tries to, she just celebrating you with a party popper. Oops, you were too close. That that was your fault, man. You should have done that. Uh, she's just going fishing off the stage, just trying to trying to catch some catch some fish for a for a nice dinner. Oops, she caught you instead. Oh, we can't. You're you're too big. Gotta gotta toss you out. Uh, she's just, she's just guarding a bit, planting some wood rockets. Oh, you stepped on that? Oops. Like, the, watch your step, man. It's rude to step on people's gardens. And I just, I, I love this absolute klutz of a character. <laughs> I, I really do, too. Uh, I want to say her side taunt is one of my favorite taunts in the entire game. Just the one where she smiles and just claps her hands directly at the camera. Like, it's so simple, but you can use it for, like, when your opponent does something cool. When you do something cool. When you do something completely mundane, when you knock your opponent off the stage and decide to clap instead of actually doing something, it's the most multi-purpose, yeah, we're friends now, and also, yeah, fuck you. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect expression. And I'm glad that she has the fishing pole. I think that that's super, super important to Animal Crossing, because I, I don't know about you, but uh, I spent most of my time fishing. Because it was like bug catching, but it was always available, and it was also the easiest way to make money. I haven't played Animal Crossing, so I don't have the. Oh, and also there's the sea bass joke. I have played. I have played uh, Stardew Valley, so I get the. I get the fishing comparison. Okay. Though. Okay. But yeah, I just like yeah. I she's cute. <laughs> she's really really cute, and that's fun. Like as much as Villager has like the faceless axe murderer kind of thing, Isabel has an actual personality, and it's cute klutz. And that's fun, and it gives more of a personality to her moves, I feel. Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between Villager's gameplay, because having a Villager as, like, the player character of the Animal Crossing games kind of sets up a, an expectation of their design to reflect how you play Animal Crossing. We got, All the way back at the beginning of the series, we talked about that, how there's kind of just... You can't really fully flesh that out in, animal, in a fighting game because a lot of Animal Crossing is waiting around and that doesn't really feel as good in a fighting game. But Isabel is a NPC, so her what she has to do is really just embody her character, and she does that kind of perfectly. Yeah. I don't really have much bad to say about her other than she's kind of annoying to fight. And This is true. That's just like, I feel like that honestly fits her character because she's just off doing her own thing and then you invade her space and go oh no i'm gonna beat up a puppy why would i do this yeah i i i that fits real because if you're fighting somebody and they are not trying and still winning like if they're not even trying to fight you and they're just you can't do anything to them i that is annoying that should be annoying and i feel like isabel does that well just just continuing like the absurdity like she her up smash is just trying to tell you to stop. There's traffic passing. You should be... Oh, you got too close. Like, that's why you. she was trying to warn you. <laughs> yes. Down smash, she's just cleaning the stage. Why would you get close to somebody with a mop bucket? That's just... Do you want to get wet? That's your fault. Honestly, if we had to pick one of these to come back, I would say Isabel, like, by far. Yeah. Over Villager. And, and, and even then, like, I'd kind of want, like, Tom Nook over Villager coming back as well. Yeah. This gets me curious about, like, how this moves that could, like embrace like tom nook's just kind of just a stereotypical businessman who's just tired and kind of greedy but you also kind of get like senses of just like tom nook's just a fascinating character in general i just love oh, to see absolutely. how he put into the game his final smash is he locks you in a house and he sells you copies of raymond and you go bankrupt 
just just have a gimmick where like he hits you. He, bring back coin battles, but it's just for Tom Nook. And if he steals all your coins, you're just dead. <sighs> Beautiful. Beautiful. But, but yeah, Isabelle's I I I kind of no, I don't wish her final smash was different because it still fits her perfectly. Like she's just trying to improve the town. Yeah. Oh no, it blew up. Who could have seen that? It it feels weird to put her much higher than villager but i just feel like it fits her so much better and i kind of want to put her on the higher side of a tier i just i'm just debating on where i do too but then i see her like okay she's above ike and marth that feels weird above wolf that feels weird link ooh. but at the same time her character is so spot on there yeah and i i feel like it's uh the split comes from talking to her about her after villager Yes. Because it's an already established moveset where a lot of these other ones are original. Right. But I going off of that sense of I'd rather have Isabel over Villager, I feel like she should be... Treat, treat her like she's the original incarnation of the moveset, and where would you put her? Uh, see, that's hard because I'm still... See, another catchphrase. See, that's hard. Um, I feel like even comparing her to Wolf, I want to compare her to Wolf, where it's this drastic uh, departure from the moveset. The difference being uh, Isabel did it better, but also it had much more room to grow, whereas Fox, Fox is Fox. But as the original incarnation, I don't think I would put it above Pokemon Trainer. That, that, that's the character I've been looking at as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I might be able to put a, make a case for above, just because there are some splits between, like, like, there's a few problems with, like, the various Pokemon, but, like, the way they come together is so solid, and I feel like that's more impressive of how it embodies Pokemon than how Isabel... I, I feel like Isabel is about as high as I could put in an Animal Crossing character, like, like in that kind of range. Like, I'm not... I couldn't put her in S. I don't see an Animal Crossing ever getting to S. I unless Tom Nook just absolutely blows me away with how amazing his personality is or something like that. I don't yes. know. Uh, comparing to Link, I, I, f- I feel like I would... As strange as this is, I would put her above Link. Because I do still feel like... We talked about Link, how we had, like, faith for his design to grow. I feel like he is still... He's been allowed to evolve, but there's still that Smash Brothers traditionalism that's still holding him back from being, like, the... If Link was a newcomer in the game, he'd look completely differently. Yes. Like, there's so much crazy stuff he could be pulling off, whereas Isabella is just... She's, she's an A-plus student. She, high honors. Yeah. She, she, she doesn't wow me, but she's, there's nothing wrong with her. But she wows me in some regards. Like, this isn't like a... This is also true. This isn't like a cloud scenario where I'm like, yeah, but I don't feel anything. I feel something from Isabel. I feel a joy I, in I, playing I feel her. I like it's just because she's so gosh darn cute. It is. It's just like, there, there's none of that fighting game, like, hype of like, wow, there's this epic attacks that get your adrenaline pumping. Isabel's... Isabel's not that character. It is, but every She's time she does that, that she sells it. Like, I remember when uh, we had, like, a, a Smash Tournament on, on your Twitch, like, a year ago, and I brought out Isabel and I killed Ridley for one round, <laughs> and how that just felt so good, specifically because it was Isabel. Well, well see, now I want to put her even higher than that. <laughs> No, I, I still think that Pokemon Trainer represents the gameplay and the swapping of Pokemon a little bit better than that. Yes, so. I, I, I'm trying to think of how Isabel could embrace Animal Crossing better in that case. Like, maybe. Uh, I haven't played enough of Animal Crossing to say that is the problem. Um, I don't think Pocket necessarily fits her because she's not a player character. 
I think that she should have a furniture move. There you go. There's the one. There's there's your excuse. I'm just just picturing. I'm just picturing Isabel like dropping a piano on somebody. (laughs) Just just set up a construction. Just be like, oh, hey, hey, I'm setting up my couch. Uh, Maybe she has like a kind of weird like Steve kind of gimmick where she can just like try to set up a town across the stage or something. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I I feel like if you just gave her like a cycle of items that she could throw out, that that would be fun. Like, okay, she threw out the can, and now she threw out, like, a statue of Mario, and next comes the baby grand. Oh, I, I, okay, I, I, I got it, I got it. Isabel's always rushing all over the place, but her current play style feels very campy. Mm-hmm. She's kind of got that Belmont thing of just, okay, she set the Lloyd rocket, she's got the fishing rod up, approach her. How are you gonna do that? I do wish she had an incentive to uh, rush around the stage, be it that kind of, maybe she can set up multiple Lloyd rockets, or that would be a nightmare, but... <laughs> I can agree, but I do feel like it fits her better than the Belmonts because it, she's it does, landscaping. Because she's not an aggressive. Yeah, but I, I want her to have build on that a little bit more to fully flesh out just her kind of her her character of like she's literally always working. She does not get to sleep. Okay, yeah, that that that's fair. All right, does that does that justify her placement enough for you? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like we're fishing for excuses to put her here, but like I I do feel yeah that just like even if that's not a good enough explanation for some people like the amazement of pokemon trainer having three characters gelling together kirby having all this work put into his copy abilities and having this inherent simplicity while still being so have being able to branch out in so many different directions pac-man is pac-man game and watches i don't feel like i have to explain those two yeah no 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 they're they're the game like a good place for isabel yes. yeah i i could make arguments for any of them to be in s tier whereas isabel like she's she's just solid agreed has more time on Isabel than I expected. I yeah, I was surprised too. Like she's she's a she's a good, she's a really good character. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of surprisingly really good characters, yeah, I, I want to say something about Incineroar real quick. All right, because uh, Incineroar the Pokemon. I hate Incineroar the Pokemon. Pokemon designs, especially the starter designs lately, have just been trending from becoming uh, creature designs to becoming character designs, and I hate that so much. I felt this really painful disconnect where in the past i've been able to like bond with this pokemon with my starters because they're they're like pets that i've been able to grow and raise i had this i had this cute little squirtle but now it's this giant cannon turtle i love that i had this little turtle but now it's this awesome lumbering earth turtle i love that i had this cat and now it's this wrestler that's following me around everywhere and it's really muscly and it's creeping me out please stop admittedly i would say the same thing about blaziken like I, it started with blaziken yeah like, i i I don't like Blaziken either. Okay. Uh, so, like, Incineroar the Pokemon, hate him, don't like him. Incineroar the Smash Brothers character. Oh my goodness gracious. I, I do have a, a, a small caveat here that everything about I love about Incineroar, I would rather have on some other character that brings more to the table. Uh, characters like Incineroar, Greninja, uh, Corrin, Byleth, they kind of feel like these characters that were made for obligation. Like, they're concept art characters. They were taken because Sakurai knew there was going to be a Pokemon. Like, you have to put a character from those recent games. They're too big not to. Right. And I wish if they were going down that route, they just picked, like, a random Pokemon or character from those games. Like, I don't know why we picked uh, Gudra or Dragolidge. But Sakura just like looked through all their designs, and was like that one, that is the star, and just propped up that, and was like, yes, this is standing besides Pikachu. Well, yeah, I, I, I feel I, I that wish way that about was how Jigglypuff. They were treated. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Jigglypuff was made a star, 
because of that. And I wish if they were going down that route, instead of taking these characters that are going to be recognizable regardless, they just went all out with it. So I just want to put a caveat on Instant North. I'd rather have this on like Rock Hawk or something, like Paper Mario representation or something like that. But for what he is, Incineroar was hilarious. Yes. They just took they just took this this heel wrestler archetype, found an excuse to put it in the game, and it fits so well. I, like the the only thing that holds Incineroar back for me is weirdly that he's a Pokemon. If this was a character in like I don't I don't know I, if this was an F Zero racer. Here? Yes, if this was. <laughs> You just get this. Like, actually, if this was just an F Zero character, like that would be. I, I, he, I just, I just put him in S tier and end the conversation. <laughs> uh, yo, but like Incineroar and F Zero though. I would be so down for that. Just, oh my god, he he would fit it so. And then he just like too. cusses at Black Shadow, and then he realizes kids <laughs> are around, and he goes, "Oh shit!" I mean, I mean, dang. <laughs> but yeah, for, for purely from a character design standpoint, this guy is great. Just from the. From the poses he makes after every sma- successful smash attack to having the best counter in the entire game, yep. he was the character that proved that, oh, no, counters actually can be so interesting. Yep. Uh, I, I love his his side special and just the... Yeah, well, let's just summon, like, wrestling poles out of nowhere just because this it's this guy's got that strong of a personality. He's got such a strong personality in general, Yo, he's not only strong enough to summon them, he is strong enough to convince the other person that if they run into those ropes, they have to run back and they can't do anything else. He forces them into a wrestling match and that they have to obey kayfabe. He is that strong. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I like how um I like how slow and lumbering he is. I, I know that makes him kind of feel off as a player, but it fits this kind of archetype. For the character, because mm-hmm. he he doesn't need to like deal with zoners as badly as others. Because if you shoot him, you're running the risk of like, oh, he's gonna revenge that and he's gonna kill me in a single hit. Mm-hmm. I, I love that interaction he has with almost the entire cast of just being this having this omnipresent. He inspires fear of just attacking him. Mm-hmm. There is one thing that I wish he had because I I totally agree with that. And his flavor is fantastic, but there's no reason to approach him. I find. Like, he deals with projectiles well, with revenge, but then you have no reason to go close to him. You just continue doing the game and wait for him to make a mistake, essentially. Rainbow Mika in Street Fighter has a move where she starts cutting a promo on you, and the longer that she goes, the greater of a multiplier to her damage it deals. I wish that if Incineroar taunted you, you got personally offended, and you took more damage. Oh my god. I literally put, like, the actual taunt. Yeah, and then if you try to, like, pot shot him, he could just revenge you, and then, damn it, he did it again! The clever bastard! I I just feel that there is that one little element of him missing from a fighting game perspective, because he, he's a grappler that, due to the nature of the platform fighter, struggles to get grabs outside of a lowland whip, and I feel like there needs to be an incentive to close the distance. But other than that, God, is he fun? God, is he just a show? Is he the whole damn package of showmanship, of flavor-fitting wrestling really well? 
He has the high flying move with the cross chop that fits like the off the top rope feeling. He has the sudden impact of his darkest lariat, which is a perfect get off me tool while also being a great pose. His poses in general, we've already gone on and on about the Alolan whip and how he even manages to get botching in there. That's... There's so much fun about him and how he embodies the idea of a wrestler showing off and being entirely performative and just fitting his role so well, whilst also, you know, working the crowd. Like, revenge is the perfect, perfect analog for working the crowd. It is the Hulkamania hulking up. He's taking his opponent's force and he's sending them right back at him because he's an unstoppable killing machine. It's so good in so many regards in that way. I I, I completely agree. I completely agree. His only failings are that, you know, he doesn't quite, they haven't quite made a perfect grappler for Smash Brothers yet. I, I think that they really need to expand their air grab game in order to do that well for a platform fighter. And that he's a Pokemon. It's it's weird. I I feel like his design is almost wasted on a Pokemon. Does that make sense? Like let, let's let's picture this. Imagine this exact same moveset was given to the Rhythm Heaven wrestler. Imagine how many people would try out Rhythm Heaven solely because of that. Because of how because it would fit. It would still fit just as perfectly. Shit, I really want that though. It, you could have like the. Like, the, the reporter and part of, his, like, his taunts and his victories. Maybe even kind of tie that into, uh, I don't know, like, some, some sort of, like... Oh, and, like, the, the timing of the things, too, fits the rhythm-based gimmick. Because you have to time how well you hit people with the, 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 the lowland whip. Yeah, the ikikadikadikadeska. Eh! Exactly! Tie that into the revenge. Like, have them, like, build on, on that. That will force you to get closer. Because you either, like, maybe if he completes the interview, he still gets the boost. So the only way to stop him is to, like, rush up and grab him to prevent anything from happening. Yes. Mm. Or, like, attack the reporter or something like that. I, I have him in high A tier, to be clear. I do, too. I think from a design, it's perfect. I just wish it was on another character. Oh, God, yeah. But, like, insofar as the idea of there had to be a Gen 7 Pokemon, I think this is the best that you could get. Like, is he my ideal Gen 7 rep? No, Guzma is. But if you consider that it they hate Pokemon player characters other than Red and Leaf for whatever reason, then this is as good as we could get. I agree. I, I also do just like the idea of just... Just, like, putting all of the Pokemon on, like, a dartboard and just throwing one saying, okay, that's the one. We're, we're making a moveset for Arachnid now, and no, nobody can stop us. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it it, ha- it says something that I absolutely despise the direction that the Pokemon designs have gone in, and I still love Incineroar and Smash Brothers. He, he, has, he has completely superseded my disdain for modern Pokemon and become one of my favorite characters to play in the game. Yep. His, his design is that strong. Totally agreed until I start getting camped online. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely feeling at least above Wolf. I don't know how much higher. I, I wouldn't put him much higher than that, if any at all. Because I still feel like he has some issues as a fighting game character. Yeah, and I do agree. That's why I don't want to put him higher because like he, he still has issues he's not in that topest of tiers like almost perfection there is mm-hmm. like I, i'll freely admit I, th- out. I think that wolf marth and ike all feel better to play yes Ooh, you put it that way kind of at the same time ah. i feel like incineroar's character is also better than all three of them yes 
Well, Ike's isn't fully embodied, but Ike is a Fire Emblem character, and those have a... He's a Fire Emblem Lord, and those have a... There's a ceiling that you, those just don't go past. Oh, yeah, I'm saying that Ike, Ike is good. Ike is as fulfilled as he can be without going, Volk, why won't you eat? Please don't jump out of the window of the ship. Volk, god damn it. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, I, Ike caps out at like a 7. Like, that's the highest score he can get, whereas Incineroar is just 11 out of... Oh my gosh. Yo, what if Ike um, had Soren taunts, though, and Soren just talks shit? <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even... Oh, I kind of wish all the Fire Emblem characters, like, brought in other characters to help them out. It would really help in just fleshing out those rosters a bit more. Yeah, but Ike missed Screw It. Grail, Screw It. Only needs his boyfriend. Yes. Just completely agree. Uh, I do... What about below Wolf but above Marth and Ike? Because Marth and Ike... Like, Wolf still got character, whereas those two are just in his Fire Emblem. Yes. I, I could get down between those two. Because I, I do feel like he's so, so, so good. I agree. Incineroar would be a great Star Wolf member. <laughs> right? Like, just... That's... that. Just make him a character in other games. God, I'm like, so glad maybe, we're talking about maybe good just characters. Bring in, just maybe bring in, like, the Rhythm Heaven announcer, but keep it as Incineroar. For no reason. Don't explain it. It's, it's just there. <laughs> oh my god. Imagining the Pokemon trainer announcer doing it. Wubba-dubba-dub, is that true? <laughs> yeah, just, just just make Incineroar this character that just randomly pops up in different games for no reason. I'd love that. You, you just want- you remember the Twilight Princess thing with the sumo wrestlers in- uh, uh, Yes. The Gorons? Yes. You, you just move that forward, and it's just- randomly, there's like this- I don't know, I guess it's still the Gorons that are just really into wrestling now, and there's just an incineroar there for no reason. No explanation, it's just there. God, the masked muscle from Punch-Out shows up, and he rips off the mask, and it's incineroar, and his entire body <laughs> changes. It's just a full-body costume. <laughs> but, like, yeah! That's how strong his character is. It really is. I, I, I want to see more of this incineroar, and not the crap in Pokemon. Exactly, exactly. Oh, something I want to bring up real quick, just because um, I know a lot of people have been talking about Pokken tournaments and how that shows off the characters compared to Smash Brothers. Yes. Which is, like, true, true, yes. But here's the thing. Both of these games are going so far and beyond for what Pokemon actually does for its Pokemon. Like, yeah, sure, you can compare Pokken and be like, yeah, they're lacking, but if you put any character in Pokken... They'd all look lackluster in comparison. It's funny to think about, but Smash Brothers is actually really, really tame and vanilla compared to just how insane fighting games can get with, like, their style and animations. I feel like for what it is, the Pokemon in this game, they're fine. They're already doing a lot better than Pokemon <laughs> asked for, and I feel like doing any more just highlights how little is done for the Pokemon in their source material. Definitely. Like, when you look at a Pokken design, it's giving them the Tekken treatment. Like, you're getting a lot of character through their movement, and Tekken spends an agonizing amount of time getting that fighting style right. But then you're also missing the endings where Kuma becomes the president of the Mishima Zaibatsu and throws Heihachi down a pit. Oh man, I just want a, like, a Pokken tournament story mode of just canonizing these Pokemon's traits and just making these making it like the, the the mystery dungeon series where each of these is actually a set character they're just 
fighting without trainers for reasons, establishing themselves in this weird Pokemon world. The one exception, I think, to this rule is Krogunk in Pokken. I think he's perfect. Because uh, when, he, <laughs> when he wins, it's revealed that this is a dream sequence that Krogunk is having, and that's why he's so powerful. That's actually amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that. He's incredible. I love, uh, I love my little froggy boy. <laughs> all right, but hi, hi, dear, for Incineroar. Yep. I feel good about moving on from there. Yep. Which is actually the last ultimate newcomer. We are now stepping into the DLC characters. So, uh, next up, <laughs> talking about making characters into stars. Just throwing a dartboard at something. I adore the absurdity of Piranha Plant. Yeah, it's hard Piranha to argue Plant with that. Has completely just it feels like they took like a, a mechanic of mario brothers being like okay part of mario is just navigating between obstacles what if we just made that a character prana plant is so good at just we're kind of talking about it with k roll but i feel like he does it better just creating all these really really just wacky obstacles with insane reach and forcing your opponents to be like okay platform through this i dare you <laughs> yeah Oh, God, I didn't even think about Patui being, like, the exemplification of that asshole enemy placement, where it's just exactly where you want to jump. Exactly. It's kind of like it embodies the, like, hammer throw from the Hammer Bros. Just like, okay, how, how, where, where is the opening here? This is so frustrating, but that's what he's supposed to be, and I kind of love him for that. And, like, it's just a piranha plant. And yet, he probably has the biggest fan base out of any character in the game. Just because of how ridiculous of a pick that is. Plant gang! For life. And on top of that, he's still so fun to play as. His moves hit so hard, embodying that fact of when you get hit in a 2D Mario game, like, you got two hits and you're dead. The insane damage that can come out from his poison breath and how that can basically kill you at zero if your shield is broken. I love that so much. If you mess up that badly, you're just dead. Uh, but yeah, I also love that he has, like, really wacky weaknesses, because again, it's still Mario. You can circumvent these things. Uh, I love that he, if, when he extends his hitbox, you can still hit him out of it. Mm -hmm. It's it's hilarious to spike a Piranha Plant from halfway across the stage. Yes. Because he uses down be poorly. He's a character that I feel like, okay, this is actually okay to be a campy character. Because that's what Piranha Plants are. They're stationary. Why, why would a Piranha Plant be moving around? They're, they're plants. I find it funny that the best represented mario character is fucking piranha plant <laughs> i agree with that wholeheartedly just like he represents it's everything about the piranha plant species their unique little interactions even little bits of like paper mario with the poison breath and the putrid piranhas the idea of Petey piranha being the boss of them as well as referencing their big momented smash brothers with his giant cages it was a sucky boss fight, but yeah. Oh, it's an awful boss fight, but like, there was a big spotlight for the piranha plant species. Like, in Viridi's uh, little rant where she goes on and is like, there's piranha plant, fiery piranha plant, patooey, mega patooey, smilax, mega smilax. It's like, there's so much of this that was considered for no reason other than just, yeah, let's make a really, really fun moveset out of this. And it is a, a really fun moveset. It shouldn't be, but it is. Piranha Plant's that, like, the big reason why I want those, like, trade a Greninja for, like, uh, uh, Helio, no, not Helio, that's, that's too, that's too easy. Uh, what, what's a, for a Klefki. <laughs> Just make a moveset out of that. 
Because when they just take these random things and make movesets out of them, uh, it's, it's Jigglypuff. I almost want to put Piranha Plant next to Jigglypuff. That, that's how much I love this moveset. That's a tough sell for me. Like, it's good, but god, that's a tough sell. I, I know, I, I'm, I'm not dead set on this, but like, that's just how Im- impressed I am by this joke. Because it is another kind of joke. It is a joke, and like, it's weird because it's a multifaceted joke. Whereas Jigglypuff is just one punchline that it keeps telling, and everything is built around that. Like, Jigglypuff is a punchline with all sorts of setups, and Piranha Plant is an overall weaker, but ultimately more varied, uh, comedy set. Yes. Piranha Plant is stand-up, and Jigglypuff is the entire horse in a hospital bit. (laughs) Oh god, can someone do a mod where all of Jigglypuff's sounds are replaced with quotes from John Mulaney? I would really appreciate that. (laughs) Just anytime she sings, it's just a random joke. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> uh, do you feel like Prana Plant fails in any ways as a fighting game character? That's been interesting, because I had him in A tier, because I felt like, yeah, it's, it's Prana Plant. He's, he's doing good. He's doing the joke good. There's another character I think does a joke better. But now I'm looking at him, I'm like, why did I put you this low? And I'm saying that about A tier. I'm like, what was my thought process a couple months ago? That led you to this point. Um. I know he's kind of considered a low tier, but like. He is, but I don't think that matters compared. I don't either. (laughs) Like, his skill set is still fun enough to work on a casual level. Uh, I know that he has some moves that are considered useless. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what his tilts do to really sell him as anything, but that's that's getting into a slight bit of nitpicking, because they're still animated really well. Like, do I feel like he has moves that just don't work? Yes. His up tilt's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Do I think that he has moves that overall subtract from his characterization or his game plan? No, I just think he has bad moves. And that's, that's not an inherent issue to design. Like, Ganondorf's up tilt is an awful move. I love it. Yeah. Like, sure, the up tilt may be weird and just miss people for no reason, but it's also just a little bobblehead that I love so much. Yeah. There's just... It's fascinating how so much love was put into a plant when compared to the rest of the Mario cast, who are arguably the most recognizable video game characters on the face of the planet. Right. Like, the, the fact that if you footstool him while he's crouching... They specifically programmed that inter- that interaction to make him bite you, which never happens, but it's... <laughs> but, like, yeah, just a, just a random attack for no reason, just because, yeah, that's Piranha Plant. I love that half of his alts have a pipe as opposed to the plant that references both eras of Mario. I kind of want to put him next to Jigglypuff. <laughs> Would you put him over Game & Watch? I think so. Because the only thing that's keeping Game Watch out of S tier is because you convinced me that that's as high as he can go. It's just Game Watch inherently kind of doesn't work in a fighting game because, like, if he throws you, it's so hard to tell where he's throwing you because of the way that animation works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to tell where he's running if he's turning around because he has so little animation. Mm-hmm. Game Watch is in A tier because of who he is, and I love him for that. I, I don't feel bad about putting him in A tier. Like, that's as good as he can get. He's still perfect right uh piranha plants like <laughs> it's a jigglypuff situation if you can tell me one thing to bring him down i'll concede on that 
But well, I, I do feel that the, the tilts are there and just the word used for S tier is transcendent. And I'm going, does Piranha Plant embody that word? Because I feel like for every other character we have in S tier, the answer is a definitive yes. I think in terms of, I'd compare it to Rob injecting uh, so much character, personality, and still embodying something so holy. Whereas Rob, it's more of just the, the meta-narrative of it. Piranha Plant is embodying this, the enemy side of Mario that I don't think anybody even considered ever being able to be embodied in the game. Like, you just kind of, like, the green shell as an item is the closest thing I can think of right. that they've had before now. Hmm. But no, Piranha Plant takes all those obstacles and makes it into a fully fleshed out character. All right. Um, let me do. Let me pose one more question. Should this be Goomba? Or is Piranha Plant no. the best option we got? I feel like Goomba is too inherently limited based off of. Well, you know what? No, because Piranha Plants have so much variation in how they appear. Goombas have some. Like sometimes you get like the Tower of Goombas, sometimes they have hats, but the amount of species of Piranha Plants. Like, going back to that Viridi list, there was just dozens and dozens and dozens of things to pull from that really make this, ironically, a celebration of a history of something you don't really think about. And I think that's fascinating. It kind of makes me want, like, other characters like this. Like, take, I, I don't know, like a, I'm trying to think of a Zelda enemy that this would work. Like, take an Octorok. And just all the weird ways that's appeared. Take the shopkeeper from Star Fox Adventures. <laughs> But, like, seriously, like, what what would happen if a space pirate... I would love a space pirate. Okay, yeah. To just take all the weird things they're doing, kind of with that same mentality. All right. I, so Goomba was a trap question to see if you would go, like, the iconography bit, and no, you're really doubling down on that. So I can agree on that. The philosophy's in the right place. I, I, I don't... It, it's either above or below Jigglypuff. Um, not any higher. Uh, who... Which is the better joke? <laughs> Um, I think Jigglypuff's the bare joke, but Piranha Plant has more work put into it. And also, part of me says Jigglypuff should be the bottom of S tier no matter what. <laughs> I, I, I can get behind that. Like, like, Jigglypuff's joke is how it interacts with Smash Brothers itself. Yes. But Piranha Plant is a fully fleshed out, no, this is a joke, but it's it, we're serious this time. Yep. All right, yep, I could put him there. I wouldn't consider him above Fox in any regard, but... I, w I wouldn't either, I wouldn't either. Yeah. But yeah. It's so funny that the S-tier Mario character, it's it's the plant. Yeah. It's just the plant. There's not even one in A-tier, it just goes S-B. <laughs> oh, you tried. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm so happy about that. Oh, this is delightful. All right. Uh, next up, next up. So, we did a... 50-minute design dorks on Joker already. Yep. Years and years ago, you can find it here. Here. I, uh, first episode. I'll, I'll try to remember to put a card there, but I yeah, probably no, no, won't. Yeah, no, no, You know, annoy <laughs> us in the comments. Give us the timestamp so that we can add it in yes, post. please. <laughs> uh, but to, to briefly summarize our take on Joker. Well, thank and God you just, remember it because I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I do kind of. Joker in Smash Brothers is kind of an advertisement for the 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 flair and the 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 style of what Persona 5 is. Yes. 
just he, he's he's prim he's proper he's he's jumping around he's got all these cool effects he's got one of the best final smashes in the game which is kind of cheating because it's just a one-to-one translation but persona 5 style is just that good what are you gonna do oh, please i love that they add the sparkles coming out of the enemy instead of blood like that's such a cute little detail i'm so glad they committed it, it is quite nice joker however is an he's an intro we, we've talked about this a lot with the other jrpg protagonists where Instead of embodying their characters, they embody their games. In Joker's case, more of, like, showing off what people generally like about their games. Because even with, like, trying to embody his games, what he is in Smash Brothers isn't really how Persona 5 works. Right. Persona 5 as a game is that when you enter into combat, you're, like, fully good to go. Kind of going back to, like, that Ridley kind of thing. Like, he'd respawn and be, like, fully fresh and ready to kill you. Uh, Persona games, you have to macromanage your your stamina. You have to pick and choose where you should use your abilities. And if you go too far in the dungeon, you go, you try too hard, you're you're just screwed. Right. And and Joker is just this weird embodiment of the idea of the rebellion narrative yes. of Persona, of being of taking abuse and becoming stronger by over like facing it head on mm-hmm. and staying true to yourself he's the idea of the persona awakening rather than the, the 90 hours after it yes yes which which it, it does work for what it is but i feel like joker is a almost a bayonetta level case of just pure pure missed potential uh, i made a quick concept years ago that i'm, I'm trying to remake fairly recently just kind of tie it to showing off the the persona 5 dancing video we did just kind of leave it as a <laughs> yeah. spiel at the end Alrighty. Which, uh, if you haven't watched that, please do. It was fun to make. Uh, but I feel like there was such a missed opportunity by Joker having a... Giving him a pseudo-pocket ability of if he's hit by a move, he absorbs it, and then can summon a persona of that move to hit the other character with it. I feel like that would have been such a perfect way of showcasing the the wild card ability that every persona char- character uses. Like, sorry, persona main character uses. And embodying that in Smash, because that's what you do in Persona. You fight enemies, and then you bring them to your side and use them against more enemies. And I love that. I feel like that could have been such a fascinating character design. I do feel like Joker is also a bit wrong in terms of how he's portrayed. Because Joker is a... he is a self-insert character, so he can be portrayed in a lot of different ways in the Persona games. He can be this, uh, by-the-books, kind of just stereotypical JRPG leader of like, yeah, let's do this, everybody. Or he can be an absolute troll which is hilarious to do. He's also got this uh, kind of a, a darker, more violent... Uh, Persona's an M-rated game for good reason. Yeah. Like, a lot of terrible things happen in that game. Yeah. But Joker is a lot more violent than what he's portrayed in Smash Bros. He's got this very gentleman thief anime protagonist that is, it doesn't quite get the, the grit of Persona across. It's odd because it gets across the idea of his mask, the idea of Arsene Lupin. It it works very well in that sense, but it doesn't quite hit the effing adults sort of pain and rebellion that Persona casts get put through. Exactly, exactly. Like, I feel like th- this is a nitpick, I will admit, but Joker does not use a dagger like a dagger. The whole point of having a knife is to stab people over and over again before they have, like, the chance to react. Mm-hmm. And you just you just don't get that. He feels like another just Marth with how he kind of spaces with his back air, oh. with his forward tilt. Oh, I, just... I can't call him that. All of his tilts are fantastic. His knife twirl especially is so much fun. His knife twirl is 
Correct. That's what it should be. But like, I don't like his aerials. I don't like his- Like he literally has that triple stab that you want Marth to have with the with the epee or the rapier. Yeah, but like that's why Marth should have it because he's all about that flair. Joker's not- uh, See, I think- it, it, It's- I feel like stylistically, Joker is that. Joker yes, is yes. like- if you look at a cutscene in Persona 5, the opening cutscene specifically where Joker is doing the casino heist, you very much get the sense of what Smash Brothers is taking out of it. It's taking that sequence, it's taking that cutscene, it's taking that over-the-top nature of it and that theatricality of it all. The issue is... That sequence is, like, very, very, very specifically portrayed in that way for spoiler reasons yeah, to be an act. Yeah. So, it's it, it's odd, because then, yeah, it fits in with the UI of Persona, it fits in with- it almost fits in with the romanticization of the Phantom Thieves. Like, if you asked- Yeah. If you asked- This is Joker designed by Ryuji. This is Joker designed by Mishima. <laughs> Oh, is it better? <laughs> like, if you had an in-universe fanboy of the Phantom Thieves design the leader of the Phantom Thieves, and you said, yeah, they have, like, the super form, they'll be like, oh, and they use their repressed emotions to fight, and when their backs are against the wall, they come out with even more strengths. I'm just laughing because you basically just said that Sakurai is just Mishima, but grown up. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Futaba would call Sakurai an NPC. Oh my god. <laughs> she totally would! Uh, uh, but yeah, J Joker isn't- I, I do have him in Mixed. He is- he's the only ultimate character I have in Mixed right now. Like, like he's a little one in C. I could probably put some more below that, but I, I feel so similar to Bayonetta because I look at him and I'm fine with it, but like, there's so much more potential. Like, imagine his- if his smash attacks involved his gun. Because that's what the uh, gun was for in Persona. You you trip people up and it allows you to do the all attacks. Mm -hmm. So imagine if his smash attacks were just like, he shoots down in both directions and if he hits somebody, it trips them and it immediately transitions into that like, like a really quick heavy slash where he just instantly darts behind them using that, uh, when you're stealth in Persona games, using that animation of just darting from cover to cover. Just being like, oh, I got you, you're dead. Or something like that. I, I see that. I really don't like how he doesn't, like, rip masks off in any way. Like, I understand, like, he can't rip off, like, Yoshi's face. That would look wrong. But that animation isn't anywhere in his moveset. I, just, like, pulling energy for someone or something. It's, he should have Snake's not grab, but his holding animation, where he has them behind. Yes. And, like, he should have his dagger to their throat. And, like, you could hit them with the butt of the dagger to, to be Smash Brothers. That's okay. But... Like, I, 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 I wish he shanked them. Yeah, I do too. I understand why he can't, you can't have Joker shank Peach. I understand that. Oh no, Peach you, you're going to pay for your sins. <laughs> oh God, Isabel. Just, <laughs> it's okay, just have her I, have I, like I a smile, like be. she applauds when she, he stabs her. It'll be okay. Oh God. <laughs> you're like, good job. You got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just picturing Pac-Man's unchanging expression. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe part of it, I, I, I kind of do actually want to put him next to Bayonetta now, because maybe part of it is just like, yeah, ratings, but like, come on, <sighs> there's so much that jo Joker, I, I get why they did, it fits how he's portrayed, but Joker is a much, much more, frankly, violent character, I don't feel like it's fair to Persona games, like, I, 
The only thing that's like preventing me from giving spoiler, like like telling outright, is that it would be spoilers. But like the most fucked up things happen in Persona games. Oh, oh, I can't yeah. stress that enough. Um, admittedly, I have Joker in B because, like, even in spite of his outrageous potential, I think that as a fighting game base, he still does incredible work. Like, I don't have the feeling that I have with Bayo that Joker is entirely predictable. Like, yes, he has up air loops, but I feel like that even fits the Persona games because you hit at a weak point and then it's a once more situation. This is true, this is true. Bayonetta has that gameplay lacking really hard. Yeah, I, Joker has this wonderful, wonderful flow to him, where, like, if you're playing Persona well, your opponent should not get a turn. You look at the enemy, do they have wings? I shot them once, now they're down. That's an issue with Persona 5 itself, but moving on. And then you just continue on, you snipe the weakness, and you keep going, and Joker has this wonderful, wonderful flow to him when you get going that just works super, super well and fits in with uh, the style and flash of the uh, Persona 5 UI. Like, everything that Inkling is missing in their personality, Joker has in spades. And, uh... You know, do I think, like, yeah, he is a much more violent character? Yes, but also he's kind of a prick, and, like, anyone who has an option, even a even a thought, for a response to be you, Jelly, and this to be their character, I go, no, 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 that, that, that tracks. Uh, my question on that side is, can you imagine this incarnation Joker saying pillage, just, you know what I'm talking about, pillage him? Oh yes, I I don't get, I don't I don't get that from this one. He he's too he's too clean. You're right. There's there's specific artwork of him, like especially with the unhinged smile, the blood dripping down his face, that I could never see this incarnation ever truly reaching. But then I have to remind myself, Smash Bros. is a game for good boys and girls. And like, oh, yeah. that's that's harder to represent than please just give Bayonetta her actual weapons. This is true. This is true. I can work with mixed. I can't justify putting him lower than Bayo. I, and you are talking me up a little bit just with how you've been describing this. Ah, hmm. like I think ultimately Joker is a fun design. Does it work entirely? No, I think Arsene is too much of a presence. Like, I, I agree that the Personas should be a good presence, but at the same time, Personas are the strength of Bonds, and that isn't represented at all, so, bleh. Uh, j- just to throw out, as well, this is the one character that the reuse animations really just annoy me. Like, I, I've mellowed on Hero over the years, mm-hmm. but Joker Joker is just, you, you bring a, a new type of weapon, a new type of style, and that's Falco's forward smash. Why? Also, just a nitpick, but Arsene's wings are animated weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. Well, how would you feel about the top of mixed? I can, I can fit with that because I don't, I don't want to quite go pretty solid because my problems with him are stronger than that. But you've convinced me on like how he embodies Persona Five gameplay. There, there's a groundwork there that's good. Mm-hmm. Like Joker, I feel like I would want to see how someone would change up his specials. Basically, like. I understand keep grappling hook, that's totally fine, but I feel like everything else you could change around and experiment with more. Because yeah, th- there's so much. You could 
you could call in other phantom thieves to assist you. You could use... There's so many kinds of thieves tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have come at some kind of command grab with, um, again, ripping the mask off of them. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, There's just... there, There is... There is so much room. Like, I ca- like compared to the bottom of B tier right now, which is Young Link, I don't feel a need for Young Link to meet that potential. Right. I desperately want it with Joker, and I also feel like he doesn't capture large swaths of his personality. Part of that may be, yes, because it's a kid's game, but I don't I don't feel like that justifies it. I feel like you could have found a way. If you can have the, the bone-breaking power of Ridley Skewer and just some of the like sound effects from that, there was, there was room. If Snake can show off his personality, then Joker can. Yes. And, like, literally the only thing you lose from Snake is a cigarette and monologues about how scary the proliferation of nuclear waste and the disappearance of Muff are. (laughs) Just imagine, like, the entire time Snake was... There were just coded calls randomly thrown out, just, like, talking about random problems in society. (laughs) I kind of love that. (laughs) You know, Otacon, cancel culture is becoming a real problem. Problems in the game industry are really something that should be real dealt with. Have you heard about Activision and Blizzard lately? Huh. Okay, if, if just the uh, if the Metal Gear cast just stayed on with Ultimate and just updated like a new, a new cycle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but but can I give it to the top? I don't want to put him any lower than Ryu and Ken. You 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 sold me on like the gameplay side of things being fine, but I just I don't want to put him in B. Yeah, that's that's okay by me. All right, all right. Cool. And if you want to hear more about our thoughts, go watch that Design Dorks episode. We talked about a lot of things. Yep. I don't know if I stand by them anymore, but I also don't know them anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's been a while. All right. Uh, next up, I have said some mean things about Hero. I will confess. From a first impression, from what I saw of that character... I, I was not impressed. I was seeing so many just generic animations from sword fighters. I, I wasn't quite sold on the mana gimmick. It just felt like a bunch of things thrown together. I just, I didn't, I didn't really like the character. <laughs> then, I, then I played as Hero. I, I mentioned with Mr. Game Watch that I love characters with, with stupid bullshit. Uh, stupid bullshit is what Hero is as a character. Yeah. And uh, I, I love him for that. He's one of my favorite characters to play. Anytime I'm playing Smash Brothers, there's always a question in my in my mind. Just half the time, I'm going between, like, characters I enjoy. Like, okay, there's Bowser, there's DDD, there's Ridley. But then the other half of my brain is like, okay, but what if I just played Hero instead? Yeah. Because he, he plays not necessarily so differently, but the vibe of his playstyle is so different. Because it, it, it's a gamble with so many of his things. Like, oh, here's his, four, his Smash Attacks. Yes, maybe you die from this. Maybe you don't. Whack and Thwack are some of my favorite moves in this game. If I made a top 10 list of my favorite moves in Smash Brothers, I feel like six of them would be Hero. That's fair. Just because of how this, the stupid stuff that he can do is so much fun. The fact that Metal Slash exists pretty much for the sole purpose of punishing other heroes for no reason is like one of the dumbest but most fun little details. The fact that Kaklang exists, like, you're never going to find that like directly above a character. That's solely because. You were mashing the button too fast, you used it, and now how good is your opponent's accounting to four? Just, let's see. I love that so <laughs> yes. much. And the rare times you actually do kill with Kukling, it feels like the dirtiest move you've ever done. But please, and Kamikaze in general, on that same note, like, it's so avoidable, it's so disrespectful. God, is it fun. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, he does have generic animations, but the more I've learned about Dragon Quest, that that's kind of... Dragon Quest characters, protagonists in general, are 
I'm not saying this as a bad thing, a knock against them. They establish this character of the blank self-inserts, and that's just what they are. So I, the more I've learned about them, the more that just hasn't bothered me. Like, obviously, there's room to be different, but I don't feel a need for them to be different anymore. Yeah, there's, they're literally an empty D&D character sheet with a couple fill-in backgrounds. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the way they're characterized doesn't really bother. Yeah, sure, they have Buster Throw, but I don't mind. Sure, they're... Get the guy who designed them made Goku. I don't mind that physicality. Yeah. There are some things that I do feel are a bit lacking for them, though. I could agree, yeah. I feel like the um the inherent chaos of having to take your eyes off of them and look at the bottom of the screen is just... A, I don't know how I would fix that, but I feel like that is a mistake. Like, maybe put, like, the, the icons next to Hero and not just... <laughs> You just have to memorize what the icons mean. Have like a shulk thing that just puts four random icons around him. He's like, uh, is that, uh, Wackerthwack? Uh, oh crap, Kamikaze and Flare Blitz looks, look, Flare Blitz? Yes, Kaboom. yes, Flare Blitz. I don't Blitz. know why that happened. <laughs> Hero has Flare Blitz now. Why not? But just do something like that. Having to like, oh no, here comes Hero with this. Look his... down. He's randomly selected gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Hocus Pocus just used a random move. Yes. That'd also be pretty great. Oh, it literally just metronome? I'd love it. But yeah, these are, these are I, I have Hero in A tier right now, uh, I, and I, that's because I do feel like those inherent parts of his, that there, there's just fighting game problems with him that need to be, have a once-over, they need to have a UI overhaul with just, oh, totally. like, how, like, the fact that, how, how Shulkot is Madonna's select, that needs to, they need to have, like, that kind of redo with Hero, but, oh, I just love him so much. <laughs> the fact that uh, Hero has the issue of the region that you're playing the game in and your ability to learn languages will inhibit your ability to play is admittedly debilitating. Like, from a yeah. fighting game standpoint, that's... You're not going to overcome that. I, I have poor eyesight. I need glasses. I cannot play as Hero. Well, no. Playing as Hero is a very different experience, depending on if I wear my glasses or not. Right, right. Because, like, there is a fun thing of just picking a language you don't understand. And just trying to play like that. Oh, absolutely. My issue is that you can't... I, I find that if you can't physically play a fighting game character, that's okay. Someone can. If you can't physically play against a fighting game character, that's a problem. Yes, absolutely. And I feel that Game & Watch has this to a lesser extent, but Hero has it to the most pronounced extent. I, I would agree. I do enjoy them significantly. I like... All the little details. I love the crit. I love that their forward tilt is the shield bash to represent them blocking. That's a really cute touch. I even like that all of their attacks are super generic. Like, yeah, that's that's the point. Dragon Quest is supposed to be your attacks are generic but have some power. And then when you actually need to be serious, you go down to your spell list. I think that mana is one of the most elegant solutions to a resource. It feels good, it lets him have very strong and very fun attacks. Like, even taking the command menu aside, his various spells, which all have three tiers of charge, that would be incredible on any other character, are still great here, and are balanced very well by, like, Kazap being this monster of an attack, but you can only do it twice per stock, and it takes away your recovery until you charge up. I think he might be my favorite resource character. Just throwing that out. I have one better, but he is very good. 
I think that just in general, he translates the feel of Dragon Quest incredibly well. And that's by far the most important thing you could do with him. Because, like, who else are you going to get from Dragon Quest? The answer is Silvando. There is a right response, everyone. <laughs> Please respect Silvando. If you don't know him, look him up. He is the best, my god. But Hero's really reverent. Hero's really fun. Hero, you get a different vibe from Hero. Like, you pick Hero to play Hero in the same way that, like, you pick Snake to play Snake. He has a very distinctive feel to him, whereas, like, you could pick Fox or Pikachu and still get a kind of similar vibe. There's just little bits of preference here and there. Hero is wholly unique and wholly special, and I do really, really respect him for that. Agreed, agreed. Uh, where does he land for you? I have him at the bottom of A tier. I think that as a celebration of Dragon Quest, he does an exceptional job. Like, he's basically able to sell the series despite having zero character, despite being four different characters. All of them have a personality of, well, this one has a rat at least. <laughs> and yet he's still able to convey that. Like, that's, that's good design to me. And the, the things that weigh him down are, admittedly, huge debilitating problems. But uh, from a core, from a casual perspective, that doesn't hit him at all. Like, casual hero is about as perfect of a representation as you can get. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Hmm. So I would either put him at the bottom of A or start debating him with the group of Mario Cloud Jr. I, th I think hero has that fatal flaw, but I feel like... That's the only flaw. Like, I, I like how his how his damage recharges his mana. It's a good way of having a resource management while still making it manageable. Ah, uh, hmm. And just as a side, God, the music selection sucks. I get why it's Dragon Quest music. <laughs> it's a copyright nightmare. But yeah, it is terrible. Yeah, totally agreed. Yeah, doesn't affect him at all. But I had to say it because I. I, I as much as fun as a meme song of da 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 da, da is God. Yeah, I, I think I would argue for the bottom of A because once you get into the B tier, you get into people that are missing things or something. Things are wrong. Hero's got a uh, fundamental UI issue, but that if that were changed, I, I might argue for S tier because mm -hmm. I, I feel like his design is still fantastic. I do, I do agree with that. I'm trying to think of how I would move things around and if that would be a level of personal preference. But no, I think in illustrating the Dragon Quest hero, he does, you know, a great job. You know, I, I think, like, I could put him into B tier, but, like, thinking on it, like, somewhere after midnight in my wildest fantasy, somewhere just beyond the reach, there's someone reaching back for me. Racing on the thunder and rising with the heat... It's going to take a Superman to sweep me off my feet. I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero <laughs> till the end of the night. He's got to be strong, and he's got to be fast, and he's got to be fresh from the fight. And I think more would get this video taken down. <laughs> uh, but do you want him at the very bottom, or...? It's such a fundamental <laughs> issue. It is, but at the same time... Uh, it, it, it's such a weird... Uh, Side problem. Yeah, I, I can I can get to the I, yeah, e yeah even yeah. even 
then I still feel like, you know, Hero is a very solid base design around his attributes, but I still feel boxing with Hero isn't fun. Like, using his neutrals is not fun. And there's a reason for it, and I respect the reason, it's why he's higher up, but, like, if I just looked at the A moves of everyone in A tier, Hero is, like, by far the bottom. This is true, yeah, yeah. Hell, if you look at most it, of the A moves just in B stuff tier, from other characters. like, it works, I understand, it's not even that it's just repurposed, it's that they're boring. It, yeah. It's that crits... When they happen, feel good, but nothing else in Hero's standard moveset feels good to hit. It's just the big red button. But that's for a reason, and god do they do the most they can with the big red button. Uh, agreed, agreed. Okay, yeah, bottom of A tier, I can get down for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up is Banjo and Kazooie. Now, this is another game that I haven't played much of. So I'm just going to turn this over to you. How do you how do you feel about Banjo? Cool. So uh, Banjo-Kazooie is my second favorite game of all time. And it would take an act of not one, but multiple gods to probably change that. God, from, from a perspective of impact, which I feel like has to be the first thing said about this character, I'm so happy they're here. Like, this was the impossibility of impossibilities. And the fact that it not only happened, but happened as a continuation of the celebration of King K. Rule and the idea of Rare and this added acceptance and joy and celebration of everything that made the Rare and Donkey Kong universe special. Yeah, yeah, that feels pretty good, man. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I missed the initial reveal. I just heard the little clink clank. Like I didn't see there was a jiggy. So I thought, is that Dixie Kong's hairpin? So then was the Banjo silhouette, it was like, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, ultimately that is fun. How do I feel about Banjo-Kazooie in this game? Now, I know a lot of people go on this character and say that they're boring. That they're pretty standard, that of the DLC characters, they are the ones with the least sauce. That, uh, they, they work, but, uh, they're not for me. And, like, they should be more fun and dynamic and aggressive and look at their explosive personalities. Why Why isn't that more represented? And to which I say, bro, you played a Banjo game ever? Like, I think that their interpretation, while not perfect, is sublime. Banjo is the most laid back of all these sort of 3D platforming protagonists. He sort of meanders around his levels, going at his own pace, with his little burst movement options, going around, collecting things, picking up stuff, like, he's he's a cozy, laid back, lazy bear. And he's just doing fun cartoon shenanigans. I think that Wonder Wing is one of the best moves in the game from a representation standpoint. And when we said that they're the best resource management character, I think, or Hero was, I think that Wonder Wing surpasses that. Because Wonder Wing not- I can see that. Wonder Wing not only works from a resource management standpoint of you have this incredibly, incredibly powerful move, but limited uses for it. It works so perfectly for Banjo-Kazooie and represents that collectathon element of them. Because Banjo-Kazooie is a resource management game. You go around and you use your eggs and your feathers and your golden feathers, and when you run out of them, you gotta walk around the level and find more. 
And golden feathers are exceptionally rare in Banjo. You'll only find them in groups of one or maybe two, and you go through them like that, and you have a maximum of ten in the game. This is a really elegant way of using your ability to basically cheat the mechanics of the game that's built into Banjo, but you can only do that a limited number of times. And then when you die and your lives reset, you collected more. And that's really cool to me. I think that it's a perfect, perfect risk-reward move that your opponent is constantly baiting you to try to use, and you're looking for the exact right opportunity to use. I think uh, as long as Banjo has Wonderwing, he's an incredibly engaging character to fight. And I think from a playstyle perspective, Banjo straddles the line between uh, camping and zoning really, really well, because Banjo is... Banjo's too slow to camp. He can't avoid you. His airspeed is awful. He's too casual and laid back, but he can zone you out and come on at just the right time. Banjo is trying to let you dictate the game at his own kind of lazy pace, and it's fun. Banjo feels like a character who was introduced in Brawl, and then brought to the forefront and modernized through Ultimate. Like, he feels like he's been a Smash Brothers character that's been here forever. And honestly, I just, I just really love him. He just works on every level for me, from his sound design, which is perfect, absolutely perfect. You had to do one thing, and you did it. From his animations, where the Briegel Bash is still one of the most fun moves in the game. Uh, I think that he is one of the most dynamic sorties in the game with his poking tools, because he can still box. He has all of the advantages of Marth with all of the things that Krom and Ike are asking for. And just, yeah, I think he's great. I think he's the best animated character in the game. Just every single one of his animations shows off so much personality and heart through both of the characters. From his, from his ledge teeter to how he, how Kazooie looks terrified at the blast zone as Banjo rockets towards it. Yes. Uh, the ledge grab animation is phenomenal. Yes. Uh, the, the strongman pose that he makes when he perfect shields. Like, there's, there's just so much. Oh, I love my little uh, cartoon boys. And one's a girl. I will admit that I also don't enjoy playing as or against them, but I don't think that's really a nuke against their their design. Well, see, that's the issue, I, because I, I like I, them. <laughs> I like playing as them. <laughs> Do you have them in A or S tier? It sounds like it's one of those two for you. I have them in A. Okay. I, I do as well. I do as well. Even having not played the Banjo games, I can. it's easy to look at these characters and just immediately understand who they are, immediately understand their games, and fall in love with them if you don't pay too much attention to... How many projectiles are getting thrown in your face? Even then, I th I still think that their hatred is overblown. I think that they have one of the less oppressive projectile games in the game. I do. I, I feel like that hatred is just... There there's a weird subset of people that seem hell-bent on, like, mocking people for wanting this character in the game. Which I don't... Get a life. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, he's Banjo. Do I think that maybe... They could have something where, like, they gather resources, or, like, if you didn't use egg for a while, it could change into fire egg, or ice egg, or grenade egg. Yeah, I think so. I think that I would have preferred to have all the eggs centralized into B, and then let uh, the current uh, egg lay 
be something else entirely. I don't know, maybe maybe the bill drill, maybe dragging Kazooie, maybe the snooze pack or the shack pack. But ultimately, I think that they're still really, really good and really, really fun. And they're just having fun with the tools that they have while having a very solid, almost kind of throwback to a Smash 64 character uh, in how their normals function. I, I do want to double down to just like, I love how he feels like he's always been here. It's it's just, it feels right. Yes. I, I never even considered the fact that he's kind of continuing on that rare legacy from K. Rule, mm-hmm. but it just makes me love that trailer that much more. As long as like the grand finale of just like everybody's here celebrating. His year. It's just, it's so... It's wholesome. Oh, 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 dude. I love it. When K. Rool fell into the pit and his outline was shaped like Gruntilda from Banjo-Kazooie when she falls off of her lair, I screamed. <laughs> like, that's actual perfection. Uh, where, where, where exactly in A tier? I'm kind of feeling that. I'm looking at Isabel and Link right now and feeling somewhere in that range. I am too. I am too. I mean, I can go higher because I love Banjo. But I feel like your assessment will be more accurate from someone who's not obsessed with the continued legacy of this character. Well, well, just from what you had described with like the different eggs and stuff, it sounds like Banjo is a character that has more potential that could be reached. And I, I do feel like that is something to be measured with these characters. Mm-hmm. And I look at the characters above that, like Pokemon Trainer, that's three characters in one, all of whom have fulfilled different roles. That's amazing. Kirby is inherent simplicity that can be made changed in so many different directions based on who he copies. I think that's also amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pac-Man and Game Watch goes to that question. So I feel like right between Pokemon Trainer and Isabel is where I would slot them. I think I can agree with that. Like my only debate is with Pokemon Trainer because some of the moves on the Pokemon I would change. And you know, I, I could agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. And just, there's so much to Banjo's animations that I absolutely love, but like... You know what? No, no. Those animations are the best in the game. I'll put him above Pokemon Trainer. All right. All right. Good. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting him above Kirby, so... I, I wouldn't either. Like, like, there's what? 80 characters in this game? He can copy all of them? Oh my god, like, Kirby's wow. copy of Banjo, where he has a plush of Kazooie? Yes! Oh my gosh! Oh, it's the best thing ever. Okay. All right, but definitely one of the best characters in the game. I would from a design perspective. I, I would agree with that, and I would I would fight people in the parking lot over it. So, <laughs> uh, building off of that, next we have Terry. Uh, Terry was a character I did not know existed until that little leak that there was a character from uh, I I can't SNK. remember the name of it. SNK. Thank you, thank you. That's how literal <laughs> exp- ex- bleh, exposure. I have to that company, just completely off my radar based on the games I played as in my childhood. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know who he was. I was not hyped for him. But Terry is one of those... Uh, Terry is the perfect Smash Brothers inclusion for me. Because it teaches me so much about this corner of history of, of video games that I knew nothing about. It's not something that's happened for a while for me, just because as I've gotten older, I've just learned more about video games. Right. It was so nice just seeing this... Like, how many King of Fighters games are there? It's like a, f- a 15th one coming out soon? Yes. Yes, there is. I, I have to yeah, remember because this... they used to name them by year, so. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, so King of but Fighters 98 this... is a game that exists. <laughs> but just seeing this massive outpour of history of something I'd never heard about, it's why it might be my favorite thing about Smash Brothers, because Smash Brothers what got me into, into, into Metroid, Fire Emblem, uh, Pokemon, actually. 
Uh, I didn't play Mario before that, I didn't play Zelda, I didn't play most of these games. The only one that surpassed this was Kirby. I guess, let's, hey you Pikachu, but I don't want to <laughs> count that. Nah, nah, you gotta do it, you gotta do it, you knew who this guy was. He, you, he talked to you, he was your friend. Did he talk to me? I don't feel like he ever responded. He said Pika. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I love Terry. Uh, we, we talked about him a lot when discussing the Shotos. He is the Shoto done right. Absolutely. Like, translating these fighting game kind of mechanics into Smash Brothers, he flows so much better. Yeah, whereas Ryu and Ken feel like concessions to their design to be Street Fighter 2, Terry feels like a Smash character who has a fighting game moveset. Yes, absolutely. Like, the way that Terry moves through platforms, he doesn't he doesn't feel inhibited by the fact that there are platforms there. He would rather do a one-on-one -on -one brawl, but he has so many tools. I, I feel like the nature of Rising Tackle, just being this solid charge move, is so much fun and so dynamic and always gives him a threat while he's moving on the ground. That the Shotos don't really have because they have to move in low bursts, but Terry... It feels right to see Terry run, whereas it only feels right to see uh, Ryu and Ken dash along the ground. This is I've never thought about that, but it's, their run animation just feels wrong. Yeah. And that's probably why. I love just uh, being introduced to Terry through Smash Brothers. Just, I love this stupid guy. Just his, his weird accents that I can't quite understand what he's saying. It is America. Uh, it is the accent of America. It is the accent of America from somebody who doesn't know what an American accent actually sounds like. One, well, absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I've told you the backstory of the Buster Wolf before, right? Uh, I don't think so, actually. Okay, so when uh, the future producer of the King of Fire series was visiting America, he was working on Garou Mark of the Wolves, which is a uh, KOF game. Uh, it takes place as an older Terry raising uh, Geese Howard's son, Rock Howard. Uh, he was visiting a theme park in Los Angeles, which uh, most people will probably assume is Splash Mountain from uh, Disneyland. And he got absolutely drenched on the ride. Like, he got soaked head to toe. And as he's getting out of the ride, some small American child points at him and yells, Are you okay? <laughs> and he, that... That moment <laughs> stuck with him so much that it became Terry Super. Oh, that is my favorite thing ever. I'm, I'm dragging him up a, t a place from where he was in my tier list just for that. <laughs> it, Terry, it, Terry's personality is just America. It is the I, someone else's idea of an American brawler. Put up to the nth degree. Loud, proud, powerful, fun-loving. Like, Ken has a personality. Right? Ken, Ken has a personality, yes, but it's not really expressed. Like, you feel it from a surface level, but for the most part, it's he's still fighting game. Terry, you feel his personality in every single move he does. And I don't know if that's just a matter of conveyance of Terry always being better conveyed than the Street Fighter cast, or if it's a matter of Smash Brothers putting in the extra effort. But... God, you just feel so... Terry feels like so much more of a character than his fighting game function. I, I completely agree. It, it's hard to, like, comment on a lot of this, because I've... Even with, like, just exploring the character and stuff from learning about it, I haven't, still haven't played a King of Fighters game. So I don't know how, like, the actual game flow feels. How well he translates that over. Okay, so let, let me do this and say that I play fighting games. I am not good at them. 
I am not good ah. at all. <laughs> I am garbage. But I do like playing Terry. On the occasions, uh, there's a uh, machine and my local uh, amusement center that I haven't been to in years because of the thing that would make that difficult that the world went through. And I'll pop in, and it's an SVC Chaos Machine, and I'll pop in Terry. And you know what? I'm a lot better as Terry now that I play him in Smash consistently. Really? When I see moves in an SNK game, I am able to identify that, okay, they're at this distance, this is where I throw out an anti-air, this is where I start charging Rising Tackle, this is where I can convert with Power Dunk. And it's not one-to-one because the changes of every game... You know, the game changes every time. The system changes. Some moves will become better, some moves will become worse. That's just the nature of fighting games. Mm -hmm. But I'm able to look at Terry's moves, and I'm able to go, in this situation, I should use this move. And that's not something I get with Ryu and Ken. That's not something I get with Judgment Kazi later on. It's something that is exclusive to Terry because of how good his feel in Smash is. And I think that that is what makes him the most exceptional. The fact that you can play Terry in Smash and get past that initial level of discomfort that you would feel from a traditional fighting game based on his Smash appearance. So, uh, would you say that his design transcends Smash Brothers? Hmm? Oh, more than that. I can even go on. I think that Go Sauce is one of the best implemented uh, mechanics in Smash Brothers. Because is it busted that you have these horribly, horribly powerful moves and you could use them all you want? Yeah, it is. But the fact of the matter is, he's only getting that if he's at 100%. If he's at 100% and is in a position where he can use them, then you, the player fighting the Terry, have put him in a position... Where this character, who is not very good at recovering, is playing neutral on the stage at a high percentage. You have ultimately failed to defeat him early, and this is your punishment. I never thought about it like that, but that's absolutely right. It's like, if you gave Little Mac weaker, but ultimately infinite KO punches, it would be the same thing, because often you could kill Mac before he ever gets one. Also true, also true. I I know a lot of people don't like those, like... 100% 100% comeback mechanics a lot of the DLC characters have. I don't agree. Like, it allows that extra special something that, like, really allows them to dig deep into a character's history and show, like, yeah, this is why this character is really cool. I wish more characters had it. I think it's such a beautiful way to uh, introduce super special moves and supers from fighting games in general because you get that same feeling of when you know that they have it, you know that they're always looking for it. And you, the other character, are always pressured into looking for the proper way to bait it. And I'm so glad that Terry's super special moves are so, so easy to bait. They have so much of an opportunity to punish them. And yeah, you do have safe conversions, but it's like a mental chess game of, okay, they're looking for this, so they're looking for the conversion of this. So do I look for them looking for the raw super, or do I look for them looking for the conversion? And that mental chess match is so engaging and so good. Agreed on all counts. Because without saying, I have Terry and S tier. I do as well. That was the transcending comment. Yeah. He, he, he is transcendent. He is absolutely. And I believe that he's a top three character. Oh, whoa. I had him above Rob, but he, you have him, like, is he above Snake for you? I adore Snake. I think he's above Snake. 
All right, all right. Snake appeals to... I would say that Terry is easier to understand than Snake, and I think that Terry is more in your face about it. Like, as much as Snake sells all the fun you can have in the encounter phases and avoiding guards a gameplay of Metal Gear, Terry just is his gameplay, and it's translated super, super well. I don't think that you could have a more loving handling of a third-party character. That is, uh, hmm. I would have to see it to believe it, because I, yeah. Uh, in that case, uh, how do you feel he compares to Captain Falcon? They're they're kind of similar in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Like, when he came out, I think I told you when I was trying to sell you, he's a lot like Captain Falcon. <laughs> I think, like, those were my exact words when you were like, so who is Terry? Uh, yeah. I, no, I remember. I remember. Oh, that, oh, I don't want to put him above Captain Falcon, but he is just, he does kind of just juiced up Captain Falcon at the same time. <laughs> now... Uh, I think that Captain Falcon works with Smash Brothers a little better. I, d I do. I think that Captain Falcon's offstage presence and the way he handles platforms is better than Terry. Okay, okay. I was about to have an existential crisis. I've been like, oh no, do I have to sacrifice my son for like this, the, the new one that comes around? Uh, uh, that said, if Terry had an intro, which was just between him and Ken, and Ken threw Terry's hat to him, then Terry would be above Captain Falcon. No doubt. <laughs> All right, just that one small Th thing. That one small thing, because uh, Terry also has incredible things like his hat falls off during stamina mode. I wish it became an item. I do too. Yeah, I, I do too. I wish you could just wear uh, his I, hat. I will say. I will also say that I feel like Captain Falcon bringing in a racing game and embodying that in a fighting game is does impress me a little bit more than a fighting game bringing a fighting game. Oh, I do agree. I do agree. Like I, he's absolutely. I agree with his placement, but like his. Him nailing it just kind of just makes me judge the other fighting game characters more, more than anything. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 trust me. Like, when I had Ryu and Ken in C tier, I had a good reason for it. And that good reason was Terry. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it when we talked about him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can totally get down for this placement for Terry. Whew, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you can play Capcom vs. SNK2 before we do the comments episode and see how you feel and reflect on that. Okay, okay. Alright, next, okay. Okay. Uh, hmm. Next up is Byleth. They sure are. Yes, they are. Now, how I feel about Byleth is difficult. Because a lot of the reason I dislike this character isn't fair to their design, nor is it really fair to the character themselves. Because I, I, I will... Straight up admit, I dislike Byleth for a lot of the same reasons I dislike Corrin. I feel like the marketing scheme of Fire Emblem in Smash Brothers is kind of pointless, and I really wish that this was used to, like, boost up other series that actually needed it. I feel like the Fire Emblem characters are kind of grossly misrepresented. Like, the characters that get into the game are not the characters that Fire Emblem fans want. And that annoys me. If Byleth was Edelgard, Claude, or Dimitri, I'd like him a lot more. I was just going to say, the same way that was just like speculation for this. Basic, uh, before it was another Fire Emblem rep, most people said, oh yeah, it'll be Edelgard. And I almost think that that was like denial to avoid the idea of Byleth being in the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they just gone like what we were talking about with like Incineroar. Just pick like... Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I had a conversation in one of the comments about just pick one of the villains. 
and just completely flesh them out in a way that Three Houses doesn't do at all. And, like, make them the star of the show for some reason. I would have loved that. Ah, uh, yes, Cronia clowns her way in. Yes, great. <laughs> and then Byleth themselves is just... I don't dislike them nearly as much as Corrin, because Corrin has a character and Byleth does not. I do kind of like that the game recognizes that they're a boring bl- blank slate. But it is It is funny. Like, I, like, I, I like the fact I that people are like, prefer wow, that. wow, you're so boring, but you're the coolest guy, but God, talking to you. <laughs> Or rather not. (laughs) Yeah. And I will admit there is a bit of saltiness because I have nothing to prove this. I feel like at some point in development, Byleth was Monster Hunter. The way that axe swing works is identical to a great sword swing. And just the weapon management is just, I I can't prove it. I can't prove it. It's not fair to judge him on that. I'm not going to let that influence where they're put on the tier list. But I'm still salty. I could feel that. But also if Monster Hunter had this design, I would put them lower. (laughs) Like, I also would. I, I would be upset I just, if this I just was Monster want the Hunter. Music so badly. <laughs> well, you have Roar Rathalos. You don't need anything else. There's so much. No, no, no. I have put thousands of hours into Monster Hunter. You've Xenogre's theme, Teostra's theme, Valstrax's theme. No, Monster no, Hunter fans, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, you're fine. <laughs> you don't. You don't need any of that. You're. You're okay. It, it, you know, it'd be like you know if there was one Donkey Kong song and it was Cave Dweller chant. <laughs> I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> no, trust me. I personally attacked myself right there. You don't know it, but I hurt myself a lot. <laughs> but like I've been saying, I don't have any low tier characters anymore. I still have Byleth. NB. As for all the problems I have with them, I do like what they are going for here. Part of the reason I like that is it kind of feels like a concession. It's like, oh, the Fire Emblem movesets have kind of stunk. Let's try to kind of cram everything into once to make up for it. And I don't, it kind of feels, it kind of hurts in a way just seeing Bioth and being like, oh, there's four really great movesets in here. I wish we had those. Yeah. But I, I do still like the Musa. I like, I, I shared this like with Robin as well, I like how they're slower, I, more methodical. You have to like, you can't rush down, you have to like really plot out and plan like, okay, I need to attack here at this moment with this weapon and that, that I feel like that's good. You're you're choosing the right weapon for the right situation. That's Fire Emblem. Ironically, not Fire Emblem Three Houses, because the weapon triangle doesn't really mean anything in that game. Yeah, no, you're, but- you're right. You could tell Sakurai saw them as a concept art character and just assumed, oh, gameplay will be fine. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like a lot of their moves. They're, like, between Amir, uh, the fully charged fail knots, and just the, the silliness of up B spiking someone that's trying to spike you. Yes. Just the, the no you reverse Uno card, I love that a lot. Byleth is ironically being, they're not my least favorite DLC character, but I still have so much fun playing as them. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, it, it's hard to look past my general ire with how Fire Emblem is treated and look at Byleth as a solid. How do, how do you feel about them? I think that Byleth is a character that is hurt by something completely out of their control, and that's because they're the character hurt most by the idea of everyone is here. If everyone Yo, was not that's here, so true. and there were only three other Fire Emblem characters, if, say, it was only Marth Ike Robin, or Marth Krom Robin, or Marth Ike Krom, Byleth would be a totally okay inclusion. Like, I think the only one who suffers even close to as much is Toon Link, because he has Young Link to directly compare him to. Yeah. Because I feel like Byleth does a really good job at representing Fire Emblem. 
It hits all three major facets of the weapon triangle, plus bows. It uh, has a lot of high committal moves, but also a couple transition moves, like uh, how the Lance has a lot, has uh, super, super specific sweet spots, again, playing into that keeping your opponent at the right distance, just as Marth did, but also has the Side B, which is a very good transition move. I just generally like the feel of it. They have some of the weightiest, most brutal attacks in the game. Uh, admittedly, it would be nice to see those on Ike instead, but, like, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Like, the axe is crunchy as hell, and it feels hell good. Yes. I like the idea of having a different weapon for each direction. That's really, really clever. Ultimately, I think that they serve Fire Emblem better than any other Fire Emblem character aside from maybe Marth. The issue being that they're Byleth both in terms of release, given the history of the Smash Brothers series and what Ultimate is, and their lack of character. I think that a lot could be done with that. I think that the implementation of Sothis drags them down a lot, because... Oh yeah, that final Smash sucks. But you don't love the Gachapon JPEG? Just think of how many oh orbs I... were spent to get that final Smash... That was, oh crap, this character releases, we need to show off this character in a week. What what can we throw together? It should have been like a randomized call of one, either Claude, Idelgard, or Dimitri. Maybe you can even choose which one. That would have been so much better. I agree. And that could change up what the file smash does. Like, you hit them, and then you do an up, down, or neutral input. But Ugh. even that considered, they're really dull as a character, and I feel that Sothis could alleviate that a lot. Like, Sothis could be to Byleth what Doc Lewis is to Little Mac. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and, like, I feel like a lot more of Byleth could be forgiven if Sothis was just constantly shitting on her. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just picturing like, why are you standing in the corner? Go and fight them, coward. Can you win already? We gotta go back to sleep. Uh, I, I do have a few other problems with just, like, Byleth as actually representing Byleth. Mm -hmm. I feel like the fact that they shout out the names of their weapons, like this Xenoblade, is just weird. I, I, I don't like that at all. For such a mute character to be suddenly like, oh, I'm a Pokemon now. Fail not. You're like, oh, if I yell the name of the dead god bones in my weapon, it'll be stronger. I also know that, um, I don't care. To be clear, but Byleth is more of a a brawler in uh, like Fire Emblem Three Houses. Mm -hmm. Like their 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 signature class has them brawling. Yep. Like Fisticuffs is part of them, and they just don't have that in their moveset. Yeah, I I get that it's impossible based on them being an early build character, but like this moveset would be different if they were released last year. Yes, it would. Overall, I I I think they're fine. Like I'm glad that there's. A proper Fire Emblem character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which, it only took you I, seven or eight tries. Robin was a good try, but it needs work. But now we got, we finally got, like, we got axes, we got lances. I just, I, there's a part of me that would rather have work be done for three Fire Emblem characters. Like, put Claude, Edelgard, Dimitri all in. Oh, that's some dangerous talk. I mean, but I would kind of like that more. It would, sh Fire Emblem as it is in Smash Brothers shows off like, hey, look at all these boring characters they have no personality and it just it just frustrates me because i feel like the ire that fire emblem gets is justified based on how it's showcased and it's not fair 
They just keep choosing the blandest picks possible. I agree. But e- even then, when you consider, like, if I asked you, who are the three best Smash Brothers Fire Emblem characters in Feel? I- <laughs> They're the blandest ones. Well, I, d- well I, I would say Marth, Ike, Byleth. And then I would say, okay, who are the best at representing Fire Emblem or the most important? And I would say Marth, Robin, Byleth. Like, Byleth is always the bronze medal of Fire Emblem to me. I'd agree with that, yeah. Like, Marth, Ike, Byleth, Robin feels like the... If Smash Brothers gets, like, rebooted but doesn't go for, like, some drastically different representation for Fire Emblem... It's just trying to bring things back. Those are the four you look at. Like, okay, priorities, right there. Yes, and you could you could argue Crom. I'll, I'll I'll let an argument for Crom. Like Crom and I can fight it out. There's a correct choice, but yes, but Awakening. Now Robin showcases Awakening, but I I don't know. I I have Byleth and B again, just because I feel like they're fine. I I do too, because like, everything design-wise except for their final smash I feel is very very solid, and everything that's wrong with them is not their fault as a fighting game character. Like, they're- they're if Corrin worked and wasn't as offensive. I can kind of see that. Uh, not- well, no, Corrin is still- even if Corrin did work, they're just showcasing what's special about them. You're right. Byleth is showcasing the massive swaths of, like, what Fire Emblem is in a single moveset. And I do respect Byleth for that. Yes. Uh, um, I, I put them on the higher end of B tier, because, like, again, there's not, there's not much wrong about them. They're just fine. I can't... Where, 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 where are you looking at right now? I'm looking, as I usually do, at our good friend, Greninja. Our good boy who lets us make wise and practical decisions on his identity of he's done really well, but it's just a ninja frog. I, I do feel like Byleth is definitely better. Yeah, okay. But Byleth serves a purpose far, far better than Greninja does. Yeah, you're right. And I, 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 res- I respect what Byleth is doing. You're right, but, like... I, I might put them above Zero Suit as well. See, this is the weird case where I'd say I think that Greninja's flavor is better, and his flavor is just you know ninja. That's true! Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh. oh, the stupid baking soda volcano! <laughs> it is, but, like, the baking soda volcano has, like, two sparklers in it now. And, like, an Ash Ketchum <laughs> hat. Ah... Uh, I do like a couple other things about Byleth. I like... Uh, I, I like their, it's a boring character, but I do like how they kind of let that teaching side in through their, through their taunts and their, um, entrance animation. I like just that kind of just, I, I don't know what it's called when you just, the pointer into the hand, that. Right. I, what is that pointer called? I have no idea. Is it just a pointer? I, I don't know. I, I always see it as like a, I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but my brain just goes ruler. Okay, I'm glad. Uh, I feel like the um the victory animation where all the weapons are stabbed into the ground is one of the best ones in the game. I really like that shot. It's really cool. It's good. Ah, uh, I don't. I I think I'd put them above Greninja. I want to like Byleth. I don't, but I do in spite of it. <laughs> but like just from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah, they're a bland character that I wish. I I hope what they bring to the table is spliced and embellished on in future Smash games. Yes. Whereas Greninja could disappear and I wouldn't remember them. I I barely remember they're in the game in the first place. 
I am going to remember them after this list because they have helped us so much. This is true. They are such a good design friend. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I, I, Bob, it, Bob is a weird character to place. Because I, I have more egregious problems with Zerosu Samus and Sheik. But I, I don't, I don't ha- I don't care about Byleth. I, 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 I care about their weapons, but not about, about Byleth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a matter of Byleth is a, another what character, but they're rep- trying to represent the series rather than their character. The issue is, most of the other Fire Emblem characters are also doing that. Like, this is the eighth draft. Okay. And do I think it's the best draft? No, the first one was the best draft. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just need to trust your instincts and just go with the first one. Just go with the, the first, first take was the best and one. And then just make new shit. Instead, we have all of these guys copying each other's homework. And the teacher's going, Lucina, is this even your work? It doesn't even look like your handwriting. And she's going, no. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Do you want to put Byleth any higher? Or, no. I mean, like, I don't want to, but there's a part of me that feels like maybe I should. Maybe this is something we'll look back to, like, in the comments episode. Mm-hmm. For, for somebody that actually do feel passionate about this character, this isn't a Corrin situation. Byleth's fine. I'm not going to judge you if you yeah, like p- Byleth. Please, we're putting them in B tier. Like, there's good. Yeah, we th- both feel good about them. I'm putting them above King DDD. Do you realize what that means for me? <laughs> Well, I mean, they're, like, leagues above Donkey Kong, so, like, what does that say about yes, me? <laughs> what even have I become? Yeah, but I, 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 well, yeah, let, let's leave them above Greninja for now, and maybe revisit them in the future. Yeah, I, I can't see them being ever higher than Sheik, but. I could maybe see that my personal wall was Bowser Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Sheik's agree. like, Sheik is, the, the missing harp is just like, wow, okay. That's like if Byleth didn't have the sword of the creator. It's like, oh, you brought them in, but you didn't give them their main weapon. What? Yeah, we, we decided, you guys said you hate swords, right? I mean, I still think their sword's a bit boring. Like, just, well, yes. I mean, Monster Hunter has a clutch claw they could have used instead, but whatever. Huh. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not salty at all. No, not in the slightest. No, you're fine. You're good. Good. All right. But that is the end of uh, Fighter Pass. Man, was Byleth a bad character to end that with. Like, I don't think it's not a knock against their design, but, like, that was poor marketing, man. Like, you you should have seen that coming. <sighs> yeah, that's... You really should have swapped them in Banjo. Like, it, right? it would have been a rough E3, but... Or, you know, make it the order of Terry, Byleth, Banjo, or something. I don't know. No, no, what you do is you save Hero for the end. You show Banjo at E3. That's the only character you show... Shortly afterwards, you show Byleth, and just, like, I kind of side, like, okay, this is the middle of the pack, then you do Terry, then Hero ends it off, as, like, this crazy, like, what the hell does this character do? Yeah, I could be, I could see that. I just think Banjo would have gone the least hate. Like, Banjo is by far the safest of all of these. Banjo is the strongest ending, but Smash Brothers has never been good about, like, ending on a high note. Yeah, no, it's always been... A bummer. It's going to continue to be, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just waiting, like, okay, it, what is this, who, what is this Gen 8 Pokemon that's going to come with the fighter number? Is it 11? It's 11. Yes. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about Min Min. Must we? I mean, I don't have, Min Min's weird. I don't care about this character. I, 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 I don't even know where to start with Min Min, because ARMS itself didn't feel like it needed to be in the game. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that she's here. Like, okay, they threw, they threw her in. Mm-hmm. Like, what she brings to the table is interesting. I, I can't deny that. 
there's no fighter that fights anything like her. Yep, I'm glad. And, and she embraces that. I'm glad that it's not the main character of the game. It's the creator's preference. And we kind of get that with Terry. He's the main character of Fatal Fury, but not of King of Fighters, which is the much bigger franchise. But... Well, really? Who's the main fa- Who's the main character? Uh, Kyo Kusanagi. I have no idea who that is. He looks Wait, very boring. The- I, th- I, 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 is he in the Terry trailer? Yes. But I think it's just his hand that's in it. Okay. Well, I, 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 I don't care regardless yeah but anyway anyway min min like i am glad they chose i i, I do kind of it's it's another it's weird i was just talking about making the like random characters the stars uh min min kind of already was like she was yeah she's the creator of fan but she's also the fan favorite yes i don't know our arms is such a weird a weird case i don't know i wanted the clown the clown would have been funny i also would have liked like the mummy as well no i just want the clown I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel very strongly about ARMS in general. So it's it's hard for me to drum up hype for I it. I feel strongly about its soundtrack. I do as well. I'll give you that. ARMS music is, oh, fantastic use of vocals without actually having lyrics. Yes. But, uh... But, like, she's fine. She... I don't get much of a personality from her, but she didn't seem to have much of one in the first place. Yeah, it's... It's very Kung Fu Girl without going into, like, Chie Persona 4, where you make that, like, spunky and interesting. And fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Ah, uh, I don't know. Like, the personality is noodles. Yeah. She she just kind of bores me. I want... Oh, Helix! That was the one I wanted. Oh, yeah. Oh, Helix. yeah. Yeah, fun goopy boy. Yeah. But even then, like, I, I, I liked it more as an assist trophy. I don't see... I, I feel like Min Min came too late to help ARMS. Agreed. I, I like using Smash characters to, like, shine a light and be like, hey, look at this cool game. Let's let's show off why it's cool. But maybe, eh, I would have liked, maybe, let's put King Boo in and help Luigi's Mansion 3 or something. I don't know. To be fair, Min Min dropped at the absolute worst possible time for ARMS, where, oh, you know what would help this fighting game that would probably have a larger tournament scene when Min Min comes in? Not having a global pandemic. Oh, right. <laughs> Interesting point. There is so much marketing that could have been done with Min Min in arms that was physically impossible. But I don't know. Do I think that would have saved her? No, she's still kind of dull. Like, I appreciate the amount of effort that has gone into her design. I appreciate the amount of concessions made to make the arms moveset kind of work. I like the I like the A and B buttons, and it's not just because I I called that. So I need to brag for a second. I fucking nailed. Oh that. no, you absolutely oh, I'm nailed so it. I'm so happy with that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, you got it. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. But like, I feel like Min Min should have been a Captain Falcon situation. You're like, okay, here's this baseline. Let's build off of this. Like you mentioned the Chie like comparison earlier, but like, yeah, go hard on that. Make her g- give her a personality. There's a chance here. The the feeling is that it leans so heavily into the ARMS gameplay, and the issue is I don't think that ARMS compellingly translates into Smash, because with ARMS, the objective is very much to take the right shot at the right time. It's, it's boxing. It's you find yeah. the opening, you get your arm in there, and you deal the huge damage. And then you keep capitalizing on that opening as much as you can before they recover. It's really, really neatly done. Uh, Smash Brothers, I feel, is 
too dynamic for that. And with Smash Brothers, you want to end stocks in a flashy way. It's not like a traditional fighting game where if you do uh, a quick jab when the opponent is unguarded, you can end a round. It's very much you have to hit them with the cool finisher in order to end the stock. And Min Min doesn't really get that because she has to keep her arms at arm's reach. It has to be further away. It has to be a distance. And that doesn't feel good to get hit with. And I, I don't mean that in the sense of, like... Like a zoner, like um, a charge shot with Samus, still feels inherently good to hit. You don't feel that with Min Min because that's her entire game. If Samus was nothing but charge shots, then it wouldn't feel as good to hit. Min Min is just continued diminishing returns with her design. And it's like, yeah, Chakrams are a great oppressive edgeguard tool, but you keep doing them, and then, oh no, most of the cast can't survive that. I guess they're just dead now. Let's play this out five times to see if you make a mistake. And ultimately, I think that what's that's what damns Min Min, is that her game plan is inherently not fun unless you're facing another Min Min. That's fascinating. <laughs> I had her in B tier before, but I kind of want to drop her down to C. I have Because that sounds exactly like the problem with Ryu and Ken. Yeah, they are great when they're facing each other because it feels like a Street Fighter game. But as soon as you try to actually like, no, this is Smash Brothers, uh, it kind of falls flat. Yeah, I I do agree. Now, obviously, I think Min Min does it a little bit better in her full translation, like she moves better. But at the same time, I feel like Ryu and Ken's combo game is a lot more fulfilling. And I feel like Focus Attack is a better individual move than anything Min Min has. So much is sacrificed to get the integrity of arms right, and it ultimately makes her, I, I feel, at least a lot more, not one-dimensional, but linear. Two-dimensional, so to speak. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, Ryu and Ken, like, they are mixed right now, and I agree with that placement, but I don't think it would take much to fix that. Yes. You just need to take the Terry approach with their current moveset, and it'd, it, they, I wouldn't put them up there with him, because I Terry's just a stronger personality that he shows better. Yeah. But th they'd be much higher. Min Min is just... Yeah, she, she, she goes too hard on trying to get the feel down, and it doesn't, it doesn't quite translate. Mm -hmm. And like, do I have a better response for you off the top of my head? No. No, I don't. Basically, that would be like, get a character that has a get-off-me tool that combos into the arm. Like, again, the clown. I would love it if Lola had the inflate herself just like a balloon, and then you combo that because you read the air dodge with her arm. Like, something like that would get me engrossed in an arms character. Min Min is just a wall of hit you, and it's, it's not engaging or fun to me. With that said, I don't want to downplay the amount of work that went into her. I love the fact that her grab strengthens her dragon. That's a really cute touch. I love the fact that she has two different uppies that play into using the arms at their fullest at all times. I love that her up smash is a projectile counter in order to um, give more agency to the arms, but also it's just fun, the idea of literally being so skilled that you kick the projectile out of the air. That's a, that's a fun mix of her kung fu background, and it feels good. It's the only one that I feel that's in there, but I like it. She has a few taunts, I, I think, maybe. I don't know. I don't play Min Min. <laughs> I have played too few games with her to care. Yeah, M maybe someone who's a arms expert, like maybe we'll get educated. But like, I feel 
I feel good putting her right beneath Ryu and Ken. Well, actually, well, well, the fact of the matter is we're we're changing Lucas's position later. So yeah, this is also true. So I should be comparing her to Rosalina. Yeah. Uh, Rosalina's got, we never mentioned this with Rosalina's discussion, but Rosalina has a really huge fatal flaw in that multiplayer Rosalina's, you can't tell the loom is apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big mechanical issue. Ooh, no, I would have easily said uh, below Rosa before that, but now you bring that up, yeah. Yeah, like, right? I, I didn't think about it until later. It's like, wow, how did we not cover that? Like, it's not that big of a deal in a 1v1, but yeesh. Uh, I, I, I think between Ken and Rosalina. I think so. Yeah, I, maybe I'm just bored of arms and someone who likes the game needs to educate me, but I just, it, it, the gameplay is not engrossing enough to carry the character on its own, and it doesn't translate well into the game in the first place. Mm-hmm. I feel like the character that should have been chosen is the character that should have best translated the design to Smash rather than the main character or the favorite. Because I feel that inherently this design has issues that could be alleviated with different tools or a different style or a different body, so to speak. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, Next up, Steve is a fascinating character. Which, uh, props to us, by the way, we almost nailed how Steve was going to play oh, yeah. in the design oh, dorks we, we made it. on mm-hmm. Newcomers. Like, holy shit, I can't believe how close we were. But Steve is trying to embody uh, Minecraft. Yes. Uh, one of the biggest games to in the world, actually. I was about to say just in recent memory, but like, I, is, there a, is there a game with bigger cultural impact than Minecraft right now? I, right now? I'm not sure. No. In history, maybe Tetris. Okay, yeah, maybe I, I could give you Tetris, but like even Mario, just like I don't think Mario's hit that same mainstream appeal of just like. Oh uh, no, Mario was. Everybody knows what Minecraft in, is. Uh, when Mario Three came out, uh, kids were able to recognize Mario easier than they could Mickey Mouse. So I mean, I believe that, but I also feel like kids would recognize Steve way easier than Mickey Mouse right now. I agree, but I don't think they could name him. I think they would call him Minecraft. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, they would call him Minecraft. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but my, I feel like there are a lot of different ways you can view Steve because there's a lot of different ways you can play Minecraft. So what you value from the character is going to depend on wh- how you value playing the game. Mm-hmm. But as Steve is in Smash Brothers right now, it's weird. I could put him in either S tier or B tier because I feel like what he does is it, it, it blows my mind how much work was put into this character and just the amount of just wackiness that you can do with him. I feel like it really, really shows off the creativity of Minecraft, how you can just build platforms to like stage. You can build the stage to stage spike people off of and it just it. I, I can't wrap my head around the character. I feel like this is a character that people are going to be discovering new things to do with for years to come. Oh, completely and utterly. And I feel like that's what Minecraft should be. At the same time, he is so complicated. And I don't know if he should be necessarily accessible. Uh, a lot of people confused this with when we were talking about Me- Mega Man. Accessibility and difficulty are not the same thing. Yes. Mega Man is difficult, but you can pick him up and understand immediately how he works in his games. Yes. Minecraft is not accessible. It's just mainstream to the point that everyone knows how it works. 
You plop somebody who's never played a video game into Minecraft, they won't know what to do. You plop an experienced person into Minecraft, and if they don't have the sort of uh, cultural osmosis of what Minecraft is, it's difficult to understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think he should be a complicated character, but, like, I don't know. There comes a point where... Uh, how do you feel about Steve? Let, let, let's So, um, as a personal aside, I was... It was very early in the morning when I was watching the Steve trailer. I was very tired. I was still in bed, actually, watching on my phone. And I saw Mario getting smacked around by all sorts of characters. They're all using sort of spinny moves. And then I see Mario get knocked into a dimension, and I see a bunch of black crates. And I go, it's Crash Bandicoot! And then I look around at all the eyes, and I go, this is a callback to the lab assistants from the Insane Trilogy version of Crash 1 as they look at Tana. Because you could justify anything at 6.30 in the morning when it's Crash Bandicoot, and then my man comes a-knockin', and he crashes through the wall, and Steve is fucking terrible because of that. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I need that on the record so that everyone knows it. God, if I were streaming, I wish I had that in my life. But uh, insofar as Steve goes, like putting aside my personal heartbreak, which isn't really heartbreak. I got I got both of the guys I wanted. Crash is my tertiary by far. But um, just focusing on Mr. Steve Minecraft himself... Holy crap, there's so much personality in this character. And you wouldn't think it from a character who literally cannot emote, but there is so much love put into this character in just the way he moves. Because Minecraft, Minecraft is a weird game because it's it's not really a game so much as it is a social experience. And Smash translates so much of that weird social experience into it. Like, Steve's motions are all just taunts that you would do in while you're trolling your friends in Minecraft. His walk animation is so weird. His weird flailing and how he barely looks like his animations are working. His sleep animation where he turns into a bed. Steve is the closest Smash Brothers will ever have to a shitpost as a character. <laughs> And it works incredibly well for that. The fact that most of his attacks are just the weakest, dinkiest little swipes that represent Minecraft combat so well of just going, eh, 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 no, you hit me, oh, no, I hit, uh, uh. It's so weak, it shouldn't translate into a fighting game. It feels like a joke that barely, barely works. And yet, it's all there, and it's all beautiful. And then he has his neutral special, which has the complexity of two Kirby inhales in both the mining and the building aspect of it, and then they add crafting on top of it. The amount of detail and love and attention that this character has gotten is utterly insane. Like, god, he's a shitter of a character. I don't care about Steve at all. I hate playing as him. Playing against him doesn't feel that fulfilling. But god, they have an idea and they run with it so hard. And my issue only comes to the fact of how does that really translate as a fighting game character? And how does that translate with Minecraft as the number one game in the world? Because you have all of this, all of this expression, 
and it's somehow less accessible than Minecraft is while being a direct adaptation of it. Because, like, I'll be perfectly honest, I'm debating Steve between A and S tier. Because I think it's weird that he has so many things that inherently feel off, but at the same time, a lot of that feels intentional to his design. And I don't know whether to praise that or to go, oh, but my fighting game, though. I do think that I, I do like Steve's game plan in Smash Bros. Because it feels very, very faithful to what you do uh, in combat in Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, in case I embarrass myself, I, I don't like playing Minecraft. I've played maybe like two hours of it total in my life. I've played... Uh, I, I, I stuck with Terraria when I was younger. Yeah, I, that was my I game. I played groups with friends, and then I usually gave up after, like, an hour with each friend group. Like, my creative outlet was Warcraft 3 as a kid. And that aged well. Yeah, map editors. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm right there with yep. you. Like, I'm, ugh. But what Minecraft, what you do in Minecraft is, um, you're initially helpless, right? Right. You, you, you try to fight against just about anything you can't do. So what you do is you, you build a barricade and you go mining, which is what you do in Smash Brothers. You try to uh, get your opponent away from you. You put up a wall or something and you just start chipping away at the stage behind that wall. I like that a lot. It, it solidly embodies just what you need to do to like properly start combat in Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got, once you've got something going there, it, his game plan also kind of shows off the, um, the learning process of how to use different tools in Minecraft. Because at the start, you're just like, okay, here's a sword and a shield. Okay, I got this. Just start basically swinging away at enemies. But once you learn more and more, you can start being like, oh, okay, I can like put barriers to keep enemies from getting to me. I can use those to like duck behind cover and shoot from there. And that's when you start like tying in the different block settings. So once you start learning like redstone setups, that's the TNT. I really like how there's just a, how good you are at Steve kind of mimics a player getting better and understanding Minecraft more. I really like that about him. I, ah. Where's the butt? Because I feel like there's a butt here. I, I, I feel like there's a butt as well, but I don't... He's just weird. He's weird <laughs> and like... It, it feels... It's surreal to be that Zombie and Enderman are characters. And Waluigi is not. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a bit of a mispotential there. Not using like just skins of other characters just like oh here's a mario skin but it's steve to be fair if smash bros had like smash bros is like the easiest game where i would buy costume dlc for it right how are they not doing they could make smash brothers a game as a service easily yes they just monetize costumes absolutely like it is ridiculous to me that that has not happened yeah i can't believe i'm advocating for that but if it was a game as a service we get a lot more content a lot more frequently i would rather have it than me costumes i can tell you that much for sure for sure anyway like yeah i steve is a character that you can literally build a giant f on the stage to mock your opponents there is no speaking as a ddd main i will i will submit there is no character better at taunting your opponent than steve just, just because of the versatility of that craft. <laughs> he is a troll. He is a troll character in Smash Brothers. And it's so weird, and it's so at odds with every single other design in Smash, other than maybe Isabel Side Taunt and DDD Crouch. And then Steve has like 80 different ways to insult you. And I love that about him. I do too. I, I love how, I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like he's the most cerebral character in the game, to a point that I, I, I can't, 
I can't follow it. I've seen some stupidly insane things with Steve, like putting a block, putting an anvil on top of that block, and then grabbing somebody as you fall past them to like drag them down to the blast zone. That works, and it's amazing. There's so many things about this character that just interconnect in ways that you wouldn't expect, but when you see it, it's like, oh yeah, that's creative, that's Minecraft, and I love that. I do as well. I would still argue for Snake, because I feel like Steve has more of an optimal flowchart than Snake does, but I feel like Steve's ceiling is higher, like infinitely higher. Yes. Whereas I feel like Snake's floor is also much higher. Like, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. All right, um... I think, I, I think I would, I put my bets into S tier. The amount of things that this character does go so far above and beyond what they had to. Like, to, to make Minecraft's players happy, they didn't need to do this. They didn't have to do anything close to this. The, the only issue I find is just due to his inherent complexity, uh, he isn't attracting the, the audience that he should be for players of him, I feel. On one hand, I think I agree with that, but I also feel like he should be complicated. No, I, I do, I do that, that, agree that, with that you. That was my butt from way before. It's just like, he, he's complicated, but should he be accessible? Minecraft is complicated, but, ah. Uh. Like, when I look at characters that we have in S tier, like Fox, like Snake, like Falcon, like K. Rule, I feel like they have established identities for themselves, and they've, they've essentially kept their own hype alive, so to speak. I don't think Steve does that at all. This is true. I mean, hmm. Like, the only exception I could feel is Rob, and Rob is the boy who lived. I, I, I think the hype for Steve co still comes through on a competitive level, mm -hmm. but casually, I don't know, how do people play Steve casually? I, I feel like a kid would, can, can you play Steve casually? I feel like kind of, you can spam the minecarts. Yeah, mine, minecarts and uh, dynamite, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I know from playing with younger siblings that those kind of explosive moves are a lot yeah, of fun for yeah, them. Minecart, dynamite, and anvil. He's got Kirby Rock. Yes, he has Kirby Rock, but and, better. And and, it, and anybody can understand, like, oh, it's Steve. You got a mind for materials. I don't. I don't feel like that's a barrier for entry. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I feel like the. Hmm. I would love to have sales data on like which of these characters sold the most. I feel like that'd be fascinating. Oh, I'd love to see that. I mean, I'm sure most of them come into Fighters Pass, but if we could have individual sales data, that'd be so cool. And just like who gets played the most online, I'd, I'd be fascinated to see if just like. The casual audience, just like a bunch of kids playing together, not online. Mm -hmm. Just like, it, is Steve that popular still? I, I, f I feel like there might be a disconnect between like, th there is a massive disconnect between um the vocal voice of Smash Brothers fans online and what Smash Brothers actually is. Yes. And I feel like St Steve being in the game is a perfect example of that because he's probably the, he broke Twitter. He did. We got through two presidential elections and a pandemic without that. But Steve, Steve. Minecraft... <laughs> I, I think I'd still argue for S. Like, he's complicated, but I feel like he should be. I feel like I feel like what his kit brings to the table is something that would encourage the kind of people that like playing Minecraft to want to learn more. I have no evidence to back that up, but I, I don't know. That's, that's how I feel looking at him. I can agree with it, and uh, I'm going to be honest. I had him in S before. This was like a debate to see if I could justify lowering him because he you know what i 
I've had a couple of instances where I've been like, okay, I have this character in a high tier, but I might get nuked down like I did with Mega Man. Let's 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 put it forward as a as a debate and see if I can just commit to one. Or no, the yeah, other. no. This is a point of okay, I have him in S tier, but he hurt me. So <laughs> yeah, I I know it's hard to view the trailer like that, but I love that theme so much. The the Howlin' Dalarn, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, I don't know either. That theme is my favorite remix. Maybe competing with Gangplay Galleon. But, like, I don't know what... I don't have nostalgia for Minecraft, but that piano just... It just... It hits me somewhere nostalgic that I can't quite find. It's a good one, but I have so many I would put above it. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. This is just, like, personal preference No, I'm I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking, okay... But there's Aerith theme, there's F-Zero medley, there's I'll Face Myself, there's Beneath the Mask. Yeah, I, I'm not saying this is an objective fact. fact. I, just music discussions are fun. I like I, I like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Aerith theme, there's a segue. Wait, he's right next, right? Yes, he is. You know, you're correct. Yes, he is. Okay, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sephiroth. Sephiroth is my favorite DLC character, bar none. It's not a close com- competition. My only competition is Terry. I agree. Yeah, I- I I have spent so much time in Smash speculation just ragging on people for following these these fan-made rules of just like, oh, we can't have this character in the game. That game's too mature, Bayonetta can't be in the game. Oh, that doesn't aim by Microsoft. But I fell for my own problem because I never believed that we'd get, like, multiple characters from the same franchise like we did Sephiroth. Like, I never saw that happening. So when it did, like, that that was, that might have been the biggest shock and just sheer delight that I've ever felt watching a Smash Brothers announcement. Because, like, Ridley, Ridley was soft leaked beforehand, so I kind of knew, like, maybe this might happen. But the second that one-winged angle, angle? Angel. <laughs> the one-winged angle. <laughs> Tetra storms the water. But the the second that dropped, I was, I, I lost my mind because I, I love Smash Brothers as a celebration of video game history. I know some people don't like that view. I don't care. It's why I love this series. I love it more as a celebration of video game history than I do as a fighting game. I do as well. I love it more as a party game than I do as a fighting yep. game. Yeah, but Sephiroth is more important than most of the characters on this roster from a video game story. Sephiroth theme is more important than most of these characters. Okay, so you have four... Yeah, how so, iconic this guy is. So you have four notes to play a song with. Which is more iconic and recognizable? The first four notes of One Winged Angel or the first four notes of Megalovania? Oh, Leave your response <laughs> in the comments below. Throw in, the, throw in the Halo theme as well. Just that one note. That one piano hit. Nah, I think those two oh, are above like- it. Because I think Halo needs the Oh, to really hit that. This is true, but one winged angel, the Se- Sephiroth. We we talked about him so much already. Just ragging on Ganondorf and Mewtwo. Yep. Sephiroth is the perfect overpowered character, brought to the same level as everybody else. Yes. The disinterest he shows in everything that he does, the amount of snaps of his fingers that he does, like he doesn't. He's not using his full power. He's just snapping at you, and it's one of the most oppressive moves in the entire game just through that i love that when he actually puts his back into moves it just kills you it breaks your shield yes when he really tries you are going to die i love how his side b like locks opponents in to like force them to choose options i, I think that's why so many villains have command grips it's a nice way of showing off like 
they're oppressive, they're evil, they're taking options away from you. Right. But Sephiroth doesn't use a command grab. He uses the, uh, you, what, what is it called? Shadow Flare? Yeah, the uh, snap, that's Shadow Flare, yeah. Yeah, it's not. Uh, because it forces like, okay, you were either going to dodge this, you were going to shield, or you're going to get hit. You need to choose one of these options. And I, I love how Sephiroth can like basically back you into a corner saying like, no matter what you do, you are going to get hit by something here. Yes. So Sephiroth's design for me focuses on one major aspect, and that aspect to me is menace. When you're facing Sephiroth, it's like a JoJo moment where he's going, oh, you're approaching me? Like, it's incredulous that you would ever approach Sephiroth, because he has every possible answer for you. He has a sword with incredible range. He has unlimited power with his stupid, uh, chargeable B-move, the the flare. I can't talk today. Giga Flare. Yes, we're four hours in, according to the recording. It's difficult to talk now. (laughs) But yes, he has so much of a presence. Just being near Sephiroth is you feel that you are constantly in danger. Anything that he does can pressure you. He can have multiple options to cover multiple angles at any time. The fact that Octoslash is as flexible as it is, and has even a shorter version so you can't reliably punish unless it's already out and it's already hitting you. Uh, the fact that Scintilla is such a little, like, flick of his wrist, and then, oh, no, big Uno reverse card energy right in your face unless you find a way to overpower it. The fact that he's not actually all that strong when you hit him, being a reflection of his fight in Final Fantasy VII, where you could kind of just dispatch him with one Octoslash, and it's kind of this feeling of overcoming your fear and facing the big bad head on, and knowing that he's powerful, and knowing that at a base level, he is better than you. But you could still overcome him if you get that one hit in right where it counts. But if you don't do it enough, he's going to come back and he's going to pursue you and he's going to stalk you like an evil ex-boyfriend. And that being represented with one wing, it's just Sephiroth is so good and like you feel it instantly. You get it instantly. He is Ganondorf without caveats. He is Mewtwo without caveats. From his presentation to his animations to his vocal delivery. Everything about him is perfect to get this feeling of dread and menace expressed to the player. It's so good. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, That right there is my only problem with him, though. I I do actually like Sephiroth's voice actor. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a bit bummed that it's just his Japanese voice again. Yeah, I can can agree with that. That is literally my only problem with him. He is such a fun character to play. I love how how many options he can cover at all times. How just he's a playable boss fight. He really feels like a playable boss fight. I think he's the best one at no no K rule. But he, <laughs> yeah, there we well, go. K rule isn't supposed to be menacing. He's he's kind of goofy. Right, he is. But Sephiroth is just fear. Yes, and I love that about him. Yes, if, if I K- wish Ridley had that. If K. Rule is a Ridley- mechanical <laughs> boss fight, then Sephiroth is the feeling of a boss fight. Yes. His sound design on so many of his hits, the, the visual design of his animations. Mm-hmm. I, oh my gosh. I think One Wing is a really, really fun comeback mechanic because it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it changes based on like where you are in the match. Mm-hmm. Like Sephiroth's trying to keep it somewhat even. Yes. Just for the fun of it. 
I have to say, shout outs to his presentation in general, like not just as a character, but just how he was given like his classic mode is one of the coolest ones. The Sephiroth challenge was so much fun and it felt like a real reward, even if it was way too easy. Agreed, agreed. I He feels like the most respected DLC character and I love that so much. I would argue for Terry, but otherwise, well, I mean, we're looking at our S tier DLCs here and I think all three of them are um, incredible because Sephiroth's S tier. Well, yeah? yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's not pretend. Uh, there's, te- there's technically four up here, though. Don't forget Prana Plant. Yeah, yeah, he's here. I will forget about him. You can't stop me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't. I have, I have nothing but praise for this guy. Just, just his voice is the only thing I don't like, and I don't think that's a mark against his design. I love that it's not part of his design either, but I love how he finally completed Final Fantasy representation in the game by making it in. Mm-hmm. It was so nice to get that music finally. And, like, there is a part of me that would have liked, like, if you're getting another Final Fantasy character or take from another Final Fantasy game, I, I, I would have loved to see Kefka. Yeah, Kefka but, is the only other one I would have accepted, admittedly. But, but, no. Like, if you're getting, like, the iconic video game characters... Sephiroth. Yeah, no. It's it's just Sephiroth. It's a villain's, it's Bowser, and then it's him. I, I don't think Eggman beats him. I don't think Ganondorf beats him. Oh, I no doubt that Ganondorf loses to Sephiroth. Eggman is a debate, because those are both super iconic of the 90s, but otherwise nothing else is close as an actual villain that isn't just thing you beat at the end, like, say, Ender Dragon or something. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, the only discussion is then when we're in S tier. So I think we can solidly say the top five is K. Rule, Falcon, Terry, Snake, Sephiroth. Yeah, I, they're, they're, oh, that's the five. Yeah, like that's that's the power five. And I feel like the first two, I would say, are in stone. And then the next three, we can adjust. I, I feel like uh, I definitely want to put him above Snake. I... Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would. Snake, Snake, I feel, could do more. I don't feel that from the rest of these characters, in, in a meaningful way. Snake could have options, I feel, but I feel like the core of what Snake does is exceptional. It is, it is, absolutely. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to disagree with that, it's mm-hmm. just, we're, we're picking just the top of the class right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's difficult, because, like, from a personal preference-wise, I would just put Sephiroth over Terry and be done with it. Right. Because I, just, I love playing as him so much. I design. I have wise. Sephiroth as number five. I really love what Snake does. Really, really does. And it just, it impresses me on a level even beyond what Sephiroth does. This is true because he like, he plays his own game and that is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, now I'm, now I'm questioning. Like he is a mixture of what Steve does well with what a character like Terry does well. Yeah, and it's not like Sephiroth's really, like, embodying any of Final Fantasy bosses in his movies. I do feel like he embodies himself incredibly well, like, that feeling of... Uh, He he, he himself, like, he is Sephiroth, like, there's no question it's this character. Yeah, but I I feel like he even embodies the player experience of going against Sephiroth in Final Fantasy VII, with uh, his low weight and yet his comeback mechanic, like... Oh, true, true. Like, I feel like he is utterly exceptional in this, and I feel like I am a person who overrates Snake... But also, God Snake, I didn't go on a ten-minute rant about you for no reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, and Snake has codex. Snake does have codex. That is true. I'm tr- I'm trying to think if there's like anything. 
I, I get the slide being a mirror to Cloud. I don't, I'm not very fond mm-hmm. of it. Feels weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through his moveset because it has to be one move. Yeah. Because Snake, I love except for his taunts. Like, just give him two new taunts. I also, I, I do love the idea of the camo index on him. Just kind of, I, I, I want to be able to separate Snake, good Snake players. Like, okay, I can't see myself, but I can still set up traps like this. And just having like players like predict that as well. I, I, I feel like there's a neat idea that could be explored, but my overcomplicate is design, so I don't want to like stick on that. So I'm not like, right. Just, just throwing it out right. there. Right? No, it, it is uh, a good idea. Sephiroth. Ah, I don't know. I love Octoslash so much. I love Giga Flare so oh, much. No, I, love I love Shadow Flare so much. Yep. Scintilla's okay. Scint- yeah, Scintilla could be better. Just a flick of the wrist and maybe like send those like slashes forward and they get stronger if they encounter an attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I think he has the best neutral air in the game. He does. Yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. I think he has the best windscreen in the game. I knew that was what we were talking about when you said that. I know. And I agree. The only other thing that popped into my head was Joker. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, that, I, I, that's, that's yeah, a solid, yeah, it, it, solid list It's Joker, Sefi, Simon. Uh, I do like Steve's house construction, but I'd only put that, like, beneath them as well. Yeah, Steve would be higher if he still had meat dick. <laughs> yes, he would. Uh, uh, damn, this is hard. I don't know, I feel like Sephiroth just gets both the, the rapid swipes that you feel like the character should have from the Octoslash with the sheer power with of his smash attacks. I do agree. I do agree. Like I'm not. I'm not denying anything. I'm. I'm just like this is my boy. It, it, I gotta it, it, fight. This for is him. literally just. What do we like more? I'm not saying like any of this is bad. This is just like oh, these are all my favorite meals. Which one do I want to eat? I know, but one of them made me cry as a teenager. So like, I gotta defend that meal. What? <laughs> one of them made me scream as an adult. <laughs> well, yeah, he made me scream as an adult too because everyone was here. <laughs> Ah, uh, man, when Sephiroth, but, but I want to, I want to tell this story somewhere. When Sephiroth came out, I ran into my brother's room and was like, you're not going to believe this. Because his computer was on, like, he was watching the same thing, but his was like five seconds behind. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I, I feel like he has the best trailer from just like a cinematic. I think Banjo's means more, but I was just like, okay, here's the character. Sephiroth is just, oh. Oh, dude, Mario is, is dead. Like, that's the best way Mario yes. has died. <laughs> The fact that he parries Cloud while Mario is still stuck on his sword. Yes. That little frame of animation where he flings Mario off. He, he doesn't care about any of the other characters. It's perfect. He's just here for Cloud. I love that it continues this idea of Cloud can never be happy in a spinoff ever. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the more I think about it, I want... To put Sephiroth over Snake. Like, I have to reach really low to, like, punch at Snake. But, like, he doesn't have a cigarette. I know that's... I know why. <laughs> yeah. That's an... That's... That's a, that's an iconic part of the character, though. Blow, Colonel. But that, that, that shows, like, just how narrow this margin is. Yes. But Snake is still voiced by David Hayter. Ooh. <laughs> they didn't... They didn't hire Kiefer Sutherland to replace his lines. And I do... I do want Sephiroth just like I want to hear him say pathetic in English. I want to I want to hear him say suffer for like non-weird reasons. So I, he was my favorite character to play in Dissidia because of just his character. And that's got a lot of good villains in that game to play as. I played as Jekt because Unga Bunga and I didn't like Dissidia's gameplay. So I, I, it scratched a niche for me. Okay. I, I did enjoy it. Uh, Golbez was fun as well. Oh, I yeah. His. Okay, that's fair go off on a whole tangent about that but anyway anyway i'll uh, do the dissidia tier list now 
No, we have to do the Nickelodeon All-Stars one oh, first. Oh, yeah. We, we that game's really got to come out. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Ah, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm fine putting him beneath Snake. Like, it's it's top five regardless. And I, I feel like I could swap them around just depending on mood. Maybe some comment will have some grand revelation of just like, oh, this this small little gimmick here is just like, wow, I never even thought about that. But like, they're all amazing. These are these are the best designs. Bro, you really need Brothers. to play Metal Gear Solid. I'm trying. You I, said you I were playing Mega Man. I did this because I gave up on Metal Gear because I tried to like get it to work with his mouse and keyboard, but it's weird. And I spent 10 minutes trying to and I couldn't figure it out. I'll go back to it later. Regardless, oh, I, regardless. That. I wonder if it has controller support. That'd be nice. I'm trying to get it to work. It's 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 being finicky. Okay, okay. But anyway, I, I'm I'm okay with putting him beneath Snake. If this changes, but- that's fine. I get it. I'm basically predicating this on afterward. I'm going. No, trust me. Just play MGS and King of Fighters. And if this changes afterward, <laughs> I accept it. All right, all right. Okay. Uh, that's my last S tier. That is also my last S tier. Yeah, I. It, I, I feel like if Smash Brothers wanted to end on a high note, Sephiroth should have been the last character. Yes. I, I, I should be seeing Sephiroth at the Game Awards. I don't see how they're going to top that. I don't think anything could for him. Unless it's Rayman, and that's just because it's me. Yeah, it, my thing is, like, I want to ask at the end of, like, who's your last character that you would like? But I think if we could say it now, yeah, it's Rayman and Crash, right? Yeah, like that that, that goes without saying. Like, if, no, no, if somehow Diablo actually makes it into the game, I will die. If that actually happens, that would, that would surpass me, just for the shock value of that alone. It's not going to happen, but that would surpass it. But yeah, it's Raymond. It's Raymond. I, that, that's the only character I want. I, I have one, and I've already been hurt, <laughs> but at this point, <laughs> I got K. Rule, I got Banjo, I am just happy for other people at this point. Alright, uh, next up... Okay, um, I want to talk a bit about, uh, Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, because Game of Thrones used to be my favorite television series. Wasn't even close, I loved the characters, writing, music, world building, it was perfect. For so long. And then, uh, later seasons came out, they weren't as good, but, uh, it, I could still go back to those earlier seasons, I'm like, yeah, I love this, I, I'm gonna stick with these characters because I want to see where things end off. Then season 8 happened, and nothing has just completely tainted my love of something so astoundingly as season eight of game of thrones star wars the sequel trilogy came close but even then just how much it just botched those characters just it it blew my mind it blew my mind Best season ever (laughs) the reason i'm bringing this up is because i've had this happen a couple of times just where a where a finale will just completely ruin or a sequel just just tarnish what came before and i can't enjoy that thing anymore it's never happened with a video game. Then I played Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I was so excited for that game. Xenoblade Chronicles, to that point, was my favorite G- JRPG. I loved the characters of that game. It, it might be... It's, it's a contender for like my favorite cast of characters, at least at the time. Uh, the voice direction is arguably some of the best I've ever heard, mm-hmm. which is impressive for a Nintendo game. Oh, yeah. Then I got to 2 and just... I was shocked by how much I hated it. I hated every character's designs. The voice direction was terrible. I, I couldn't stand the main character. I Pyro was fine, but... It, uh. And then I I hit that... If anybody's seen Donkey's video on Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I had very similar moments of just, like, dismay at how that game was handled. And the stupid, just the Furby with the... 
this robot that was like joked is like, oh, he's got like made outfits. That's a sex slave. But it also looks like a kid. And it was just like, I knew I wasn't finishing that game after that. I played a little bit longer, but that was just like, oh, this game's dead to me. Oh, you, so you didn't even get to the big tinny bunny. That's the reason I didn't play the game. <laughs> I, I, no, I didn't. I'm, I'm glad. But uh, here's what happened. I went back to the first one as a palate cleanser. Because like, okay, but at least I can come back to here. But when I did, because see, without all those characters and just building up Xenoblade Chronicles for me, with two stripping that, I realized that, oh shit, I don't find this to be very fun. So I went back to the first one and was like, oh shit, these problems are still here. <laughs> oh no. There are still some stupid character designs here. There are still some stupid moments. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it didn't ruin the first one for me, but like... It dropped, it was one of my top 10 games of all time, and it's like, maybe top 50 now. Oh no. So, obviously, I don't like Pyra. There is a similar corn-level disdain of just, as, as soon as I saw Xenoblade Chronicles 2 pop up in that direct, I was begging the screen, like, please don't be Pyra, please don't be Pyra, please, god damn it! That's Final Destination, this is Smash Brothers. Yep. But see, it's not a, it's not a, I, I enjoy disliking Corrin. It is fun to pick on that character. I, d I don't, I don't get that from Pyra. I just feel sad mm. because like, I'm, sh I, f I know there are people who are fans of this character and I can see there are, there are mounds of reasons to enjoy that character. She's one of the best characters in that game, but. <clears throat> ah, thy see, thy see. Ah, but it's, I, I, I don't like Pyra. Sorry. That. I, I understand that people don't agree with this. That's fine. You do you with your preferences. But the fact that she shares her pain with Rex based on where they get injured, and they both wear such just easy-to-injure clothing? What is, what is wrong with you two? There's literally a scene in Crocodile. It was actually the moment I stopped playing the game where a character just compares injuries between the two, and you're just looking at bare skin on both of them where they've been fighting so much. And it's just, you two are so stupid. It, it just, like, world building snapped, and I was no longer invested. I don't know, I know it's a weird thing, but, like, I, that's what I value in my games. I like my world building. No, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. I'm, I'd be curious to explore it, because I'll freely admit, I pride myself on being able to be familiar with most of these characters. Like, I, I, I think up to this point, up to number 79, that I've been really good at being able to talk about the background of a majority of these characters. I know jack shit about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Like, this is the one character I know nothing about. So go ahead, continue. Uh, I, fr from what I remember, it's not much, but I know that the game functions pretty similarly to the first Xenoblade Chronicles. So there's not, there, I, I would want a similar just, well, I, uh, now I'm second guessing myself. Maybe it wasn't as, maybe I'm just overlapping. Things. I don't know. This, this might need to be just a, a comments explaining where we should put these characters. Cool. You tell me uh, how I, I good do know this represents. They have the, I know the blade switch thing is a cool mechanic, just swapping between whatever character. It, it, it's the Sheik Zelda thing, but done well. Yes. And I, I think it is done well. <laughs> from from like a purely gameplay standpoint, I think these are good characters. Yes. I don't have a problem with them. Yes. Mechanically, they are sound. Mm -hmm. uh, Character-wise, their boobs are big. You got it. You got what people cared about. I appreciate that they made the designs better. No, but seriously, I, from what I've seen of a few cutscenes, I get the sense that Pyra is a likable character and Mithra is just a stereotypical sun. It's an anime game. It's a sun she's a Sundare. Yeah. Sun is that what you said? I think it's Sundare. Sundare. Yeah, it's Sun <laughs> and then the word Dere. 
So, all right, but like, yeah, it's. Hold on, I gotta cough for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, get, you get your bile out. Get, get your hatred out. <laughs> uh, it's it's not even hatred. That's the worst part. I can't bring myself to like use them as a punching bag in a video because I don't. I don't hate the character. I'm judging whoever designed them, mm-hmm. but I I don't hate them. No, I seem fine. I'd be curious because, like, from from my impression, it's a character that puts on a front to avoid uh, internal personal trauma. Just just from my impression of the character, which is literally what I've seen in Smash trailers. And I kind of love that. I kind of love characters like that. And I was really interested to see that explored. But, um, you know, I was wondering if that would get past my general distaste for the level of quote-unquote anime going on. And it sounds like, hmm, I better check my tolerance. Uh, from, I looked up a story summary just because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is a uh, insightful, dis- like, I think you're right from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know that it actually dodged spoilers for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is such bullshit considering how they treated Shulk in his final smash. Like, just, come on, guys. That, that is yeah. That's one of the Ugh. main narrative draws of that game. Yep. Pyramid, Pyramid, like... They are who they are. Like that that that's their characters. I like I don't feel like oh that's that's Pyra wouldn't be that aggressive. No, she's got a big flaming sword. She would obviously be the more damaging one. Mm-hmm. Uh Mithra, I I kinda thought that Mithra was the stronger one, actually, in the lore wise. I did too, I, and I, 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 I don't found know. that interesting. I don't know. Actually. <laughs> I liked I liked the feeling that the one that seemed like the more childhood friendish one was actually the one with the greater amount of power. Usually that dynamic is reversed, so I found like Oh, that's interesting. I like that you're that you're an Ike, essentially. It sucks because I feel like I would genuinely enjoy playing as Pyra, but I can't. Mm. She just makes me sad. I'm I'm watching a friend destroy their life, and I can't help them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that that's a little harsh. Like the Epic Chronicles too. I'm sure it's a fine game. It's not my preferences, but I'm not. I'm judging you a little bit, but you shouldn't take it personally. God, wow, <laughs> that, that, that's a quote. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the Goro Akechi of video games. <laughs> Don't disrespect Goro Akechi like that. I, I, I won't dare. He's, he's like my third or fourth favorite Persona character. Uh, I, I have them like in the center of, of B tier, just because I think they're solid. I, I can't... I don't think they're fantastic in representing gameplay for a lot of the same reasons I think Shulk isn't. I think there are, especially when compared to the likes of, especially, Hero. Mm-hmm. Like, there are elements of, like, the actual gameplay of Xenoblade that apart from the blade swapping, which I, I, I don't think that's how that works. It, it's, it, it's not. But again, I, I don't know enough to really say one way or the other. Like, on one hand, I feel like this is a compromise to not have Rex in the game. And on one hand, I appreciate that, because, oh, that would have been a disaster. But on the other hand, there's less that they can do to represent it, because they're literally missing half of what makes the gameplay of Xenoblade 2 work, from my understanding. It's it's a drive system. It, it's it's a fusion ha, or like a gathering of power, or, or a stando. And it, I don't know, I'm, I'm snowballing, spitballing the words here, but... Ultimately, I don't think that Pyrrha and Mithra could uh, properly represent the gameplay. Like, I don't think it's possible for those characters without Rex to be there. So for what they are and what they're doing, speaking as someone who can only experience them through gameplay and what they do, I think that they do a fun job differentiating themselves as characters. Like, I think 
that you could play as these characters, and I played these characters, and I went, oh, that's interesting. They seem fun. Maybe I'll check out the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 game. So, I feel like they do the good marquee job of advertising their game in a similar way that someone like Ike does. However, they also have the responsibility of hefting that game above their shoulders and trying to represent the mechanical integrity, whereas I feel that Ike only has to represent himself because Marth did that well. Uh, Pyr and Mithra don't have the same luxury because Shulk is lagging in that department. It's odd. I, I, I currently have them right beneath DDD because I, I, I couldn't put them any higher. <laughs> That's my only reasoning. I can't place these characters. I don't know enough about them. I just don't. Yeah, I I don't either, is the issue. Like, I know less than you do, but your perception is filled with more hate that clouds your eyes. Or n- n- not hate, d- yeah. disdain? I, Discomfort? <laughs> Anguish? Yes, all the above. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get, like, frustrated. Or, as soon as I realized it was them being as the game, it helped that Sephiroth came right before them. Yeah, I can see that. But it was just like, oh, okay, I'll wait for the next one. Like, it was just instant defeats. Yes. There was no outrage, it was just, oh, alright, I'll pick up Smash Brothers again around D3 time. Yeah, oh, I feel that. Um, hmm. Wanna just leave him under DDD and then just figure it out? Well, I, I, video? I want that to be, I don't want to be mean to Peach. <laughs> well, if you're gonna go down that route, we're gonna have to start. Well, let, let me be clear. I think that mechanically they're above Duck Hunt. Like, let me let me make a ceiling there. I think that as okay. fighting game characters, they are fun. From what I've seen, they seem to represent uh, the combat of the game well in their actual animations. I go, yeah, those are either good one-to-one translations or very clever repurposing of moves. I think that Prominence Revolt being this ridiculously powerful option is just stupid and fun. And I like that one of them just appeals to the Ungabunga, whereas the other is cerebral and whatnot. I don't like Foresight just as a concept. I just don't enjoy it very much. I feel like it just being a dodge but better is not all that fun and intuitive. I think that it should be a callout or some sort of buff to it rather than this passive, oh, you did the thing well, what if you did it extra well? Like, I'm, I'm just not a fan, especially compared to uh, Bat Within and Witch Time sort of things. Yeah. I'm trying to dance around the fact that based around what I know about Xenoblade, I don't think there's anything wrong with them, which would probably put them in A tier, and I don't want to put them there. I feel like the ob- <laughs> as close as I can get to an objective placement, they're at least above Pikachu, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just okay. don't want to. All right. I'm, I'm happy to bat- rag on Corrin because they've got problems outside of it, but I don't think they really do anything wrong. Like, Shulk's weird because his gimmick is just kind of made up on the fly. It kind of references Xenoblade, but that's just not how it works. Either I don't remember enough about Chronicles 2 to properly say, or I... Maybe my brain's, like, intentionally just blocking me, like, no, don't remember. You'll have to put them even higher. <laughs> oh, that that is possible. Um, let me think, because, like... Yeah, I, I will admit, they do the Sheik Zelda dynamic very well. Yeah, it's it's really well. Yeah. Like, it's it's perfect. That is, it, that is it. It took them three more games to do it, but they finally perfected that idea. And then... <sighs> it's odd, because I recognize that they are a concession of a character. Because this is how to get them in the game without getting Rex. Or minimizing Rex's impact 
as much as possible. And there is a better version of that character that represents Xenoblade 2. We just don't want it. And more people don't want it. So do you begrudge a lack of gameplay design for the sole fact that personality-wise it would go down the pooper? I don't think so. No, I, I wouldn't begrudge that because... Yeah, no, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll just straight up admit, I'm just reaching for things to drag them down further. I don't think that's what they need to do here. If it was Rex, they would need to show off Xenoblade game, gameplay, but it's, it's Pyra, she can just show off what the blades are, and they do that by swapping between them. All right. I, I don't know if they do that well, because I cannot remember how that works. Just straight up. <laughs> then let me give you a compromise. Underneath okay. Cloud. Ah, uh, well... Because Cloud, that's... we have right there, because he has every single tool he needs, but he's missing a kind of genese quoi to him. Pyrrhon Mithra, I have an actual objective issue with Foresight. I wish that wasn't a mechanic or was implemented onto a different move in a different way. Pyrrha, I think, is fine. I think she's fun and great, and from what you're saying, does a better job advertising Xeoblade Chronicles 2 than the actual game does. Yep. I can't speak as to the quality of it or if she is actually the damage dealer of the party and if that reflects it compared to Mithra. It's, it's fine. I, th I think, like, literally, Pyra was failing, so Mithra came in to give an extra power boost. I think she's literally the stronger version, but I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Because, like, with Mithra, I go, oh, your side B is one of the most fun anime bullshit moves I've ever seen in Smash, and your neutral B is nothing. This is true. This is true. Uh, also, I'm, just to clarify for people, I'm not going to rank them separately because they're a Pokemon trainer situation where they are the same character. Yes. Like, they're, they're in, the, you use both of them, so they're not appearing separately. Yes, I feel that having one without the other diminishes the entire package. Yes. Uh, and then Pyra's sound design is so good. Like, even with my ire, like, just, that's a good explosion on so many of those moves. Uh, well, look, I'm I'm a pure gameplay guy, and as a pure gameplay guy, I could not justify them being higher than Mario. Because Mario is gameplay, but some caveats. Until I know yeah, well, if they have caveats or not with their character, with their identity, and with their potential, I cannot justify putting them higher than Mario. Look, man, I'm trying here. I'm trying to I'm fish. trying as well. Cause I, I, I'm I, trying to throw I you a bone here. Good. Well, no, but I don't feel good about trying to drag her down. This isn't a case of just like, yeah, let's stomp on Corrin for a bit. This is fun. I, that is fun. I love bullying Corrin. <laughs> Mithra and Pyra, I just, I have stark preferential differences that are, I'm never going to like these characters. I think their designs are stupid. Okay, so then let me but just say, I think Mario visual is designs, a, Visual designs. I think that Mario is a more unique fighting game designed for a platform fighter than Pyra and Mithra are. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, okay, here, here, here's the homework for the comments. I'm going to put Pyra directly beneath Mario. Uh, if I can be convinced of just... How, how should we put this? How should we phrase this? Convince us of how well Smash Brothers embodies Pyra and Mithra's character and their gameplay differences in Xenoblade. Because I don't know. <laughs> Say nice things about the booby ladies and yeah, don't use better words than I have at... Audacity has this at 4 hours, 41 minutes, and uh, <laughs> 16 seconds. 
that don't, don't try to don't try to like salvage Pyron Mithra for me. It, it you're not going to. This is just stark preference. I I this is I have an anime tolerance level that they go far beyond. You're just you're not gonna get forward to me. Don't bother. Just focus on the core of their characters, their personalities, and their gameplay, and just convince us, <laughs> please. I I do apologize, guys. Usually I'm more on top of it, but I think like. Guys, I've been knowledgeable about like eighty characters. Give me one. <laughs> yeah, if if you're gonna go to that series, play one. Just using the Chronicles, untarnished by two is phenomenal. Don't play the uh the story expansion though that they added to the Switch version. The voice direction is not as good. Oh, okay. It's, it's two's direction. It's it's heartbreaking to see. Oh, might have been the pandemic that they were recording separately, but mm-hmm. like it's ah. it's bad. So and after that nightmare. We come to a rest at Kazuya. Kazuya Mishima. Yes, and I I have not played Tekken, but from somebody just approaching Kazuya from the perspective of, oh, who's this new character to play as? I really like playing this character. See, this is like, hard for me because as someone who has played Tekken, I'm looking at Kazuya and I'm going, God, you are the least interesting member of your family. Your dad is better than you. Your son is better than you. Your ex is better than you. Your niece is better than you. Your dad's pet is better than you. And just right at the buzzer, your mom comes in and dunks on you and is like, I have a literal tiger uppercut. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely believe that he's a bland character. Just like he doesn't really emote at all. No, he, he very revenge. But just from... Uh, we we were talking about like Ganondorf's ungabungenness. Mm-hmm. I get that from Kazuya, but it feels better. Like I love the armor on his insane damage moves. I, I he's got one of the most satisfying command grabs in the entire game. I love just that slow drift up and then slamming them into the ground. It feels so good. Absolutely. I enjoy the uh, the weight of the lasers while very clearly being way too slow to spam. That, that feels like a perfect, okay, you need to close the distance, you need to force a uh, fight with this character, because he will just keep throwing these really powerful lasers at you. I like that a lot about him. Oh, yeah, it's a brilliant but pressure I feel like tool. I could be better. Like, they're good. They're good. I think they're great. Uh, where Ryu and Ken have problems of, like, moving around platformers, I love that um, he has, like, this devil form that, like, gives him, like, insanely high jumps to kind of compensate for that. Because I get a similar stiffness with Kazuya mm-hmm. that he Ryu and Ken, but he's got those little things that um, circumvent that. I love that his upbeat just kills you if you're next to it for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yes. And when I can get the inputs right, uh, I, I love using them. It's it's weird. Like, Kazuya makes me want a real Nintendo fighting game. I know people are going to get mad at me for saying that, but, like, the amount of love and attention to detail in so many of these moves, I, I want to see a Mario Have in a real fighting game. Have you forgotten our first character discussed today, Mr. Sukapon Joy Mech Fight? <laughs> I, I, okay, aside from Sukapon, <laughs> Killer Instinct before it was sold. Wait, we, we, need, we need a crossover. Pokemon. Like, like, I want a. I want the Guilty Gear developers to make a a Nintendo crossover fighting game. I do agree, but then you could say I want Arc System Works to make blank franchise, and the answer is yes. That's good. Like yes, if Arc System Works true. made a Breaking Bad fighting game. It would be incredible. Indeed. I th- but that just goes to show, like, Kazuya just, he's got so much in his kits. It's just like, okay, 
this game has a lot of moves. How many can we scram in here? And they did a really good job of just like, okay, let's actually get like the, uh, I don't know what it's called, but like when you're rising from a crouch, let's make that a mechanic, because why not? Uh, all eight directions of the circle pad, and they changed based on if you're crouching or not. Wow, you did not need to do that, but you did anyway. Uh, timing different hits for different moves. It's just, I can't believe they put this much heavy lifting into this character. Like, it's, it's, it's genuinely impressive. Oh, I can after they did Steve. I'll believe anything after they that, did that's Steve. True. That's true. Uh, I, I like the sound design. It, like, straight from Tekken. Oh, nailed it. Good oh, job. Tekken sound design is immaculate. It's one of the best. Uh, I like the, I don't like his character, but I love, um, Kazuya's voice. Just his, his grunt when he uses his, um, inputs, um, man grab when he's got the, um, that he's his own go sauce. Yes. Yes, when he's got that the rage feels, powder. That, that feels really good. I don't know. I, I, I heavily enjoy this character, but I have no idea how he represents Tekken. And I know you have a few problems with him, so I'm curious to hear what those are. <laughs> it's difficult because I do agree with you. At an inherent level, Kazuya is fun. There is so much attention to detail put into him. Uh, I like just how much love went into every individual move and do i think that every single one that they gave him has a practical use no not really but a lot of them are fun and it's fun to essentially pick a combo um with that said the goal for kazuya was to create an environment in which you were playing tekken in which you were playing a game where or to get the feel of tekken out of the fighter and Tekken is a lot of anticipating your opponent's move, uh, dodging out of the way, and then hitting with a very, very specific combination. Does Kazuya have that to an extent? Yes, he does. Does he have that in a way where his Ungabunga would not be preferred? I, I don't think so, outside of Wind God Fist inputs. Like... I feel like as a necessity of his design so he doesn't feel bad as a Smash Brothers character, Kazuya is a lot Kazuya's a lot dumber than he should be, in a sense, because Sakurai does make an excellent point of how uh, Smash is a game of positional distancing and Tekken is one of moving with a steady environment and uh, basically reading your opponent. And I feel like that read-centric moveset would have been to Kazuya's benefit a lot more than the pick-a-combo options that we have. I feel like it's good, but I think something more like his uh, his 7A, I think it is, where he takes a uh, backstep and then kick. I would have liked more moves like that. Like, like Terry has a move where if you do the spot dodge and hit A, he'll attack, and that's to represent the multiple planes in the Fatal Fury series where you can jump into the background and dodge. And I feel like Kazuya needs something like that. He needs some sort of flow that goes from dodge to attack that he doesn't really have. He has ways of closing that distance with uh, crouch dashing. He does that really, really well. But, I don't know, I feel like they have the offensive nature of Tekken, right? They have the sudden explosive damage where you hit them with one combo and, oh, you're dead. But they don't have his defensive play quite right, and I feel like they try to compensate for that with his devil moves. But I feel like those don't quite work 
out all that well in the same sense. Am, am I making sense of this? Because I've been trying to parse my feelings on this character. Y- you for, are, you are. Like about a month now. And I still don't know quite how I feel because I do like him. I love the amount of work that's put into him. He's boring, but he's he's cool. I just don't... I feel like there's something missing that's in Tekken that I don't get from him. And articulating that has been the damnedest thing. Well, using that, um, the the jumping back kick as, like, the example, I'm kind of getting a sense of, like, mm-hmm. kind of like what I wanted from Marth that I had a hard time articulating last time. Just having that kind of being able to dance in and out right. of range, like, integrated into the moveset instead of just, like, short hops. Uh, I do feel like the, um... It's the crouch dash, right? That actually makes you completely invincible so you can, like, move through projectiles. Yes. I feel like they tried to compensate this by having a lot of a lot of armor. A lot of ways of like, okay, you can't really dodge attacks because if we put all this power on a character that can easily avoid you, I feel like that would have been too much. So I feel like maybe the armor was, like, their, their concession for that of, like, okay, you get that same read gameplay. It's just right. that instead of... Avoiding the hit, you're ignoring the hit. I can see that, and this is clearly a character that they balance-tested the hell out of. So, what do I know? Maybe they've implemented the idea, and this is the best version, no trust me? Yeah. But, I I can't help but feel there's something missing. I don't get that click that I do with Terry. And I I do earnestly feel that Hmm. Kazuya translates the worst out of all the fighting game characters into free-for-alls. I uh, I think that depends on the skill level because you can like grab mm-hmm. characters and like slam them into other characters Bowser or side I, B well, style. Well, I can see that. I feel like and like the beam hits multiple people, but like he definitely seems like a character that was designed with the the one on ones. Definitely idea, the one v one, yeah. First and foremost, whereas Terry still works in a, yeah, it, in those other outlets. Mm-hmm. But like Ryu and Ken, I can still mash Shoryu, and they have they have jumps that feel like they work. Whereas Kazuya feels like he has the weakest attempt at liftoff in the world, and then, oh right, let me Mewtwo jump for a second. And I'm not a big fan of either of those. I do like his up B as a kill move. I like that as a quick out of shield option and a way to translate that for platforms. The up B I have no problem with, but it's... It's the way that Kazuya otherwise interacts with platforms on stages that would not be tournament legal that I have my issues with. I I, I started using his up B as just, that's his jump. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah like, that's like, I don't even bother with like his jump unless I'm specifically trying to do an aerial on somebody right in front of me. You e- e just up B. I think, that's, I think that might be why it doesn't send you into freefall, because his other jump is just pathetic. That, that could very well be the case. But, like, I don't know, I, I feel like this is a character that suffers at the party game element of Smash more than anyone else. And, like, we have other fighting game characters to compare it to, and I, I still feel that limitation with Kazuya the most, even considering Ryu, Ken, and Terry. And I guess Min Min. I can see what you're saying, I can see what you're saying. Ah, uh, hmm. How, how far does that nuke him down for you? Um, I mean, that doesn't... That doesn't ever get him in sniffing distance of C tier. Definitely not. He's too good and too explosive for yeah, that. I, I had him near the bottom of of A tier, just from how he feels to me. But I don't know anything about Tekken, so I can't really comment on that. That's fair. Like, if he's appealing at a base level, then that's fine. Then he's doing doing a job. And Tekken is very much a game where you discover one string and you stick with it for a very long time until you realize you need another one. And then you learn another one. 
So in that sense, he is reflective of the learning process of Tekken. Yeah, I really like that you don't need to use that many moves to be effective with him. Like, he yes. allows you to, like, have that learning process. I, Sakura even called this out in, like, his presentation of that. Like, just, just use the moves you feel like. Yeah. Like, he's well done, but I still feel like something is inherently wrong with him. Where I feel like, I feel like his design is... Sakurai really had this idea of delineating the devil moves as the specials and the A moves as all of his amazing options. And I feel like that was kind of stuck to. So you're saying you should and have like more that, devil moves like just throughout then? I, I'd say they like came at the cost of potentially exploring other moves for specials to give him either more movement or more options or I don't know. I feel like he has all the tools he needs to close a distance and apply pressure when he does, but at the same time, I don't feel that he has- he doesn't feel complete to me. He feels like he went for this idea, he has this idea, and everything else that makes up a Smash Brothers character was kind of thrown to the wayside for it. Like, I, I feel like he is the most hyper-fixated character in the cast. I think I'd still give that to Min Min, but I can I can definitely see where you're coming from. Well, even with Min Min, I could with Min Min I can still play Smash Brothers as a fighting or as a as a party game. I can still move to items. I can still collect items. I can still retreat. I can still adjust. Kazuya, I gotta go in, or else what am I doing? Um, crouch dashing forward so I can pick up the Pokeball. Ah. Uh... This is fascinating, because we've, we've talked a lot about characters that don't embody themselves at, like, a competitive level. Like, Sonic was the one example that come to mind. I almost feel like this is the reverse. Yes. Where this guy is the Tekken character, but only in this very railroaded experience that competitive Smash Brothers has become. Yes. And Whereas oddly, when you look at what Smash Brothers actually is, he falls a little flat. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you were Maybe looking to have- be, like, caught items or picked them up automatically mm-hmm. when you ro- went by them. Like, like it, we're saying, like, oh, we wish you could see the statistics of individual DLC sales. Like, I would say that even if you don't like fighting games, Terry is very much worth it. Like, even if you're a casual. Kazuya, I don't know if I could universally recommend him. I think I still could, because even with all those problems, he hits at Ganondorf levels. And for a lot of people, that's literally all you need. If you can just spam smash attacks and kill everybody, uh, you win. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yes, I can see that. I, I do still feel like he's playable at a casual level. I just don't think he's built around a casual level. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, he doesn't have the ability to, like, really go toe-to-toe with those things. I kind of almost feel that way about Byleth, too, now that I'm thinking about it. They're, they're just too slow to really... No, Byleth, I, you still have Amir, you still have Failnaught being a huge screen clearer. Like, they have full-screen, fun, casual move pressure. Kazuya has... I mean, laser. And, and those lasers, you can just keep spamming them, though. Oh, you can just keep spamming them, but it's, it's a lot less than other options that would do the same thing in casual. True, true. Hmm. Uh, how, 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 where do you have Kazuya right now? I don't. My tier list doesn't oh. have him, <laughs> so I'm realizing, oh, I uh, forgot. Oh, in that case, where were you? Uh, uh, no, I, I think we used the same tier list, and he's not actually, like, this was made... Before, Before he was a character. Yes. Um, 
Let's see. I, I think I'd place him in low A from like my own experiences. Maybe high B. Yeah, I. Because <sighs> like what he does, he does so well. Like it's amazing what they've done with the character, and it doesn't work in every facet of Smash Brothers. Damn, does it work in the ones that it's meant for? So let me. I, I wouldn't put him very high. Oh, let me ask: How would you compare him to the other Mishima of the cast, Pikachu? Because <laughs> Pikachu is a character that everything that they do works and works well and works within the context of Smash, but they don't wow. Kazuya has a big, big, big wow, but a lot of his accessories and etc. do not work. Um, from what you've told me about the character, I think I would rank, rank Pikachu higher. Because Pikachu does feel like a complete moveset that fulfills the goal that it set out to do, mm -hmm. and works in every aspect of Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, Kazuya, hmm. it's so hard to say this without playing Tekken, but I know I wouldn't be good at playing Tekken, so it's, I don't know if I'd be able to. Bro, I played Tekken three when anyway. I was like six. You got this. <laughs> yeah, but online fighting games are scary now. Won't play online. Just play arcade ladders. You'll get it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ah, Tekken 7's also really good, y'all. Everyone should play it. Well, not, well, but Pikachu's also just a freaking Pikachu. He's just there. Well, yeah. That's what you expect. I feel Kazuya the, does so much. I feel the same way about Kazuya as a character that I do Pikachu as a character. <laughs> your Straight dad is cooler and your son is cooler. Yeah, I, I don't think that's really a knock against how he appears in Smash Brothers. It just means there's a better character. No, 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 it, no, no, no. I, I agree. Situation. But... She's like, it could be better, but like, what's here is good. Okay, I feel uh, like we talked about Incineroar so long him? ago. Um, <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible? Yes. Am I in any mental state now that we have passed the five-hour mark before I do editing on this? <laughs> to possibly tell you if Kazuya Mishima can be improved better than Mr. Sakurai could after weeks of work. Nah, nah, I don't think so, Chief. Maybe his side B only stuns at the start, but it goes further. Maybe it... Maybe it... Uh, oh, imagine doing that with, like, a bomb. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Actually, no. That, I want that now. I want that. Like, Tekken has so much goofy bullshit in it. Like, do you know it has a bowling mode? It has a bowling mode? Yeah, there's How? just bowling. They just added bowling to the game. Just like a, just like a Wii, Wii Sports bowling? Yeah. It's just bowling. They just add bowling. <laughs> And they're all pins. There are golden statues of Heihachi's head. Oh, okay, with that context, like I, I'm also just remembering, like like King exists. There's just a there's two bears on the roster. Yeah, are just they're just bears. They're just bears. Uh, if he's being a representative of the series, he is not showing off the. I I expect like Mortal Kombat levels of just serious, and even Mortal Kombat gets goofy at times. But like he's a. <laughs> Like, yodeling in I, Meadow I, Hill I, 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 I makes sense why, in context of this I can see is why you goofy. want other characters now and why it's bad that it's him. Yeah, like, even if you have to do the Mishima fighting style, like, the most personality we got from him, the most personality he's ever had was when he kept throwing people off of a cliff. I did like that. that was no, funny. that was really funny. But that's ignoring the fact that Heihachi caught a tomahawk with his teeth and then broke it. <laughs> okay, now he... Now he needs to have a move where he just, if he, an item is thrown at him, he catches it in his mouth. That's where he holds <laughs> items. And then, like, Kazuya, all of Kazuya's story beats are pretty serious. And then Heihachi, who has some serious stories, has an ending where he straps 
Kazuya, Jin, and his father Jinpachi to a rocket ship and sends them into space, while he looks on with binoculars and laughs. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ya. Yeah, no, Tekken uh, I, is I a think... silly, silly franchise, and it's so weird that Kazuya, they picked the most serious character possible for this goofy, goofy fighting game where he can fight Dog and Crocodile King. Yeah, w- with that knowledge, I definitely put him beneath Pikachu. Maybe Falco too. I I feel like Hero has to be at the bottom of A tier. I agree just because of yeah how damning that UI thing is. Mm-hmm. I don't. I still wouldn't want to put him in B though, because I feel like okay, his his character's bad, but he is representing his character. Yes, and he he does so much to show off Tekken mechanically, if not thematically. Yes, yes. Now he works as um a representation of the Mishima saga so to speak but past that guy wish i wish there were more like like the happiest thing is for me is the spirit battle where it's kuma and panda and yodeling on meadow hill is playing and i'm like yeah this is tekken and when it, i'm playing Kazuya, I'm going, have, yeah this is tekken it's weird to have yodeling playing on just the super dark ominous stage that is haihachi's dojo uh above or below falco um just kind of move down the line i personally would go below but i know i'm lower on him than you so yeah because I, I still feel like i, I don't like it, it, if you just like place him exactly where you want to where would you put him if i were right where i wanted him yeah let's see around chic i don't know above around or chic? below but okay okay because i feel like big thing missing but also does things super super good yeah, I could. I, I like again. I don't know enough about Tekken that I I, I want to favor your word more than mine. I have Ungabunga fun with him, but it. I think that Ungabunga like, fun matters because it's allowing you to see it through a lens that I don't have. Yeah, but I, I I feel like optimally you want both. I feel like the the perfect Smash designs get characters in every regard. Like for what they're trying to appeal to, they nail it. If you want a power fantasy, you pick Sephiroth. If we want like just like a, a fun rushdown character, Captain Falcon's right there. Mm-hmm. Cerebral character, Snake is that. That's what Snake is. Mm-hmm. Like they may not appeal to everybody, but they appeal to who you would expect them to. Yes. You want a stupid troll character, Brana Plant, Plant and Jigglypuff, and Steve. God. Yeah. Well, no, Steve is like the except the high IQ, the Rick and Morty troll character. <laughs> That's totally the character that Rick would play. <laughs> uh, okay, I I would want to put him above Sheik, I think, because what's missing from Sheik annoys me so much more. Mm-hmm. Like from what you've described, like yeah, I can I can agree with that. I just think that there are two characters that fulfill their functions incredibly well through their gameplay. That would put him below Simon. Do you want him? Do you want him to stay below Simon? Do I? Yes. Okay. Because I feel good. I, I I still want to do like on the, the higher end of things, but like I also love Simon for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah. So I, I, I can, that feels like a good place for him. Okay. Yeah, I forgot Simon was there. Ah, no worries. Uh, and with that, that was five hours of talking. Yep. Maybe it'll be shorter after it's edited down a bit. Probably wow. about 430 because we had a lot of parts where we, uh, uh, uh. And I'm glad to edit that out. <laughs> but yeah, I am. I'm glad we didn't wait until the eleventh character. Yeah, because maybe we should have split this apart. But like, I, I'm glad to have everything on the table now. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm glad we have the exact top five that I wanted. So like, I'm golden there. Uh, the only d- difference of top five was that um, Snake was beneath Rob for me, and I'm perfectly fine moving him around. 
Mm-hmm. I, I just like my Rob. I get you, but no. Yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, fair. Uh, part of me wants to just reflect, like, oh, look how far we've come, but I, that was so long. It, we'll do that like, at the God, beginning of the comments video. No, look at how far we've come. Like, compare our talks even on Villager to our talk on Isabel, like, from an analysis standpoint. Like, what yeah. a journey we have been on. Yeah, the, the worst part of this is now that I'm looking back at some of those Smash 4 characters and like, oh, okay, like, maybe with this newfound perspective, like, maybe I could make a case for Robin, maybe. Shulk, I, Shulk has some good comments that we just, but we'll, we'll get into those for the comments, because if we start talking about those, I'm going to go mad. <laughs> no, that's fine. Let's talk about Luigi again. No, not right now. <laughs> okay, thank you to everybody that has joined us on this very, very long journey. Uh, that is, technically isn't even over just yet. Yep, but no, uh, it's it's been fun, guys. Thank you all. We uh, Thank you all for all your comments. We do read every single one of them. I think uh, I I do want to now that this is like the barrier between the the this episode and the comments episode. I do want to throw out that while I respect people disagreeing with placements, I I love to hear it. If you don't explain why, we can't use that to move them around. I I respectfully like I understand that some people just don't have time to write paragraphs and paragraphs of text about video game characters because some people have lives outside of video games. I don't know what that's like. What is that like? That that seems new. It it sounds mythical and be nice to have it, but I don't know. So I'm not. I'm not saying. I I don't want to. It feels mean to disregard just inputs like that. But I literally can't do anything with. Oh, I don't like that. Okay, sorry to hear that, but I'm I'm not going to move him based off of that. That's sad. I, I, I I I just want to double down. That's what kind of comments we're looking for and what will be swaying us because like we've been talking for hours i am not going to value a sentence over 20 minutes of debating right but uh with that actually what go go ahead i'm yeah no 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 live live get some water it's just a matter of like You've seen, we could go on and on, and we can discuss, and we can go back and forth with uh, finer points. The more that you're w- we're willing to engage, the more that we can sort of have, like, a back and forth of ideas with you, and submissions with you, um, the more that it feels like sort of a collaborative process to get this idea and this identity for it feels really good. And the more that you could submit that, the better it has a chance that we'll actually interact with it and dissect it, and, you know... Hopefully, if you're listening to this point, you're at the point where you've been enjoying it to an extent, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, if- it's, it's, it's not a pull to move a character up or down. I don't care how many people... You could have 50 people disagree about Mega Man, but that one comment from CJ that actually talks about the Robot Masters... Uh, it's kind of growing on Pierre. I don't think he wants to admit that, but... I hate Mega Man. I hate Mega Man so much. <laughs> I have to keep saying that. <laughs> He ruins everything. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get to those sorts of discussions once we get to that comment video. Exactly. And we'll get to the 11th fighter as well. But for now, this has been a lot of fun. And we'll see you guys next time where maybe we'll do like a, a filler episode in between. Just because it's probably going to be a while for fighter number 11. Yep, who or wants maybe, to talk about we'll stages and boss fights? I actually, That actually sounds fun. Maybe. We'll figure it out then. Uh, but for now... See you later, guys. Yep. Bye, everybody.